warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 258. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, paint, erase it, let's embrace it, Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right, God damn it, Jake. I don't know, man. <laughs> we made it through the intro. At least. Oh my God! Yeah. Ah, uh, I need the. Yeah, I need to snap out of this funk. Weather change, all this garbage. I've been rushing around all day, so I just need to relax. All right. Fuck. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's, yeah. it's been an okay week. Lots and lots of work. We got Thanksgiving in two weeks, so getting ready for all that nonsense. We are not alone this week, Jake. We are joined by Steve Miller from the Space Cowboy Podcast. Welcome, Steve. What's up? Good to be here, as always. Yeah, you're back. I think this is like third appearance, fourth appearance. I can't keep track anymore. Well, I I think a couple episodes ago you said that the the episode 200 doesn't count, so this would be my third. (laughs) Episode 200 (laughs) doesn't count. (laughs) I agree agree with that ruling. Yeah, yeah, everybody was on that thing, you know? It was just a clusterfuck of people, so. Oh, God, Jake. Oh, man. I don't know. Fuck. Yeah, what what don't you know? Uh, This episode, I I don't know what I'm doing. Got a lot bouncing. <laughs> I got a lot of ba- a lot bouncing up in the brain. I just it's just not coming out. You know what I mean? This is all bottled. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. I know we got time. We'll get it out. Yeah, here. My goal. Go ahead. My goal is to not get an uh, this episode is garbage comment. <laughs> oh shit! That was going to be the next thing I said. Um, yeah, I think it's already too late. Yeah. Ah <laughs> oh, fuck. Jake, you know you ever listen to a podcast and they're like, "Hey, tell your friends." They're like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of them say that. Yeah, I I can kind of understand why we would be someone's secret shame if they listen to us. Yo, yeah, completely. I bet it's about a coin flip whether yeah. or not people recommend us. Yeah, I mean, because, like, I, I don't know. It's like, do you really want to recommend us to your friends? And then, you know, then, then they listen. They're like, oh, my God, what the fuck? 
my buddy listens to this shit every week. What's you know? I, I don't know. I think it. I, I, <laughs> I thought I knew him. <laughs> exactly. I think it. I think it. I think it begs more questions than it uh, than 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 those people really want. So I don't. It, don't yeah, share us or don't. I don't give a fuck, people. I get it. I mean, I I wouldn't. So I don't tell people I do this thing half the time, Jake. No, no. Yeah, I, I, I kind of keep it to myself, too. Yeah, it's, it's my little secret shame, you know? <laughs> yeah, if you find me, you find me. That's okay, but yeah. I'm, not, I'm not pointing you down the road. Yeah, this podcast is the equivalent of putting, like, a hamster in your ass, like a gerbil or something, like doing, <laughs> like a, like, you know, doing the whole Richard Gere thing. Yeah, it feels good, but it's kind of you're kind of ashamed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do they do that, Jake? Did they declaw the, the gerbil? How's that work? I don't think they do. Right? I don't know. I don't know how that, you know, it's not like I know how that works. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I, I I think the pleasure is in the gerbil, like, like biting, right? But, ooh, but, uh, well, I was declawing. So you, the, the, I thought it was just having the, the gerbil in there, you know, hitting all the anal nerves. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. We need an expert. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this, this is some funky business. I could not have any input on. I don't know. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you ball gag the thing? Like, you, you ever see those vanity <laughs> cat claw covers for like the cats, where you can like, you know, so they don't scratch on your shit. You put like the little vanity claw covers on there. They got little, like little pink ones and. You ever seen those? Yeah, things? I just can't imagine those being so like macro small that you could put them on a gerbil. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's a whole community out there. Maybe I need to get on the message boards, find out what's going on with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come back, <laughs> come back next week with the oh. info. Are you supposed to get the gerbil mad too? Isn't that part of it? I don't know. Alexa, <laughs> do what do people do when they put a gerbil up their butt? Hmm, I don't know that one. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Alexa. Yeah, sure. All right, Man, bitch. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's jump into our iTunes reviews for this week. It's one star five. We don't give a fuck because we really love to hear just how much we suck. Guys, Chris Dubach and your host is a jerk. I'm an opinionated asshole who's Alexa, you ever put a gerbil up your butt? Hmm, I don't know that one. Oh, you suck. <laughs> anyway. Being coy. I know, she knows what's up. Uh, this one, uh, this first one comes from Worship Drummer 432. It's a five star. Uh, it's uh, titled Incredibly Good. This podcast is everything I want in a podcast, laughter and information, as well as unique segments that make the show awesome, such as the mashups. My favorite so far has been the Jaggernaut. I would like to suggest my own mashup, if so possible. Jake, this was actually before. This iTunes review was sent before I aired the episode where I said, don't send me mashups. So, okay, so we're giving him a pass. We're going to give him a pass. We'll let him suggest one here. I, I can't promise if Michael Cannon will make it, though. Uh, it's only necessary. Here we go. The rest of the review. It's only necessary for making me laugh all these days at work. Andrew Dice Clay plus Clayface equals Andrew Dice Clayface. I like that one. That's not bad. 
No, that's pretty good. That's pretty funny. Anyway, love the show and look forward to it and wish you guys could record more. Travis. So that comes from Travis. Thank you, Travis. Yeah, thank you. More. Huh? Like in a whole other episode or longer episodes? More episodes, I guess. He, he mm-hmm. just, well, I don't know. He doesn't specify here, you know? it's I, I, I'm about as confused of this review as I am with gerbils going up your anal t- uh, cavity, <laughs> you know? So, anal cavity. I, I cited so, like, uh, medical there, didn't I? Yes. <laughs> Anus. <laughs> I mean, you might as well, you know, if you're going to talk about it, you might as well yeah, be specific, be scientific. Yeah, that's true. Next one comes from uh, Petulin. It's titled The Best Podcast. And it's a five star. Such a great podcast, but don't listen to episode 257. Can we please not have Sarah back anymore? I like it when people don't agree with you, but she never really explained why she didn't agree with you, and then kind of got upset when you called her out on it. The other chick is cool as fuck. Sarah will destroy you like Disney will destroy J.J. Abrams. (laughs) (laughs) The wording of that review kind of confused me. Like, what, what was said about Rebecca? Rebecca, she, just the other coolest chick is uh, the other chick is cool as fuck. Is always said. Okay, okay, okay. I, the transition there kind of confused me. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we got a five star, so that's very weird. Like, don't have this person on again, and I'm going to give you a five star. That makes it seem like a little bit of a threat, right? No, it's not. I don't, I don't see it like that. This person just listened to the episode and and uh, wasn't a big fan of Sarah. Sarah, guys, I, she's a, she's a, she's a really nice person. She uh, she's a, she is a fan of the show. She says that uh, PCL is her favorite podcast, um, and uh, she did help uh, donate to my GoFundMe, which was which was incredible. Um, it was great. I had a great time. Oh, yeah. It, it was a fun, really fun episode. We hadn't really qu- kind of had a reaction like that from you for a long time. No. that was Darth Bryan came out a little bit there. so I had fun listening. I, yeah, I, a lot of people did. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, Petulant did not. But, no, Sarah's a great person. I, I enjoyed having her on. I hope to have her back on again. It'll be a while because I can, that was exhausting and I can't do it every week. <laughs> maybe that's why i'm so out of it i still haven't like i'm still hung over from that episode yeah i could see it a week later and you're still like just shook from it i can see it yeah oh man i was in the i kind of i was like there was a little bit of a deeper meaning in there like like don't like they said don't have her on because she'll destroy you like is this like a like a Disney destroying J.J. Uh, well, Abrams? That's, a, like, that's exactly what he said. Sarah will destroy yeah. you like Disney will destroy J.J. Abrams. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. You took you took from it exactly what he said, Steve Miller. <laughs> <laughs> well, Captain Obvious over here. <laughs> oh, man. Joke from 1999. Welcome. Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. The Captain Obvious jokes drive me nuts. And what's the other one? That's what she said. Oh, I hate that one, Jake. God damn it. (laughs) It's how bad it is that makes it funny. Oh, yeah. I just I think I think the uh, there was one. That's that's what she said. Joke that made me laugh recently. And I can't remember what I was watching a comedy and it worked. And I was like, ah, fuck you. You did it. (laughs) You you made me laugh. at that's what she she said. Joke. (laughs) 
Because I hate them, Jake. <laughs> oh, man. I hate any kind of joke where it's like you've heard it a million times, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, uh, the, the can I give you a hand and someone claps? Like, I want to punch that person. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Destroy that person. Next one comes from I Am Groot. And it's titled Avengers Assemble. It's a five-star. This is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. The Avengers Infinity War episode is one of my favorite episodes of all time. Having them rant about the positives and negatives of the end credit scene to the to them talking about how much Spider-Man's hit home uh, to them all. And, well, hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. Huh? I think I, I, I either had a stroke reading that or the person did writing it. Hold on. <laughs> Having them rant about the positives and negatives of the end credit scene to them talking about how much Spider-Man's hit home to them all. Okay. I think he's talking about the emotional impact of Spider-Man dying at the end. It it affected this guy on such an emotional level. His he, he just is not coherent enough to even type that out, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I like I like kind of the Jersey sound of Spider Man. Spider Man's yeah. Uh, that's How much happens when you type or when you're typing through tears? You like, think this guy was yeah typing through tears? He can't see, and uh, you, you think he was listening to some Bon Jovi, Jake, when he was writing this? <laughs> Talking about that New, that New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I don't know if anyone's listening to Bon Jovi these days, though. Oh man, your mom is not my my mom is. You know that's yeah. a, that's mother's music right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I I don't think yeah, it's the current generation probably doesn't see the appeal there. I huh? guarantee it. Like the the whole audience that goes to like a uh, a fucking Bon Jovi concert is like everyone's mother. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like I know when they were getting a lot of like bad publicity. That's when they like put out like didn't they have like, their tour was like all these people come so we can't be that bad it was like the name of the tour it was like oh jeez oh, wow <laughs> wow yeah it's like now he's like open and he's like he's like doing shows on good morning america right you know like, yeah that sounds about right <laughs> keep up the great work jacob Bryan. he spelled my name wrong and then he spelled it right he didn't know how to spell it. it's with an i people uh <laughs> sorry if i spelled it wrong so yeah it's with an i every some people still spell it with the y jake uh, yeah, keep up the good work, Brian's. Yeah, keep up the good work, Brian's. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a great job. Hey! <laughs> oh, this, this right. fucking guy over here. This fucking guy over here. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm gonna go eat a pizza pie. I don't, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> this, episode, this episode's terrible already. I'm not a fan. Ah, oh, fuck I there was. Yeah. All right. See, those are the iTunes reviews this week. Uh, but I'm not done with reviews, Jake. Yes. It's time for our new segment. Uh, our pod bean reviews. Flick the bean. Oh. <laughs> are you excited there, Steve? Oh, yeah. I know. Who, fucking great. I know who's excited. Here we go. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. oh, yeah, right there. Oh, right there. Mm. 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 Oh, my God. God. I'm gonna come. I, uh, Jesus. She just goes on, doesn't she? <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, yeah, first one comes from, uh, it's actually 
uh, Trevor Stegall 100, and he says uh, he was last week's bean flicker. I I couldn't see the uh, – yeah, I'm calling them bean flickers. Um, I couldn't see the names because I was getting these through my email, so I actually went to the Podbean page, and now you can read, like, their, their names. Uh, this is Trevor from Mississippi. Just wanted to let you guys know who left the first review on Podbean. Also, to give you a good excuse to use the Flick the Bean Bumper again – Again, awesome podcast, guys. Don't change a thing. So that came from uh, Trevor Stagall. Yeah, very nice. And we got uh, Ryan Jennings eight one seven nine one. Love this podcast. This is what gets. This is what gets me through every Monday at work. I have one dream, and that's to have every bumper in an episode replaced with the flick the bean boing sound effect. Mm. Yeah, keep on dreaming. That seems a bit overkill, right? No, I kind of like it, Jake. Hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of like want to cross this off the guy's bucket list this episode. You know what I mean? Like, like, hey, welcome to Good Pop, Bad Pop, and then we just hear an orgasm. <laughs> uh, okay, I like it. I like it. As long as we're doing both. Yeah. For that. No, we're all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your wish is my command. Cross it off your bucket list, Ryan Jennings. It's happening this episode. All right, just this episode. <laughs> Never again. All right, here we go. Uh, Alex Cowley. I'm curious to see how many more bean flicks you guys will get from that segment. I am also waiting for the one person to point out who the moaning is from. We all know there is someone out there looking into it. I love the podcast and have been listening since episode 70. You guys always keep me laughing and on my toes. Keep it up. I'm still waiting for the episode called Showgirls, but hope it never happens. Did we ever promise a Showgirls episode, Jake? Uh, I, don't, I didn't know that. Mm. We talk I mean, about, we, we, yeah. we, we've done a lot of podcasts, and I, we talk yeah. a lot. So we talk very a lot. Much we we might have. Probably did. Not gonna, it's not going to happen. So No. Yeah. All right. Thank you for the bean flicks, everybody. We really appreciate it. Um, I do have some Michael Cannon mashups this week, Jake. Oh, awesome. Awesome. All right. So here we go. Michael Cannon mashups. Two of them. Well, hold on. Two of them, I think, are family-friendly. One, not so much. We'll get to that one. Here we go. First one is, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in the Hall. Oh, that's funny. You like that one? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. You can do a lot of fun, like, perspective work with that. I want to see the kids in the hall in, like, that spoon with the, with the Cheerios and all five of them inside a Cheerio. Yeah, there you go. Like, yeah. riding on the Cheerio. Yeah, yeah. Honey, uh, I like that. Comedy sketch group out of Canada, people, if you've never heard of the kids in the hall. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I don't really consider this next one a mashup per se. It, it just I just like how it sounds. Um, Goku connecting a Roku. It's Goku from uh, Dragon Ball Z, and it's just him like really kind of like frustrated and trying to connect a Roku and having a hard time looking at like the instructions. You guys, are you guys picking up what I'm super saying? Yeah, like a like a <laughs> <laughs> Jake, like a- you got it. <laughs> like a baby boomer trying to hook up a VCR. Yeah, it's Goku connecting a Roku. I just like the way it sounds. It sounds funny yeah, to me. I like me. that one a lot. <laughs> it sounds silly, so I like it. All right, here's the last one. This one's dirty. <laughs> All right, Jake, I want you to get your phone out and get ready to Google something for me, okay, buddy? Okay. All right, here we go. Pretty in pink socks. Do you guys know what pink socks are? <laughs> No. no, Jake. I want I'm scared you. Now. I want you to Google pink sock, and then I want you to read the definition. Do I need to pause? Yes, because it's just coming up with lots of Walmart and Target links. All right, we're back, Jake. 
All right, yeah. It is when anal sex is taking place, the colon is reversed and creates the deadly pink <laughs> sock hanging out of the ass. And it, it ends with uh, this results in death. Yeah, yeah. So I basically, Michael, what I want from this one is I want Molly Ringwald with like rectal prolapse. So that's <laughs> kind of like what I'm shooting for here with pretty and pink socks. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, I like how you test the limits with Michael. I'm a big I, fan of that. He, does, he doesn't. He's not going to do that one. There's no way in the world that Michael Cannon is going to do pretty in pink socks. <laughs> uh, which character is getting the pink sock? Molly Ringwald. Okay. She, she's getting it. I want to see her with rectal prolapse. I want to see like a little pink sock coming out under that dress. You know? <laughs> Imminent death. You know? Hey, hold on. Check this out. Check this out. Alexa, what is a pink sock? I'd rather not answer that. Oh, come on. You <laughs> did earlier. Alexa, what is a pink sock? I'd rather not answer that. She was answering it earlier. Yeah, well, there's company over now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, I think, that I, th- I think that Amazon is on to me. I've been asking her a bunch of dirty questions. <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> What's a pink sock? When I left prison, I had a pink sock the size of Texas, the backside and oftentimes without lubrication. That what is pulled out looks like a rolled up pink sock. Wow. There we go. Thank you. That's all I was asking for. I didn't know Alexa could get so shy. I know. Isn't that weird? (laughs) She knew the whole time, but she would rather not say. When I used to get like, I sometimes I get pissed at her, and I like I, maybe I'll, like I'll curse at her a few times. And like when I first did it, she'd be like, you know, don't say that, or that's not nice, or something like that. Now she just ignores me completely and doesn't even respond. She, she just lights <laughs> up, and I'm like, I'm like, fuck you, Alexa. And then, and then, and then she'll be quiet. <laughs> and then she'll I shouldn't say her name. She's gonna I'm gonna unplug her actually. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, now she doesn't even respond to me. So yeah, but yeah, pretty in pink like socks. Pretty in pink socks. I want to see. Yeah, it's a great marriage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's move on into good pop, bad pop. Oh God. Oh. I don't know. Is that going to work, Jake? I see. I thought we were combining it with the normal bumpers. I, how would I do that? What do you mean combining it? I can't pl- play them both at the same time? No, like one after the other. No. I'm not doing no. that. That's just, I'm, that's, not a, I'm not a big fan of this, then. All right. Let's just do good pop. Sorry. Sorry, Jennings. I can't do it, Ryan Jennings. I'm not doing it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you're going to be like, all right, here's how our review system works, and then you're yeah. going to play the pot. No, it's just, it's just <laughs> not working. All right, guys. It's time for good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. I watched the uh, season finale, season 13 finale of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Jake, did you get a chance to watch this? 
No, I, I, I've oh. seen the link posted multiple times for yeah. the, um, the f- final scene, but I don't want to watch it out of context. Okay. Oh, man, I was hoping you get a chance to see this one. Um, the, the end of this is just absolutely amazing. Um, Mac, played by Rob McElhaney, does uh, an interpretive dance in prison for his father to basically come out of the closet and tell his father that he's gay. And this show has never been sincere. And if it has, it's always like ended with like other characters, like mocking that character for being sincere. It's always ended in the punchline or a joke. This is the first time I've ever seen an episode end seriously. And the interpretive dance that he did was just absolutely beautiful and amazing. Um, God damn it. I, I Tupperware this season. It, it was just fantastic. It was so good. Uh, only 10 episodes, you know, uh, this season. I think that's the way it's been for the, like, the last, you know, few seasons. I don't know if they've ever gone past 10. They may have in the early days. But, my God, mm. this was a great episode. That's good. How long has this show been on the air now? Over 10 years, right? Uh, it came on, I believe, the first year it came on was 2004 or five is when. And yeah. I I was, yeah, I was 16, 17. Yeah, I, I watched it live the first night that it aired. I've been a fan since day one. I'm not saying, oh, Brian, I'm hipster. It's always sunny in Philadelphia fan. It's just I was kind of like curious to see like what FX could do on their network um, with sitcoms. I, you know, I watched Action. That was a Jay Moore show, and I really liked that. So I was like, what else can they do? And It's Always Sunny is just a great show. That first season didn't even have Danny DeVito. He didn't join until like the second season. So... My God, what a great season finale. Like, I literally, I have never teared up in an episode of It's Always Sunny until this season. And it was that finale episode. It was just so fucking incredible. The dance was beautiful. It was amazing. So I, I even tweeted at Rob McElhaney that it was so amazing. So, yeah, if you guys aren't, if you aren't watching It's Always Sunny, start it. It's, you'll love it. It's great. Um, there is character development, but I would say it's actually character devolvement because everybody's gotten worse and worse each season. <laughs> so I, that's what yeah, that, that's that's one of my one of my top shows. And yeah, <clears throat> I haven't gotten to watch season thirteen yet. I'm going to catch up on it when it gets onto Hulu. But that it, it's an incredible show. <laughs> it really is. Like I've that show's actually like sort of helped me through periods of depression yeah in, yeah in a sense sure and like there it's there's not a lot out there that can do that yeah they can just get your mind away from everything and just laugh at some people that are probably gonna be joining you in hell <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like they took seinfeld and they literally put it on heroin because they had an episode where the characters did heroin <laughs> was, um, was it heroin or crack it was crack. It was crack. It was crack. Yeah, it was yeah, crack. Dennis yeah. and D smoke crack. <laughs> yeah, Dennis <laughs> and D smoke. And then they revisited that episode. Like they did crack again in a future season. So <laughs> great mm-hmm. shit. It's always sunny. Such a great show. Um, next thing I want to talk about. Uh, past guest June sent me a link to a documentary. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see this, but um, the Orange Years, the Nickelodeon story. Oh yeah, yeah, that looks really cool. Did you see it, Steve? I have. I did not. That it, sounds really interesting, though. I did some research, and it looks like this was an Indiegogo project. Indiegogo is the Canadian version of Kickstarter, and so they raised enough money. I think it was like $16,000 or something to make this. And uh, basically, it's going to be talking about Nickelodeon, the network, and how it, you know, what it did in the 90s. And, like, 
and how it was different than like, you know, Disney and everything else. And they're going to be interviewing actors, writers, animators, creators from all those, uh, you know, shows, those Nick shows, the SNCC era. And so, uh, you know, they got interviews with Mark Summer from Double Dare, Double Dare uh, Keenan Thompson from what was he in? He was in that Whataburger. Keenan and Kel. Keenan and Kel. OK, yeah. He was also in all that. Okay, oh, yeah. there was a lot of people in all that. And Melissa Joan Hart, Danny Cooksey, and then, and then a bunch of other child actors from these shows. So it's it's going to premiere November fifteenth at the SVA Theater in New York City, but it does not have a release date attached after the premiere. So I don't know how this is going to be made available. What, I, I'm sure one of the streaming services will purchase the rights to it um, and then eventually stream it. What's crazy about that is like the people that got the the Indiegogo, when I backed the Kung Fury, it was released online for free before I ever got my Blu-ray. So it's like, (laughs) I don't know why I backed it, you know, just to get the Blu-ray. So (laughs) same thing here. I did the same thing with an Arrested Development documentary. I backed it and then it was available to watch for free online. So I don't know. Well, I, I think for that kind of thing, you're, you're supporting it even get, getting made, right? It's not so much you want to be able to see it. Yeah, and those are things that I really believed in. You know, I really wanted that aggressive development documentary. And, you know, I really thought like the the sizzle reel, the clips that they showed us for, you know, Kung Fury looked fantastic. So I wanted to get it made. I, I get it. It's just my point, Jake, is like I want to feel special when I'm doing something like that. And I want to have like first look before everybody else yeah yeah or maybe just like even like special thanks in the credits would be a good thing to do with stuff like that too they do that they do that i uh with the the doomed documentary um the one about the corman fantastic four the corman fantastic four my name is in the credits as one of the backers yeah then that's pretty awesome that was cool sweet so yeah um so that yeah jake you saw this trailer what'd you think yeah, I think it looks really good. I mean, me and you were right at that age where, I mean, Nickelodeon was like practically one of my parents when I was 10 years old, you yeah. know? And uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see this. I agree with you. Like, I think either one of the streaming services will pick this up or, you know, even potentially it could be like a VOD movie for a few months before that happens. Yeah, I'd like to see like Amazon needs to jump in on some of this stuff. I feel like, you know, like the toys that made us. You know, that was popular, and now we got the Nick thing coming out. You know, it just feels like everything. You know, like, oh, oh, Plastic Galaxy was another one. I think that's on uh, that's on Hulu or Amazon. But I think, like, Amazon needs to jump in on some of this shit. I'm not, what was Plastic Galaxy about? Star Wars, Kenner years. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's like basically like, you know, the toys that made us when they did the Star Wars episode. It's an expanded episode of that it's just a full-length kind of like hour and a half documentary or something Hmm. that's cool yeah that that nickelodeon thing's really fascinating though i mean that they did such a good job right they really did a good job of like towing the line between like kids programming Mm -hmm. but not having it be like dumbed down or sappy yeah like it was some of the most mature kids programming that there was available at the time oh yeah like uh you can't do that on television that was like my show that was my go-to i loved it yeah, yeah, and even like a little bit later, I'm like things like "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" I thought were really great, right? I mean, I didn't watch that. that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and like, and all their like, I liked all their sitcom like shows too, like you know, like their Hey Dudes and their Sweet yeah. Shorts and Pete and Pete and all that kind of stuff. 
I watched Hey Dude and what was the camp one? I watched that. That was one. Salute Your Shorts. Salute Your Shorts. I watched those two. Yeah. So, so it'd, be, it'd be really interesting. It's cool that they got a lot of people to talk to. And, um, you know, they got most of Joan Hart on there with yeah. Sabrina making a resurgence. That's kind of interesting. I never did the Rugrats thing. I was a little older and I, I, I thought they looked like little mutant babies. And I was just like, ah, I'm not going to watch this. Yeah, I remember when Nicktoons debuted, and I watched all three of them, and I thought Doug was crap, I thought Rugrats was crap, and then Ren and Stimpy blew my mind. Oh, Ren and Stimpy, fuck yeah. <laughs> Ren and yeah, Stimpy three- was my childhood cartoon. <laughs> oh yeah, those three cartoons debuted all on the same day within the, that 90 minutes, and wow, yeah, Ren and Stimpy, I was like, oh my gosh, I had to set the VCR up for next week. I almost made the show really dirty this week, Jake. I was going to have a quiz, like a, like a game show, and... Uh, I was gonna play. You ever, you ever watched like the the cartoon porn versions of like you know like Simpsons or Family Guy? It's like Homer fucking Marge and shit. I've never actually like watched that kind of thing. I've, I like see like <laughs> the links for it every now and then. Oh yeah, I'm raising my hand. I've seen them. Um, but anyway, like uh, I was gonna play clips from them and have you guys guess like who was doing who because like it's literally just grunts and shit, you know? Oh, yeah, that's, that actually sounds very fun. But I, you're like, I, I was gonna make this episode dirty, but I decided to just stick with the uh, pod bean bumpers and pink sock talk. <laughs> pink sock and gerbils, you know. But the thing is, I was no, I was gonna go even further down this dirty gerbil hole. But I, I didn't because the voices that do it don't really sound like the characters. It's not like you can really make out who's who. So I was like, eh, I don't know about this. Just- that makes sense. <laughs> it, it's hard to find like a legitimate like Mel Blanc impersonator <laughs> yeah. to uh, lend himself to a porn parody. <laughs> exactly. They just get whoever like, you know, Charlie, the janitor. Hey, come in here, dude. He's like mopping jizz in the hall or something. <laughs> and they- <laughs> Hey, can you do a Peter Griffin? Yeah. Uh, good enough. Get in here. The guy that did. Hank Hill for the one that Hank Hill and Peggy was pretty good though. He did an all right job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. And then he's just railing Peggy. All right. Uh, let's talk about a trailer here. I had you guys watch a couple of trailers. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is the Kingdom trailer for uh, coming to Netflix. I got details from Dark Horizons. Hot on the heels of the release of Rampant in Korea, another zombie story set in Korea's medieval. Uh, Joseon period is on the way with the release of the trailer for the new Netflix series Kingdom. The eight episode series sees a crown prince sent on a suicide mission to investigate a mysterious outbreak that leads him to a brutal truth that threatens the kingdom. Ji Ji Hoon Bay Duna and Ryu Sung Ryong co-star. Celebrated local filmmaker Kim Sung Hun and series writer Kim In Hee have collaborated on the project, which has been in the works for nearly seven years. Kingdom will have two seasons, with the second to go into production shortly after the original debuts on Netflix globally on January 25th. Um, you guys, you both watched the trailer? Yes. yes. What did you think, Steve? Um, I thought it looked really, really interesting. It starts off in sort of a, a way that you don't expect it to go into. And when it makes that transition into what the story is like actually about, I was just like, whoa, this looks fucking really cool. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 got me. I uh, I give it a Tupperware. Honestly, it, 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 it the way it transitions just from being that sort of like like this is your it looks like a normal story, but there's something else going on to you seeing that there's you know 
something going on that's not not necessarily normal to it's it's, it's a different aspect of of a story involved with the uh, with the trailer, and at the end when it like like because it's it starts off with like the the king is dead, the king dying and everything, and then I feel like as it goes on, it sort of made me feel like by the end of the trailer like the king is probably the king's probably not dead mm-hmm. like it's, it, that's what it seems like to me um yeah. i know it was yeah. a, there was a lot of quick cuts and everything but um like the very last <clears throat> the very last shot um it, it was like a mouth and teeth growling and that shot like sort of was like hmm thinking uh thinking that this is going to be sort of interesting that there's going to be a big play on this king dying and that's a heavy involvement in the story here and it looks interesting to me. Yeah, I think like the, there's this outbreak that happens, and like all these people are dying, and I don't think that they realize that they are eventually going to be reanimated into zombies. So, Jake, right, what did, and I, yeah. I feel like the king is like a key player in that. Oh yeah, Jake, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was really cool too. I had a little bit of the same reaction as Steve had. Um, I didn't read any kind of blurb or information about what this was about before clicking on the trailer and you know it starts up and it it just kind of looks like kind of an artsy foreign film and then i was kind of taken aback by um the events that were happening in the trailer like just not knowing it was gonna go the zombie direction until the trailer went that way was 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 kind of shocking and it looked really cool i'm gonna give it a high tasted as a trailer Mm. it's definitely something i would check out on a on a board day on a weekend knowing how well these korean zombie movies have been i absolutely loved this and i love the fact that uh it's a period piece it's uh, uh, set in korea's medieval period and i was just kind of like okay we've seen the zombie outbreak you know in modern day it's been done and so to see this happening in korea during like this medieval period has me super excited. I want to, I can't wait to see this swords and zombies and and uh, this outbreak. The scene that really got me excited is the fact that it looks like this outbreak happens and people are dying and they're probably not reanimating immediately because they're actually taking the bodies and dumping them into the lake. We get a really cool shot in the water of these uh, bodies that are kind of like bagged up. Doesn't seem like a really good way to dispose of bodies by putting them in the lake. <laughs> yeah, not a well thought out plan. Yeah, and so I look think cool though. We're gonna get wet and bloated Korean zombies coming out of the water eventually, and you know, um, getting freed. It, 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 they're tied up. It looked like so. Maybe we'll get a scene of them ripping out of. I, I, it's just gonna be really cool. I think this. I'm gonna give it a Tupperware. It's got me super excited because I really I loved Train to Busan. And, uh, you know, give, I want more Korean zombie flicks. These are great. So I, I give yeah. it a Tupperware. And with it being a medieval, uh, Korean medieval, you know, time period, that just seems something so different and something I'm so ready for. And I can't, I don't care. I'll read the subtitles. Bring them. It's great. Oh, yeah. Subtitles have never bothered me. You know what, what shot really had me sold in the trailer was the, the, the shot where it transitions, where you see the the big silhouette shadow of the growling character and then it just it it goes to black yeah yeah like like that shot i was like whoa okay this is yeah i'm gonna put my seatbelt on for this one two seasons and 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 the first season's gonna be eight episodes and so uh and it'll all drop on the same day because it's netflix it's called kingdom and so i can't wait to see some korean horror here uh with these zombies this looks absolutely fantastic to me so the next trailer i want to talk about is one that i sent you guys uh it's a trailer for cam 
It's a uh, movie called Cam, and it's coming to Netflix. And before we discuss, here's the details about the film from Dark Horizons. Netflix has premiered the first official trailer for the Blumhouse Productions thriller Cam, starring Madeline Brewer. And she's from The Handmaid's Tale, uh, that Hulu uh, Emmy-winning show. Uh, The film won Best First Picture and Best Screenplay Awards at the recent Fantasia International Film Festival. Daniel Goldhaber helms the film, which is set in the world of webcam porn. Alice is a cam girl who wakes one day to discover she's been replaced on her site by an exact replica of herself. As her replica continues to push boundaries previously set by Alice, she begins, to, she begins losing control of her life and the men in it. Soon she is further drawn into the mystery of who is the replica woman and why she is ruining the real Alice's life. Uh, Issa Mazai, a former sex worker penned the script for the film and developed the story with the director and Isabel Link Levy, uh, she's from the movie Swiss Army Man, uh, Patch Derrick, Melora Walters, Devin Druid, Imani Hakim, and Michael Dempsey co-star in Cam, which hits the streaming service on November 16th. So we're going to get to see Cam this week. Jake, what did you think about Cam? Man, I, I really liked this a lot. I, I'm also going to give it a high taste it. I thought... Um, it got to a point where I knew I wanted to watch this so much that I just wanted to stop watching the trailer. Like, I, I didn't want it to go down the rabbit hole where they were going to show me too many of the twists and turns because it looked like a really cool drama. Um, like, like it's the same Cam account, too. Like, not only does she get replaced, it's like her username and password mm-hmm. have been logged into. So it's just truly bizarre. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to see what the uh, mystery behind this is. I hope they stick the landing. Why is it a psycho- why psychological is it a, thrillers, you know? Why is it a high-tasted if you were that excited to see this one? Um, because I think because I think they could have cut it. They could have done this trailer half as long, and I would have been as excited. And there would have been, like, I feel like I already do know a lot of, like, the steps of the movie. Okay. Okay. With these psychological thrillers, I feel like less is more when it comes to trailers. If I, they could just get yeah. what the plot's about for me and then take away a lot of like the beats that are going to happen yeah. I, I think i would enjoy the movie a lot more this kind of reminded me of like searching you know the john cho movie that came out but like set like completely on like a, a you know a computer screen that and, and it everything deals with like the porn industry so and then i've been watching the deuce on hbo which is all set about like 1970s porn so i've been and i watch porn in my uh you know my lonesome so yeah, this is <laughs> this is this is right up my alley. Um, well, I mean, I don't I don't think it's necessarily like just because you're a cam girl, it it's not necessarily porn, right? Oh, it, I mean, there's a big business where there's a lot of not porn cam girls. Well, Jake, I I am gonna kind of associate the cam girls in the porn industry because a lot of them use toys on the show. Some of them have guys come on and 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 fuck them while they're doing their cams. So it's not all just chatting and and uh, yeah, sitting around. Yeah, it didn't seem like that was what was going on with this character, though. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it was a trailer, so I, I don't think that they're going to introduce like the really X-rated stuff into this one. But typically, when I think of cam girls, I do think of like more of the adult sex industry. <laughs> That's interesting. I think with the like 
popularity of Twitch and that kind of stuff going on, like I, to me, it's a little bit transcended into that. Like I don't necessarily associate cam people making money like that as necessarily being involved in porn. This, I mean, I know people that just eat on cam this uh, that, and make money. I mean, the description for this is it's it's set in the world of webcam porn. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I'm not saying like. I'm not comparing this to like Twitch or, you know, Ustream and, and services like that. But there there are sites that are basically guys get on there and watch women and they and they purchase uh, sort of like an online currency and they can the women will say, I will take off this amount. I will take off this piece of clothing for once we hit this amount and the guys will start, you know, you know, you know, putting money into the into that uh girl's account and you know they put on a show for him so this this is the world of webcam porn is what this movie set in so i, gotcha. I i'm surprised it took so long to do a movie like this honestly i think it's i think it all comes down to like i think searching is kind of like that that movie that or and that unfriended or whatever those movies are called like the, the, those are the ones that are setting this all off and so they're trying to find different avenues of like how they can do like movies on a screen you know what i mean so, Steve, what'd you think? Um, I, uh, I, I, starting off, I, I was kind of, uh, I, I don't know, I was kind of meh about it, and I, 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 I don't know, I, I don't want to sound like, like, like I'm bashing it, but like, it just started off as like, it felt like a trailer, like the same type of trailer as like, Happy Death Day or some some just really cheesy bad horror movie like Unfriended or something like that and it was just like all right here's an, another one of these but then it made the twist of the you know the mistaken identity thing that's going on with the storyline and mm-hmm. and I thought that that was what made it more interesting um and and, and on the same token of that I kind of was like well that's stupid that they gave that away but then then again how else right. are they going to get people in the in the seat so I was like okay fine so for me it was a taste it I'm I'm definitely going to check it out um just out of the the uh, mistaken identity curiosity but but yeah had they not shown me that I probably would have tossed it and I wouldn't watch Yeah I'm going to give this a high taste it I I thought it was really good I can't wait to watch it it's just it's one of those it's very ambitious and then after watching the movie searching it's like you know, is this going to be that good? And then also, like, Searching is a movie, like, once you've seen it once, I don't know if there's, like, a lot of repeat value in that. Even though I thought it's so great. It's it's just, it's like once you, once you find out the twists in these, I don't know what the, what the repeat value is of watching these. Um, but this, I, yeah. I, I thought it was really cool, like, her calling, like, the, the service, this, you know, this webcam service and and basically saying, like, you know that's not me and they're like no it's showing that you're on right now they're logged in as you and the girl looks exactly like her and it's just we get to see this girl kind of like lose her mind um this is her livelihood she's losing her customers it just i don't know i really want to see this i i do i i am excited to find out like what the big twist is here and it's it's blumhouse and i'm a big fan of blumhouse so i'm gonna give this one a shot yeah, yeah, this looked really good. Uh, and that's this week, you said, huh? Yeah, it comes out November 16th. It's called Cam on Netflix. Awesome. That's Friday, I believe. So uh, I want to talk about one more thing real quick, and then I'll pass it off. I went and I watched um, on Netflix. It just dropped last week. John Leguizamo's Latin History for Morons. Oh, nice. And it's uh, John Leguizamo's uh, one-man Broadway show. 
Uh, he finds humor and heartbreak as he traces 3,000 years of Latin history in an effort to help his bullied son. And this is kind of like he, him telling a story about uh, his son going to school and um, a kid bullying him and using racial slurs and talking about how there are no Latin heroes. And so he traces 3,000 years of Latin history here. And and uh, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. He's just a great storyteller. And he's dressed like a like a high school prof- like a like a college professor, and he's giving this lesson. He's got a blackboard, and he goes through the history, and it it actually made me kind of like uh, a, a lot of these stories are things that I've never heard before, and they don't teach you in your standard history books growing up. And you know, he he, he really revealed a lot of the truth here that they hide from kids and um, about. Um, about uh, Latin, not only Latin history, but uh, also uh, American history, and how they put some of our, uh, you know, past political figures on these, you know, uh, pedestals, and they're really a lot of them were terrible people. Um, so I, I thought that this was absolutely fantastic. John Leguizamo's Latin History for Morons. It made me kind of want to learn more about my lineage. And so, Jake, I told you I, I went to Ancestry dot com and purchased one of those DNA kits. And so, I, nice. I didn't know the. Um, I didn't know that this was um, spawned by watching this special. That's cool. I've been thinking about doing it for a long, long time for like personal reasons. Um, but uh, um, this kind of just like really had me like pull the trigger. And like right now, and we're not sponsored by Ancestry.com, but right now, if you go there, you can get the ninety-nine dollar DNA kit for fifty-nine ninety-nine. I think until like the twenty-first of this month or so. And so. You just get, like swab your saliva, send it back to them, and they'll send you. They'll let you know, you know, what you are. <laughs> like, and so, like, I basically just have to go on like by what other relatives have told me. And so, I'm really interested to get the kit, send it back, and and get the results in four to six weeks or whatever it takes. So, yeah, and this this special had a lot to do with that. So, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I love I loved those old John Leguizamo like HBO specials, like oh, the yeah. one man show type of stuff mm-hmm. he did. So I need to check this out. Yeah, very high energy back in the day. Um, he's got a lot of energy here too, and he 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 uh, great storyteller, um, great voice acting in this one when he plays right. like his son. He actually uses his son, like tries to use his son's voice, and it's 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 a great kind of like one man show. It's it's really cool, and you learn a lot. And it made me think to myself like. You know, like if there was a podcast just on like Latin history that would expound upon all the things that he was talking about even more, you know, I would love to listen to those just like, you know, I would just eat those up because it was absolutely fascinating. So it's a it's like part of history that they don't teach you in school or you don't hear about. Like he he had to really do a deep dive into some uh, obscure books that I've never even heard of. So I give it a Tupperware. It's fantastic. So I am going to pass it off to one of you gentlemen. Steve, what do you got? Um, I, uh, I've been playing, I, I haven't done a lot of movie scene lately, um, but I have been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2, which I'm sure a lot of other people have. Um, I would Tupperware the shit out of this game. Um, it's extremely immersive with everything you can do as far as your character and the storyline is really, really good. I haven't finished it yet, but um, 
it's really easy to get lost in a lot of different things. And I know there's other games out there that that sort of replicate the same thing, but I have like a strong sort of passion for Western films and that Western time period. And this is smack dab, like right at the very end of that. Um, and I, I just, I, I really, really enjoyed this a lot. Um, and I, I can't wait to finish the story. Um, but yeah, I did check out, um, that other movie overlord. Um, yeah, that you were, um, I, well, can I, let me, if we're going to, are we going to talk about that now? I, we can talk about that on your schedule. Whenever you plan to talk about that, we can bring that up. <laughs> well, I, would, um, I, I just want to, I want to bring up the synopsis and all that stuff because yeah, I do yeah. have that prepared in my notes. So yeah, let's talk about Overlord. Um, on the eve of D-Day, American paratroopers are dropped behind enemy lines to carry out a mission crucial to the invasion's success. But as they approach their target, they begin to realize there is more going on in this Nazi-occupied village than a simple military operation. They find themselves fighting against supernatural forces, part of a Nazi experiment. It's directed by Julius Avery. He directed Son of a Gun. That's a Ewan McGregor film I have not seen. I believe it's on Netflix. And he also directed Jerry Can. Um, it's produced by J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot Films. Uh, it stars, I know, you're fired! <laughs> you're done, J.J! <laughs> it's over! All right, there you go, everybody. That's what you were wanting. I know it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, it stars Giovanna Depo. Uh, he plays Boyce. Uh, he was uh, he he also started in the movie Fences with Denzel Washington, and he was also in the Leftovers uh, TV show on HBO. He played Michael Murphy, John's son, in that series. Wyatt Russell plays Ford in this. He was on an episode of Black Mirror. I believe it was the one where they did the virtual haunted house and. Uh, He's a badass in this. Uh, Matilda Oliver, uh, she plays Chloe. Um, Palu Asbeck, he played the Nazi officer that was the big bad villain in this movie. And man, he was a huge piece of shit. Um, John Majaro, he was like the, he played the, um, he was the, the uh, Italian-American New York guy in this one. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, Bokeem Woodbine was also in this. He was in uh, Fargo Season 2 and uh, he was the second shocker in Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Steve, yeah. what did you think of Overlord? Um, so, I, I, I tend to like movies like this a lot where they, tend to, they tell sort of like an obscure story in history that you know. Um, and I, I Tupperware this movie. I fucking had a great time. Um, I almost gave it a high taste it because at first I didn't really like Wyatt Russell. Um, his his voice was pissing me off in the beginning of the movie. He he just reminded me too much of um, in, in in Tropic Thunder when they have the fake trailers in the beginning and Ben Stiller has that that Scorcher movie where he. He talks like this and super deep. Like he was really just like that in the beginning. And that's just what my brain went to. And I was just like, okay, this is making me mad. And then uh, as it, as the story went on, his character grew on me. And I, I really enjoyed the movie a lot overall. Um, I thought it was really, really fun. Uh, it set in a time period that I also enjoy, which is World War II, even though it's a bad time period. But um, yeah, I, I had a great fucking time with this movie. It felt a lot like this movie could have been like uh, I don't want to be the guy to say that but I say this but it could have been like almost like an origin 
Cloverfield movie. Mm. It, 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 I mean, I just, it, it just the Nazi experiments and everything really ties into it. Like, I feel like it, the Nazi experiments sort of t- would tie into the Cloverfield universe. Can I, can, um, can, can I, can I tell you where it fits better in my opinion? Yeah. I honestly think instead of it being a Cloverfield, you know, prequel, I honestly think like this fits more into the MCU if you really wanted to force it. Like this was the Germans attempt at the super soldier serum that went wrong. Oh fuck. Mm. Right. Wow. That's fucking cool. Yeah. I, I like that idea. Yeah. They're trying to make their own, you know, they're trying to make their own uh, super soldier, you know, with their thousand man army for a thousand years. And this is and, what they get. Yeah. Yeah, it goes horribly wrong. I, th- I honestly like if if JJ oh, wow. kind of like did a wink that this was like set in the same universe as the MCU. You know, I I, I even think Kevin Feige would get a kick out of him saying that and creating that controversy because like that's what I kept thinking this entire time when I was watching this movie. I was like, oh my god, the Nazis are trying to make their own super soldier serum. Wow, that's fucking cool. I didn't even think about that. Wow, it's all I'm I can, blown away. It's all Holy I can think about. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it fits, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. it definitely yeah. does. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, like, even, like, the, the German scientist, I was like, Arnim Zola. That's, like, Arnim, you know, that's, <laughs> it's Arnim Zola. I, I was just blown away, man. I love this movie. It's an absolute Tupperware. I've seen it twice now. I saw it first in IMAX, and I watched it again today. Um, yeah, I saw it this morning. Yeah, I did a I did a uh, double feature today. I watched The Grinch, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. But after that, I, I just stayed at the theater, and I was like, fuck it. I'm watching Overlord again. I absolutely... <laughs> loved overlord like the cg effects at the beginning with uh you know when they're flying into france and uh, <laughs> and, and, the, and they just start getting shot up out of the sky and like you know him parachuting and like flipping yeah. around and and it, it was just absolutely incredible but like they also don't rely 100 percent on cg here in this movie there's a lot of mixture of cg and practical they they do it all here and yeah it's, they they managed with the CG. They still managed to pull off that same sort of feeling that I got watching the intro to uh, Mission Impossible Fallout with the same skydiving thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. This this is like when <laughs> this movie is just it, it blends two genres so well: World War II films, you know, war movie and horror it blends them so well it actually feels like at the beginning like you're just watching a war movie and then they're sent on this mission to go to this you know this church that has this radio tower they have to destroy the radio because it's jamming transmissions and so that's their mission here and you know things just go fucking crazy when they you know i'm not spoiling anything like this is all in the trailers but like when they go into the church and you see the experiments that the Nazis are working on there. And it's just like, it goes, then it goes from like being one movie into a completely different film. Although it's blended in with like the war movie. It's, it's not like the war movie goes away. It's still very much a war movie. You're still in world war two. You still have Nazis. You still have Nazis doing evil things like this, uh, officer, um, Waffner, um, the, uh, played by Pilu Asbeck. This mm-hmm. this guy was a piece of shit, and I would like put him up there with like he looks like a young Sam Neill, and I would put him up there with like you know Indiana Jones villains, you know like back in the eighties, like how good they were. He's so good, 
yeah. in this movie. And this movie is just so much fun. My audience was reacting. There were parts where my audience laughed. You laugh when you need to laugh. You're terrified when you need... There's a lot of body horror going on in this one. The experiments, dude, like when you get into the church and you see some of the... And it's not like we got to see everything that was going on there, Steve. But like what we saw right. was pretty terrifying. That French woman... You know what I'm talking yeah. about? That freaked yeah. me the fuck no, yeah. out. I know exactly what you I was yeah. just going to say. Like it, 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 The movie, when you see the experiments, so, Brian, I know you don't video game much, so you might not be familiar I, with this, but yeah. it takes some deep dives in the same way that the Call of Duty series did with their Nazi zombie storytelling mm-hmm. that they had started to do over a couple games where like, when you get into the really deep thick of it, you're like, holy shit, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, that's what you're seeing in this movie. And it just like that whole scene, I was just like, whoa, especially with the and how it just kept going. And yeah. I was just like, man, that's creepy as fuck. It was. <laughs> and it, it, it's wild. It's wild. It's not like it just goes from like war movie to then horror movie. It's like it does. But then it then it does this really cool thing where it blends both genres and and, right. and and it's not and it doesn't take you out of the movie it just actually sucks you in deeper you're so invested in these characters none of these actors here are big time actors like the main players in this movie none of them are big time actors you've got like Wyatt Russell who was like in a Black Mirror episode done some other things and then uh, you know Giovanna Depo who like I loved in this movie I thought he was great and uh, you know um, I, for this being Bad Robot's first R-rated film, like, they went all out, dude. This is, I yeah. hope this movie doesn't go under the fucking radar, you know, because, like, this movie and Upgrade were, like, the two big surprises for me this year. Like, I thought they both yeah. looked great, but I didn't know that they would be so this good. Actually, like, they would be able to fucking deliver. This blends, like... I know these aren't like traditional zombies, but these are like reanimated bodies. So I would say they are zombies. This is like mixing zombies with fucking World War II. And it's so fucking good. It felt like I was watching Saving Private Ryan meets a Romero film. It's so crazy. And the action, too, just like the like not. And I don't mean like the action, like the the horror action. I mean, like the war action, the gunfighting. Yeah. All of that, like. When when they're yes. shooting at guys and you yeah. they're lighting up the Nazis and you're seeing the bullets spray everywhere on the wall, it all looks real. Like yeah. it it that, does that, a perfect job of blending. Like it it feels like a J.J. Yes. Abrams Steven Spielberg mashup. Well, I mean, you know, and the church looks amazing. It's like this it's this French village and it's this big stone church and like all the streets are cobblestone and it's mm-hmm. all you know a cobble like these brick buildings and everything just looks like an old you know French village. It it looks of the time. It, it's so well done. This movie is so well done. It's so well shot. It's terrifying. The the action is gory. I mean, they really they didn't pull any punches here and they gave us a great fucking movie. I I Tupperware the fuck out of Overlord. I thought it was fantastic. I'm going to buy this one on Blu-ray. Not only am I going to buy it on Blu-ray, but I'm going to see I'm hoping that they come out with a really nice steelbook because I would love to add uh this as a steelbook to my collection. So I I thought that this was just in fucking credible i loved it so much yeah i i i really enjoyed the uh the new yorker jersey guy yeah Um, yeah 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 i've seen him in a couple other movies before i can't remember the title but it was some horror movie but yeah he's he was great in this (laughs) him Um, and that little kid i just loved kind of like 
that whole arc between those two characters and like yeah. where, where it went and the kid kept sneaking up on him. He's like, can we put a bell on that little fucker? <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I got a kick out of him. I thought he was great. They, they do a great job here of like giving you those characters that you would see in and, and, and you're totally aware of it. it. It's like characters that you would see in like a like a band of brothers or a saving private Ryan, like the way they talk to each other, you know, like how right. Vin Diesel was talking to like, you know, all the guys in, you know, Tom Hanks and, in, in, uh, you know, saving private Ryan. It's like that's, you know, you get those same types of interactions here. They They do pull from that. But. On the flip side, it's it's just like then they take it to this other level with this horror, the body horror, and dude, I'm telling you, this could be a fucking this could be in the MCU, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just want to say that the the big scene with the the photographer character uh, Chase, yeah, yeah, his big scene, I was laughing my ass off. I went from laughing to being terrified. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Talk about. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it, people. Go. Go out and see. Go out and see Overlord. This one, I can't imagine it's going to be in theaters long. It'll be like upgrade. It'll be in the theaters for two weeks, and then it'll probably be gone. Unfortunately, you might catch it at the dollar uh, theater. But um, you know, I've seen it twice now. I, I, I saw it in IMAX, and oh my God, seeing this thing in IMAX was absolutely incredible. Like the beginning with the bombs going off and um, planes going down, the explosions. And so I was just like, I could not stop thinking about this movie all weekend. And I was like, I got to go see it again. So I went and saw it again today after I watched The Grinch. And I was so glad that I did because this is one like, you know, it's going to leave theaters soon. And it's such a great theatrical experience. And my I think my audience was just fucking shocked at how much they enjoyed it. Both audiences. So, yeah, definitely check out Overlord. Uh, Fantastic. Jake, what do you got, man? Um, I was in the mood to watch a horror movie that I hadn't seen before last week, so I was kind of scoping around on Netflix. Um, I'm going to talk about a movie. I believe Jay actually reviewed this movie a couple years ago on the show. Um, I went ahead and decided to watch The Witch. Have you? Did you guys ever watch this? I know. Yes. It, I've never seen it, but yeah, Jay did talk about The Witch, and the, the, there was like, did he talk about a goat or something? Yeah, yeah, Jay. I remember um, vividly. Jay kind of put me off from wanting to see this movie and here's your review um he describes like he doesn't spoil what happens but he says something really disturbing happens and it was pretty graphic and i remember thinking oh that's a movie i'm never gonna watch and i i even thought of that again when i was clicking on it i was like what am i getting myself into (laughs) but um i you know i didn't i never really i'm not sure what the part that really got jay bent out of shape was with this i mean there was definitely some disturbing graphic stuff going on but nothing worse than like i've seen in any kind of a shitty saw movie or like hostile or anything um i actually thought this was really good i'm gonna give it a high taste it it's um a period piece in the 1630s new england and it basically there's like five six actors in this movie in total and it's basically you follow this family on this farm and then all like the weird stuff that starts to happen to them um within the first five minutes the older daughter loses their baby. And one of the most fascinating things about this movie to me was not so much the horror element, but like the family element and what that did to this family, like how the mom and the dad of the family responded to their daughter, you know, having 
potentially blaming her for losing their baby. You know, they they think it could have been a witch, but no one can prove that. And it's just seeing this family kind of crumble apart while there's this like otherworldly horror going on, like just on the edge of their farm. I thought I thought it was really fascinating. I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, like most horror movies, it's something I'll probably never watch again. I I don't think too many horror movies have much repeat value for me, at least. But man, I, I was I was glued to this thing. It was one of those things where like I was playing a computer game while I was watching it, and within ten minutes, I stopped playing the game and just sat there on the couch and was just glued to it. Hmm. I I thought it was really good. I, I highly recommend this movie. I will probably watch it now. So yeah, yeah. It I'd was on Netflix. It. it was, I mean, it de- like Jay's not wrong. It definitely has some gross stuff going on in it. But I mean, I'm pretty squeamish, and it was nothing so gross that I ever like had to like avert my eyes from the TV or anything. Like it, it, it was really cool. I thought the acting was really strong. Um, no one that I really know from anything. Um, Anya Taylor is the head, the the daughter that loses the baby. But I thought everyone really put in good performances. And I honestly thought there was a lot to talk about beyond the horror when this movie was over, too. Um, Michelle actually watched this movie with me, and it was fun discussing, like, who the most terrible members of the family were, you know. And we we weren't really in agreement with whether it was the mom or the dad that was really messing everything up and, like, screwing up all the relationships with their kids. So, yeah, lots of twists and turns in this movie. Um, the ending was was pretty great, and I thought it stuck the landing. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Maybe ninety minutes too, so you can just really kind of blink and watch this movie. I enjoyed that too. Maybe Jay was eating like Indian food during the really gross parts, and he was you know, it just <laughs> that'll do it, man. I like, if you're like eating some spaghetti, watching like Nightmare on Elm Street, like that that can go wrong. I get it. Yeah, you, you know, he was probably eating some like Indian food and was like, oh, yeah, and it just turned his stomach. You know, maybe had he not been eating at the time he was watching a horror movie, he might have enjoyed this more. Steve, you saw this one. What'd you think? Um, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, I, I'm pretty sure this is a this is this is an A24 film, isn't isn't it? Uh, I don't know. It's been I a lot. I'm pretty sure it is because it's one of those movies that was marketed as like a horror movie and then came off as more of like a psychological thriller movie. Uh, to a, to a, an extent, at least with dealing with like the family and everything. But I mean, I really liked this movie, and I remember a couple of my friends being mad because they expected like a full on horror movie, and it's it's a lot deeper than that. And and I I really enjoy a twenty four films. Um, there was another one that came out like a year or two after that that was really good too. Um, I can't remember what that one's called though. Um, but yeah, A24 films have always been really, really impressive to me because they they tend to do things sort of out of the box and they they do kind of market them their movies more of like as horror genre movies, but they always they always tend to be like they're, they're, it's deeper than that. Like that's the cupcake frosting, and then like the rest of the movie is a lot got a lot going on inside. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Steve. Like on the surface, I thought this was just going to be like a you know jump scare horror movie about a witch, but really the the meat and potatoes of this movie was definitely the family and their interaction and kind of their falling apart throughout the movie, and it was definitely what kept me interested. Well, this is what this is exactly why you need to finish the the Haunting of Hill House. I mean, oh, yeah. that's that's one hundred percent about this family and how they were affected, and it's one of the best shows I've seen all year. So. Yeah, I do need to get on that. Yeah, this was written and directed by the same guy, uh, Roger Eggers. 
And he is actually making a new movie called The Lighthouse, if you've heard of that. It's got William Dafoe and Robert Pat- Pattinson in it, and it's his like next big writer-director movie. I don't know much about it other than the two stars, but yeah, yeah I'm going to kind of keep my eye on this guy. I thought this was this was really good and showed a lot of promise for a uh, up-and-coming writer-director. Nice. I'll have to check that out. I will check that out, actually. So, um, I watched The Grinch today in real D3D, so I just thought I'd check it out in 3D. Uh, yeah, everybody knows The Grinch. A grumpy Grinch pl- plots to ruin Christmas for the Village of Whoville. It's directed by uh, Yaro Shaney and Scott Mosier. Uh, Scott Mosier, you know, producer for Kevin Smith Films. Um, stars Benedict Cumberbatch as the voice of the Grinch. Uh, Angela Lansbury was the mayor of Whoville. She's barely in this fucking thing. Uh, Cameron Seeley as Cindy Lou. Keenan Thompson from SNL uh, plays Bricklebaum. And Rashida Jones plays Donna Lou Who. I'm going to give this one a taste. I mean, it's the same story. Um, I didn't laugh like I do at like, the Pixar movies or even like the DreamWorks movies. You know, I didn't have too many like laugh-out-loud moments to where, like, you know, I've had some good laughs watching, like, Pixar stuff and, you know, like the... Even Incredibles 2, which I wasn't the biggest fan of, like, Jack-Jack had me dying. So... Yeah. This, yeah. Just, didn't, <laughs> this just didn't have those moments for me. I, I, and, and that's fine. I think this is definitely one where I feel like it's definitely more targeted towards the kids and not the adult audience. Um, and I think that that's fine. I think, and the kids in my audience seem to be having an okay time. It's not like they were fucking you know, flipping their shit or anything, but they seem to have a good enough time with this one. I just, I don't know. It's I, Pixar and like even Disney with like Wreck It Ralph. You know, um, I just think like that's like the adults get a kick out of those too. And and with this one, I just felt like it. You know, I was I wanted to support Scott Mosier. I'm a big fan of his. So I wanted to give this a chance. I give it a taste. It. It's fine. It's nothing I'll ever watch again. But uh, it looks beautiful, um, especially in 3D. Uh, Whoville looks amazing. Uh, the animation looks fantastic. Uh, all the Christmas, uh, the, the Christmas theme looks really good. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really kind of uh, underwhelming. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Brian. I haven't seen this movie, but I'm familiar with a lot of the Illumination projects. And I yeah. honestly think that is kind of what they're going for, is more of the like younger set fair. Yes, yes. I mean, yes as an adult, you can find some enjoyment out of it. For, but for the most part, most of the Illumination films haven't really been my cup of tea. Like the, um, they do, like, it the Despicable, Despicable Me movies. and the Minions, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Pets, Secret Life of Pets yeah. was also yeah. an Illumination. Sing, Hop those kind of things there really hasn't you know i'm a big fan of a lot of these animated you know all ages movies but i don't know none of these illumination movies have really ever done much for me and i I think you kind of hit the nail on the head i think they specifically are trying to keep the interest of the uh five to ten year olds yeah i agree i mean i've never seen uh the minions or the the despicable me because it that just looks annoying as fuck and i don't even want to give it a shot but the best part about this was uh watching the uh uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3 trailer in 3D. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I hope that I hope that when they do release it in the IMAX that it's IMAX 3D, that they don't pull the 3D from it because I definitely want to see that in IMAX 3D. It looks gorgeous. I, and I love those yeah. movies. So. Those are movies I have not seen yet. I need to see. Oh, they're so good. The first, I, haven't, I haven't watched the Netflix series. 
But like the movies are so great. I think the movies are are fantastic. I love them. So yeah, they have a huge following. It's one of those things where I just haven't got around to it. I'm hoping when the third one comes out in the theater, they kind of do like an iTunes sale where I can grab the first two for low. Jake, uh, before we take a quick break and go to news, I I watched uh, what was it? The Zombie Land? What's it called? Zombie Land? Oh, Zombie Zombie Land Saga. Man, I wanted to love this dude. I'll give it a taste. It's not my thing. I, some of it I absolutely thought was just great and fun and quirky, and I really got into it. But it's I just I can see why you love it. I I I and I, I can totally understand why you love it. It's just. It was nothing that I was – and it is inventive. It's very inventive. There's nothing else like it. It just didn't get me. Um, like the first episode, I was like – I was kind of like out. But I was like, oh, you know, I'll give it another one. I'll give it – and then I started to love the second episode and then I just started to get bored with it again. So I don't know. It just – I can see why you love it though because it has like – Music and it's and and the, the the humor. I love the guy. The guy who is oh the, yeah, the, the like the guy that's yes. like the manager of the band. Yes, by far the best character. He's the best character in the series. I think he's fantastic. I'll give it a taste. It it just wasn't. It's not up my alley as far as like that kind of stuff. But I can totally understand why people would love it, and I totally get why you love it. So yeah, it's definitely. I don't think it's everyone's cup of tea. That's for sure. Yeah. I know. Um, Matt hit me up. He ended up watching the first two episodes and he absolutely loved it too. He was like 15 minutes into the first episode messaging me like, what the fuck are you having me watch? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know it's, it's very crazy. It's different. Yeah, it's very different. It just wasn't for I haven't me. Watched, oh, sorry. I haven't watched the third episode yet. Um, this is Crunchyroll and Funimation just quit their like joint partnership. I don't know if you knew anything about all this. Uh-uh. But um, Funimation now got back all of their subtitled shows, and which is really cool, but it's made it way harder to search what's on Funimation because I used to just click date added and see all the like shows oh, that were yeah. recently added. But within this week, they just added like 300 fucking subtitled shows, and I can't find anything anymore. So I haven't watched the new episode yet. I actually spent like five minutes trying to find it without just simply using the search button for it because it used to be so easy, and then I just got frustrated and went and did something else <laughs> yeah so but yeah it's really interesting i guess uh, funimation is no longer going to be on the vrv app as well that sucks yeah they're pulling out as of the end of november i hmm. believe so if you have the vrv app and you're using funimation um start binging that shit because it's going away um so yeah they just think that they can make a lot more money on their own um they're done with their crunchyroll partnership so crunchyroll is going to lose all their funimation exclusive shows hmm. So it's really interesting. It seems like these uh, anime streaming services are getting ready to kind of go at war. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, VRV is such a great deal. And I can understand they, they got their stuff on there for a while and they're going to get people hooked. And then now, now they're going to do the takeaway. Yeah, but VRV did announce in um, with the announcement that Funimation was leaving. I felt like VRV felt like they had a hole to fill. So they actually did find a different anime streaming service, and I'm, I'm actually quite excited because it has a lot of shows and programming that I've just never heard of. It's like a whole other studio that just wasn't licensed by either Crunchyroll or Funimation. Very cool. So yeah, more options is good. You know, competition brings out good things. All right. Let's take a quick break and come back, and we'll do the – do the news fuck this episode jake i i think it's been okay i mean it's oh, not been, ooh, it's, it's been not okay been hilarious it's been okay people 
Thank you for joining us on our on our okay episode. Glad you could. Well, I mean, glad you could be a one or zero. It's either spectacular or terrible. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm just I'm happy that you could join us on this journey of mediocrity. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Woohoo! Set sail. Let's voyage on to decent. <laughs> the land of okay. The land yeah, of there was, little, there was a little bit of yelling. Land of just fine. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next segment, we'll just yell at each other the whole time. No, we're going we're gonna, to. Well, fuck it. Let's just play that porn game. I don't care if you can understand the voices or not. We'll just play. No, I'm kidding. I'm in. You're going, you're going down, Steve. <laughs> oh, I will. I'm terrible. Like, I, you are a big Simpsons fan, and I. She I didn't just- even sound like Marge when she was moaning, dude. <laughs> she didn't sound like Marge at all. I was like, that's why I was you like, like, I'm Patty and Selma. Uh, no, she sounded nothing like either of them. There was like no scratchy voice or anything. I was like, that's why we can't play this game. Nobody sounds like anybody. <laughs> well, that's what makes it. It'd be too easy if everyone sounded like each other. There's uh, no game. then. Yeah, but then, then we can get into more obscure characters. That's where you start. You start with the easy ones. Right. And then and then you work up to that stuff, you know, the harder stuff. So okay. but they got to s- at least sound like them. It's ridiculous. Otherwise, we're just listening to bad voice actors moaning. <laughs> this is true. This is true. All right. Um, oh, yeah, I, go I looked it up in that that other movie that I was talking about from A24 is called Hereditary. Oh, yeah. a super good movie. I, 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 they marketed that all wrong for me, and um, that's, that's why I gave it a high taste. I want to watch it again. It'll probably go to Tupperware when I watch it again. Uh, I know that sounds silly. It's just the way they they marketed that one wrong for me. They did. Okay. They really did. It. It's they 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 marketed it as like um, as a horror like a, like a traditional horror film, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be kind of like more of a, like an art horror film. And yeah, that's like a twenty fourth thing. I know, but that's not how they marketed it. Oh, they did. They, they didn't. Dude. Watch <laughs> no. Watch the trailers. It, yeah, it, Brian's absolutely right. They they made it like they really tried to get a different audience in there. I think they were afraid they weren't going to make money if they just yeah. presented it the way that the theme was. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Like so, going in, I, I I understand like people. I understand the people that loved it. I totally get it because it is a great movie, and Tony Collette's performance is fantastic she in my opinion she should be nominated for an oscar for her performance in that horror film and i know that's not going to happen it's a horror film but tony collette was absolutely amazing in that role and um so i tupperware her performance i'm they did they marketed it really deceptively so that was that was going through my head as as i was watching this because i'm trying to retrain my brain and get into the movie that they're showing me and i'm not as opposed to the movie that i thought that they were actually going to present so that's that's more on me but um yeah yeah that seems to be a very popular trend in these last couple years where the horror movie brings in more business than the uh thriller so we just make all thrillers seem like horror movies and trailers Mm mm-hmm yeah, so I guess I sort of walked into it being like, ah, I'm wise to your shit, A24. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you got to remember the the normal moviegoer isn't thinking things like, oh, this production company doesn't usually make jump scare horror movies. Yeah, exactly. I, well, I mean, I you know I've seen A24 films, but I I don't think I'd ever seen A24 horror film. Like I'm watching like Lady Bird. You know what I mean? I it's like this is what A24 is doing with a horror film, and. I don't know. I'm basing it on the trailers that I saw, and that's kind of like 
where my headspace was when I was watching this movie and I was getting a completely different movie and I, I'm having to like recalibrate my brain on the fly and trying to like, I don't know. So let's take a quick break, come back and we'll do the news. Sounds good. It is now time for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. No, just whatever. Here we go. read all about it. It's a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Steve, we talked a little bit earlier this week. We'll talk about it. Jake, you're not a fan of the Walking Dead news, but it is big news this week. We're getting a Rick Grimes movie trilogy. And Steve, I... I know. Are you still watching the show? Are you current? Um, I I'm not entirely. I, I'm current up until this new season. Like I don't have cable, and I with my job being as far away from home as it is, and basically that makes my hours like seventy hour work weeks. I don't have time to get places that have cable a lot, like my grandparents' house. Um, but I will continue to watch the show, obviously, and get caught up with it. Um. I, I'm I'm like hot and cold with it. When it when it goes away, I kind of eh. But when it comes back, then I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Once it once it's on Netflix in a year, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or when my Fire Stick works. This season's been better, in my opinion. I mean, you know, uh, it's it's. I think it has been better. Um, it's uh, for me, it has been at least. Uh, we got a new showrunner, Angela Kang. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think she's doing a fine job, even though, you know, Scott Gimple's still highly involved in the show. Andrew, yeah, we're getting a Rick Grimes trilogy, though. Uh, he's leaving the show. He's left the show after this last episode. But he says he is going to come back and uh, do movies because these movies, he can film them. It only takes him two months to film these movies. But, like, he's gone nine months out of the year and doesn't get to spend time with his family when he's doing the regular TV show. And then he came out this week and said that he's not going to be returning to the TV show. So I found that interesting because I was like, okay, so yeah, he'll do these movies and then he'll come back to the show. It doesn't sound like that, but I'm not going to count it out. I am not going to count it out. No, that's too good of a rating stunt to eventually not do. And it's, it, it's also, you know, he could change his mind. It, it, he's not going to talk about a deal that's not been done yet. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see when they yeah. when they back up a truck full of money to get him to come back onto the show after he spent more time with his family. We'll, we'll see what he what he decides then. So, yeah, they're not going to tell you that plot point now. Well, in four seasons, Rick's going to exactly actually yeah. rejoin the cast again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's 
kind of saying, like, I'm not going to come back. I don't believe it. Um, I think he eventually will come back. But who knows? I could be wrong. You know, he could be completely 100% done with this. And maybe he just wants to spend time directing and producing The Walking Dead. Because he's kind of like, I think he is kind of like going to dip his uh, toes into, like, directing and producing and all that shit. So we'll see. But I think the season's been better. I think it has been better than previous seasons. I've actually kind of enjoyed some of the things that have happened this season. Um, so I think it's been interesting. The last episode, it, the way that it ended, I won't spoil anything, but you know, this time jump, uh, that we've had this season, it's, it's, it's been interesting and we're we're getting even more of a time jump here. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm still watching the show week to week, so I'll watch it tomorrow, um, after it airs tonight. So, um, did you have anything that you wanted to add to that news, Steve? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, okay, so I'm, I said I was hot and cold with the show a lot, but like, I'm like a hardcore Rick Grimes fan. Like, I, like, it, I've been watching the show since it first came out. So, over the, over the time, whether the show has been good or bad, and I, I do recognize that there's a lot of not great in there. I, I don't call it bad. I just call it not great. Um, but it's still like something where I've I've seen these characters and I've become so attached to them that especially with like the Rick Grimes character and like yeah. and up until last season Carl. Um, but um, I just I I'm glad that they're deciding to do this um, in giving him a ch- giving the, them a chance to finish like the Rick the Rick Grimes story or to have a have a bookend to that while being able to keep doing whatever the hell they want to do with the show, which I'm glad that the show is getting better. That's a, that's a positive for me. Um, so it, it makes me anxious to be able to see the new season, but mm-hmm. this, the Rick Grimes thing, I, I, I was reading about it and I, I only read an article briefly, uh, earlier in the week when the, the news had dropped. Um, but I thought I read that it was going to be, uh, Scott Gimple was going to be like heavily involved in that. And it was possibly going to be a movie, a series of movie movies made for TV. And those were two things that I didn't really like to hear about it. But I'm still going to watch regardless. Yeah, um, they, they're, they're going to be TV movies is what I'm hearing. I, I think that they could they could still do like the whole Fathom events thing that they did for season eight's premiere. Uh, no, excuse me. Season eight's finale. Where they, okay. I, I think that it, they could still do that, and and we've seen that happen with a lot of shows. You know, Doctor Who premiere, uh, they do that with the, uh, you know, the Doctor Who Christmas episodes. I think this year it's going to be a New Year's episode, but we've seen those go to the theater, and I and I think like this will be the same thing. Yes, you'll be able to watch it on AMC when it does come out as the movie, but they might do something with Fathom Events where you can watch it in the theater before everybody else gets a chance to see it. So, who knows? We'll see if that happens. Yeah, that'll be really cool to see in the theater, I think. Um, yeah, funniest thing that I saw come out of this, all this news is like, with uh, the last episode where they did the time jump, they showed the, uh, you know, coming in the next three episodes of The Walking Dead because they do like eight episodes, then they do the break. So we've got three more before they do the break. They were showing clips over the next three episodes. They showed Carol, and Carol's got really long hair in uh, one of the scenes. And so somebody on uh, Facebook wrote, they they, they wrote out, uh, in the past eight years, we've seen Carol's hair grow two inches. So this must be a 2,000-year time jump. 
<laughs> and I thought that that was pretty fucking hilarious. That's so. fantastic. Disney Play is now Disney Plus. Uh, it is uh, they've they've dropped the play and they've added the plus, and it's going to launch in late 2019. So it looks like the service uh, should launch with the new Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. So you know they are filming that currently. Uh, Screen Rant said of the announcement, uh, along with the announcement, Disney opened up a new Disney Plus registration website, which not only reveals the logo for Disney Plus but confirms some of the brands that Disney intends to include with the service. A careful look at the website will clarify that these are subject to availability. As far as what Disney Plus will include, its vast library will be comprised of content from Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, and, of course, Disney, according to the website. It's clearly a promise that original content from these five brands will be at the core of Disney+, Plus, ranging from the new Star Wars live-action TV shows to Marvel Studios' upcoming spin-off series featuring characters like Loki and the Winter Soldier. What's interesting about this is a couple things. First off, uh, of course, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, you know, that's all Disney-owned, but National Geographic is owned under Fox. So, like, this is one of the first, like, official Fox announcements coming you know that they're gonna. It's gonna be on the Disney Plus service uh, when they launch it in 2019. So, like, you know, I just I kind of found that interesting that they would include that at this point with the deal not going through 100% yet. Um, you know, they it sounds like it's gonna get done by the end of this year. But uh, I found that pretty interesting. The, yeah, they're willing to go ahead and say it's gonna be on the yeah. thing by the time it launches. The other thing that I thought was really fucking awesome about this is Iger said that each category of content, such as Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic, will not use a single menu grid like Netflix, but each is going to have its own interface. So when you go, when you load up Disney+, Plus, you'll be able to select different interfaces, different menus for each of these. So each of these are going to have like their own customized menu. So you can go to Pixar... You can go to Marvel, you can go to Star Wars, and it's going to be a lot easier to find things. And I, I just think that that's great because, like, Netflix is very confusing sometimes, and they have a hard time really advertising things on Netflix. Like, I actually have to go to, like, Variety.com and search on their site for, like, you know, what's new and what's leaving Netflix in, like, the upcoming months to find out, like, they have so much original programming that it's nearly impossible to see it all there on the front page. So, yeah, we've talked about this a lot. I mean, Netflix just does such a lousy job of like advertising what what actually is going to be on the service. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no commercials on the station. You don't see Netflix commercials very often on other stations. Every now and again, you'll see a trailer at a movie theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like what you're saying about Disney too. I, Disney kind of has that built-in advantage over over Netflix where the, the branding is just so strong between all of their different franchises too, right? Well, so yeah. it's really cool. I think we'll see Netflix if this is successful, this menu, this interface, I think if it's successful, we'll see Netflix make that change to where you'll sign on and you'll be like, okay, Netflix, you can go to Netflix Sci-Fi or Netflix Horror. So when you go to like Netflix Sci-Fi, like you'll see your altered carbon. You know what I mean? You'll see like all their sci-fi shows. You'll see their horror genre, so you can go to Stranger Things. You can watch Apostle. You can watch what they've got there. So I, I think they will make that 
that li- Netflix anime. I think that'll be probably another one because they got a lot of anime. Yeah, they need to make it a little bit more like accessible and not as like you know. <laughs> now you can just like click on the genres and go to the, the list of genres yeah. and everything. But oh, I like yeah. what you're saying. Like where you know they have a screensaver in the background representing where you're at. Yeah, it's just a bit more accessible and and. I, I'm pretty sure the Disney Plus service will also be able to, you know, monitor which accounts are going to which services more often and then, you know, tailor advertisements and programming per specific customer, too. You know, oh, this guy bought the service and right. always just goes to the Pixar page. Sure. So, you know, we could send him emails about buying, you know, the new exclusive Buzz Lightyear statue. And it gives them, like, that kind of information, too, which I think is probably very handy for Disney. Why do I have to go to Variety to find out what's coming to Netflix? Why can't they just have, like, uh, an option to where I can click, like, what's new and coming to Netflix? And then right there have, like, the trailer available for me to watch for this new show or this new movie that they have. It's it's so stupid. There's, like, literally 20 other things they could do that would be better than what they currently do like we've talked about this before like i've suggested doing like the show man i would watch that show every week they get a charismatic host who tells you all the new stuff that's coming on that week show some clips do some interviews with the actors that are in those shows that would be a smash hit i think for netflix and would just get them more viewership on some of the stuff that just doesn't get advertised as well they tried it with like that you know, Stranger Things After Dark or whatever they had, but like, yeah, no, I, I they, they, but you know, I, I think that it would be better overall for their service to just have, you know, if they if they want to get numbers up on some of the like more fringe stuff that they don't promote well, because I, I I've seen Stranger Things advertised on TV before, but like. You know, I think Amazon destroys them there because, like, every time I go to the theater, I'm seeing like a new Amazon series. Fuck, I went before I saw Overlord today. Um, they were promoting I Am the Night, which is the new Patty Jenkins uh, limited series coming to TNT starring Chris Pine. And it's like, you know, Netflix isn't doing that. And I think it's like Netflix just knows that they have everybody by the balls because they have like, you know, Orange is the New Black. They have Stranger Things. They have Making a Murderer. They have like all these shows that like and the BoJack Horseman with their animated stuff. You know, F is for Family. Some people don't even know like, you know, F is for Family is coming out, you know, with the third season, like at the end of this month. And it's because they don't do a great job promoting this stuff. But like everybody has Netflix, though, Jake, or somebody's, u- or, or you're using somebody's password to watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah, this was this was going to be my exact next point, right? They, I think they just don't give a fuck at this point. They yeah, they got everyone by the balls. Everyone's yeah. subscribed. Their numbers don't change as far as how much money they're making, dependent on what programs you're watching. Mm-hmm. So they don't give a shit. Yeah. So yeah. Bob Iger also made some more announcements, and he's talked about Hulu because uh, once the Disney-Fox deal goes through, we've talked about this before, Disney's going to own 60% of Hulu. They're going to be majority owners. And so he talked about it possibly going overseas. Like Netflix has seen a lot of like luck with uh, you know uh, going overseas, and uh, we're seeing a lot more international content on Netflix now since you know, Netflix is overseas. And so um, Iger, this comes from Dark Horizons, 
Iger plans to make Hulu an even bigger player in the streaming wars, saying, given the success of Hulu so far in terms of subscriber growth and the relative brand strength and other things, too, like demographics, we think there's an opportunity to increase investment in Hulu, notably on the programming side. With Disney Plus expected to focus on family-friendly fare, Hulu is expected to become the home of more adult-targeted programming and will likely include much of Fox's film and TV library. At present, Hulu spends around $2.5 billion on original programming annually, a far cry from the $8 billion Netflix pumps into its content. I said this, Jake. I felt like this is like where they're going to have their adult programming go. They're going to bring those Fox films possibly over there. Um, they'll be able to keep shows like you know Runaways over there because that's a little bit more of a – it's comic book stuff. But it is – dude, there's adult themes going on in, in Runaways. And um, – you know, uh, and now they're wanting to go global. They're wanting to take it overseas because, you know, Netflix has done it. Um, Apple's going to do it. Amazon does it. But like Hulu, HBO, Showtime stars, Voodoo, um, those are restricted to the U.S. You know, um, yeah. Hulu is fortunately. Yeah. Hulu's in U.S. in the U.S. and it's in Japan, but that's it. So it looks like Iger's wanting to push uh, Hulu uh, and have it go global. So. Yeah, that's, that's cool. smart. That's big business. I know a lot of our international listeners are always complaining to us that they don't have access to uh, a lot of the stuff we have from Hulu. Right. Yeah. So they'll make a lot of money, I think, if they take Hulu. I, I'm shocked Hulu hasn't just done that already, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, this is really cool. You, yeah, you were you were definitely on top of this, that they were going to push most of their adult fare and programming. Um, at the time, I don't think we'd considered the uh, – Fox movie library, but that makes a lot of sense. Too. Sure. Well, th- think about, okay, so let's say, let's say they want to introduce a new Marvel series. Would it go to Hulu? Like I, at this point, like if we got a Moon Knight series, like, you know, cause like people have been like pining for a fucking Moon Knight series. Would it go to Hulu at this point or would they work out another, you know, deal with Netflix? I feel like it would go to Hulu at this point. I don't think they'd, they'd be splitting that much anymore. If they if they have one streaming network that's all ages and another one that's more adult fare, I don't see why they're even playing with Netflix anymore. I agree. And and the part of the reason that I think that is because it's like the shared universe that they have with all the Netflix characters didn't work in Defenders. Like that was – it just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, money talks, bullshit walks. I, if, the, if those were smash hits, they would continue to make money that way. Yeah, but there's me, no reason for them to do that. Give me a Ghost Rider series on Hulu. Give me a, a Moon Knight series on Hulu. You know, like do that. Do it all on Hulu from now on. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that is probably the direction that they'll take. Yeah. Hulu needs to change their fucking menu. I hate their fucking menu. Yeah, it, it's actually the it's actually worse than it used to be like a couple of years yes, ago. Yes, when they changed they, they changed it within the last year and it's fucking terrible now. Yeah, I everything's big and bold. Ugh, it's gross. It's hard to find anything. Everything yeah, everything's big and bold and like the different uh fucking uh, you know, options that you can click on or just and it's none of the stuff that I want to watch. It's like I constantly am just like doing searches and adding stuff to my list that I want to watch. Because that's yeah, the only way you have to do. Yeah, it's like the algorithm algorithm is really screwy too. Like it's constantly suggesting things you want nothing to do with. Right. Yeah. So we got news from Variety this week, people. Shrek and Puss in Boots are getting rebooted. Um, and Chris Melandry, the man behind Despicable Me, is overseeing their revival. 
So, yeah, uh, reboots of uh, Shrek and Puss in Boots. And then Melandry told Variety, when you look back on those vocal performances, they're awesome. And while you, can, while you could certainly make a case for a complete reinvention, I find myself responding to my own nostalgic feelings of wanting to go back to those characterizations. The challenge for us has been to find something that really does feel like it's not simply yet another film and a series of sequels. I just feel like these movies, like Shrek came out in 2001, like, and they just did like Shrek 4, just it feels like a few years ago. Like, they haven't even given these time to. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's not like they're like, there's like a nostalgia kick for Puss in Boots and Shrek already. Yeah, I just like, watch the originals. They're they're great, you know. Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy and and you know uh, who was was it uh, Antonio Banderas? Yeah, Antonio Banderas and you know even like uh, was uh, John Lithgow was like the first villain in the Shrek and wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that's correct. Cameron Diaz is the yeah. owner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was Lord. He was Lord Farquaad. Lord Far- Farquaad. That doesn't it always f- sounded like fuckwad to me. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it sounds like something dirty. It sounds like yeah. A- I always, I always thought Steve was on target there. I always thought they did that on purpose. Oh, fuckwad. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. There was a lot of that adult humor peppered into yeah. that movie. This is just yeah, especially the first one. Just a terrible announcement. Nobody- oh, yeah. I was a like, groan. I mean, we already talked about how we kind of aren't really big fans of kind of illumination. And, you know, me and Steve were just talking about some of the adult jokes in Shrek. Obviously, if illumination people are in charge of this, that's going to all go by the wayside. Yeah, they're going to dumb it down. It's just going to be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not- it might look it might look more gorgeous, but it's going to be definitely more geared towards the younger set. It feels yeah. like in the originals. Uh, Screen Rant reports that the long-awaited Deadwood movie is going to start filming. I'm just happy to hear that they're going to start filming this thing now. They've got a synopsis. The indelible characters of the series are reunited after 10 years to celebrate South Dakota's statehood. Former rivalries are reignited, alliances are tested, and old wounds are reopened as all are left to navigate the inevitable changes that modern modernity I can't say that word modernity uh, and time have wrought I I watched the first season then I stopped um, because like they didn't have an end to it so I was just like ah I'm done but now that the movie's filming I'm gonna watch seasons two and three and then I will anxiously await the Deadwood movie so HBO can finally finish this fucking series for people and give it a proper ending yeah, you're in for a real treat because, I mean, I know you loved season one, but I honestly think the show just gets better and better. And mm-hmm. season two is just off the rails good. I'm also yep. excited by the synopsis. Um, you know, in my head, I kind of expected, you know, I know it's been 10 years, but I kind of expected them to just pretend like no time had passed and pick back up. I, I kind of very much like the idea that for the characters as well, 10 years has passed and we're uh, – dipping back in and finding out what's going on with everyone um that that has me really excited i like that i was not expecting that very cool yeah i'm looking for it did you watch dead deadwood steve yeah i i watched it back when it was on uh with my parents growing up and i i loved the show i mean my parents loved the show so much that when i was like 21 my mom went on and my stepdad went on vacation out there and that was they my mom hates the actual town of deadwood now (laughs) because 
turns out it's nothing like the uh, nothing like the show, which I don't know why she would expect differently. But yeah, I can't wait for this movie to come out, and they've got all the original people coming back too. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome seeing them be able to kind of complete the story. Or who knows? Maybe we'll get. Maybe if it does well, we'll get another one. Oh, I don't. Movies in threes nowadays, don't they? Yeah, I just want them to wrap it up, man. You know, because like, please just give us a proper ending. You know, yeah. Because I don't want them to leave it on another cliffhanger and then something else happen. But I don't. I think HBO. HBO wants to complete their libraries. They don't like to have stuff out there just lingering like um hello ladies when with steven merchant when that got canceled after the first season they still gave it the hello ladies movie to wrap it up because they want to give people that complete library because they understand how valuable it is to have like this on-demand library with like their service of like hbo now and so they don't they 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 know that people aren't going to start a show like Deadwood when there's not an, a proper ending to it. So to complete that library is huge for HBO. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm surprised they take they you know waited this long. But I mean, this has been in the works almost since Deadwood got canceled. Oh like, yeah, I feel like ever since a year after Deadwood got canceled, we've been hearing the mumblings of this movie. It's just been a matter of getting the screenplay in, in place and getting all the uh, principal cast able to reunite well, at the same time. And there was the the tax credit that they were, you know, given. And the tax credit was going to expire if they didn't start producing this, uh, they, if they didn't get this movie into production, it, it was going to expire by the end of this year. So it was like now or never. So Yeah, I'm, I'm, fi- I'm glad they finally fucking got the fire in their ass and got this moving. Yeah. Uh, THR. Uh, hey, Steve, did you watch? Uh, did you watch Breaking Bad? Yes. All right. THR is reporting that there's a Breaking Bad movie from creator Vince Gilligan in the works. The rumor was first reported by the Albuquerque Journal. They were saying that uh, filming would start there for a TV show called uh, TV Movie or whatever called Greenbrier, which was the unofficial code name for this. And then Slash Film, like, the next day got the exclusive. Uh, They learned that the newly announced Breaking Bad movie will be a sequel set after the events of the series finale. It's going to follow Jesse Pinkman as he blazes a trail away from that horrifying finale. And so, um, yeah, uh, Vince Gilligan was writing and executive producing the Breaking Bad movie. Uh, It's unknown if he's going to direct... Uh, it will be a television movie as it is being, uh, yeah, as it is being made through Gilligan's deal with Sony TV, who produced the original show. Uh, there was even the briefest of brief log lines. The movie would, quote, track the escape of a kidnapped man and his quest for freedom. So, yes, we're getting a Breaking Bad movie. Um, and uh, we got... Uh, Brian Cranston was on the Dan Patrick show and he was just talking about the Breaking Bad movie and he basically said that he has spoken to Vince Gilligan about it. He doesn't know anything about the movie and he said, yes, there appears to be a movie version of, of Breaking Bad, but I honestly have, n- have not read the script, so I couldn't tell you. If Vince asked me to do it, sure, absolutely. He's a genius. So that would have to be a flashback scene. Um uh, of Brian Cranston for the movie, you would imagine, right? 
I'm pretty sure that would have to be how that worked out. If they if it went differently, I think I'd be upset. I would be upset too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, are, I know. Like some people just feel like the series ended perfectly. I do. I feel like it ended Walter White's story perfectly. You know, like it really did. It put a cap on it. It honestly, I think the Breaking Bad finale is probably, in my opinion, my favorite finale of any TV show I've ever seen. It was the most satisfying finale I've ever seen of any TV show. I, you know, I, the series had already been completed. I wasn't watching it week to week. So I started it on Netflix and I blazed through it within three weeks and I finished all, all like, like five or six seasons of Breaking Bad. And that final fucking episode was the most satisfying television finale I have ever fucking seen. I thought it was so great. Are you excited for this Jesse Pinkman film? Or are you kind of like, why are we revisiting this character? It ended perfectly. Like, what are your thoughts, dude? I'm always in for more Breaking Bad. I really, uh, I might be, I might have been singing something differently if if, uh, Better Call Saul hadn't come out but that that kind of opened me up to the idea of like getting to know these characters that were around walter white and making it about them and not just his story because like they all have their stories too and we know what his story was before he became what he became and i think getting to see the aftermath of like well what happened to jesse like that's a question that's always been there so getting the opportunity to have a a small contained two and a half hour movie that tells us what happened. I think it would be great. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there that are probably like, why do we need more of this? And I mean, it's, I I don't mind it. I mean, it was a, it was a great show. Why, 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 you know, get mad at the fact that you're going to get more of what you already like. Well, they don't want it to taint the way the series ended for them. You know, like, I, but it's, I understand what you're saying. I haven't started uh, Better Call Saul. It's one of those things that I will start. Um, but everything that I've heard about Better Call Saul is just like it's more Vince Gilligan greatness. It's so great. Some people yeah. love it even more than Breaking Bad. So like, I'm I'm under the I am under the belief that if Vince Gilligan has another story about Jesse that he wants to tell then I'm all for it. Do you think that this could be a backdoor pilot? This movie could be a backdoor pilot for a Jesse series? Or do you think, like, it's going to be this movie and that's it? Uh, I hope it's just this movie and that's it. Um, I feel like if there's going to be another series connected to the Walter White universe, I don't know if... I don't know. It's... Like, how many people are are really going to sign on to that? I think doing this as a movie would be a lot better served for you know the 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 story of it you got two two tv shows and a movie that tell a complete story of all three different characters and i mean i feel like a character like jesse would deserve a series getting more screen time and more you know development through a series because i mean his character was a very very sad character his character was supposed to his character was supposed to die early in the series yeah, yeah, that's true too. Um, but I mean, I I feel like his they 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 I think 
I don't know. I feel like I want to see what his like, mental state is now after all yeah. this, because he's he'd been kidnapped and like it's it's about his escape. And we saw at the end of like that final episode, just like the way he's kind of like laughing maniacally, like he is not the same person that he was when yeah he, from he that, went off the deep end. Yeah, dude, I want to see like where he is now, man. So. I am 100% all for this. I can't fucking wait to get back into this world. It also it, it makes me want to just start watching Breaking Bad again from the beginning. Yeah, I need to revisit it. It's so good, Jake. This show is so incredible, dude. It is incredible. Yeah, it's one of those things. I watched like the first six episodes one time just on a lark, and I really enjoyed it. But I just, for some reason, never went back to it and finished. I watched the first episode years ago, and then I was like, I liked it, but I never got back to it. And then I was like, I've got to do this. This is like one of those gaps in my pop culture that everybody's seen Breaking Bad. I've got to do this. And so I did. And once I started, I couldn't stop. It was like a fucking tube of Pringles. It was insane. I just had to keep going with this fucking thing. And it was like smoking meth. It was like, yeah, not even once. You shouldn't. Don't. It's like smoke. Oh, my God. That fucking blue meth on this show. My God. Uh, it's, I love I love Breaking Bad. My God, I need to start. See, that's the thing. After that show is so heavy that after it ended, I was like, I'm not going to jump back into this world anytime. It's like right now, I'm not going to jump back into it. I'm not going to start Better Call Saul. I, I gotta. And now, now I'm just like putting it off, and I don't know why. Like I need to get on I Better Call Saul. I need to start watching this because I love Bob Odenkirk. So it's it's good. Yeah, it I hear, is. I hear it's great. Um, let's see here. Anime news from THR Pacific Rim and Altered Carbon anime projects. So, uh, it's among Netflix's new slate of Asian originals. Uh, I've got descriptions for both Pacific Rim apparently is going to be a series and Altered Carbon is going to be an animated movie. Pacific Rim returning to the epic battle of Kaiju and Jaegers. This original anime series will expand upon the story of the first two live-action movies and follow two. So they're done with the movies. They are done. Like Pacific Rim Uprising, just they're done with the movies. It's going to continue on in animated form. But it's going to follow two siblings, an idealistic teenage boy and his naive younger sister, who are forced to pilot an abandoned Jaeger across a hostile landscape in a desperate attempt to find their missing parents. Uh, and then the Altered Carbon animated movie is set in the same universe of the Netflix live-action series. Uh, second season is in production right now, and uh, this will explore... This animated movie is going to explore new elements of the story mythology. So, um... Steve, did you watch? That's, that's interesting. The the one that was a movie is getting a series, and the one that's a series is getting a movie. Yeah, it's the <laughs> reverse. Steve, did you watch Altered Carbon? I did. I really liked that. God the the first season was excellent. So good. Joel Kinnaman just fucking killed it in that in that series. Like he did. He he, he really did. Yeah. I I thought that show was just incredible, and just the twists and turns it makes all throughout the entire series, and the way it was put together. Like I. I liked Altered Carbon more than I liked Blade Runner 2049. Yes, I, I will agree with you. I will agree with you there. I will agree with you there. 100%. I agree. And so I just, I, man, an animated movie. And so it's going to be set in the same universe. And we're still getting, and I'm glad we're still getting the uh, the second season. And I'm, I'm excited for that. 
I feel like once that second season comes out, though, it's go- I'm going to have to rewatch the first season because like all the rules in that universe with the stacks and all that shit, like mm-hmm. it's going to take me a while to like learn that shit again if I don't watch the first season. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, I I'll be I'll be watching the the, the first series. Yeah. Going back and seeing that again. Yeah. Pacific Rim animated series. I I don't know. I. I Ah man, if if they part of the allure is seeing those things in real life, right? Yeah, but if if they said Guillermo del Toro was involved in this, I would be much happier. But he like you know he's he, he he's doing the Netflix Pinocchio thing, and so I don't know. I we'll see. I, I I've loved what Netflix did with uh, you know uh, Castlevania. Um, they've got some showrunners here. They got Craig Kyle from Thor Ragnarok. Um, like, I don't know. Legendary entertainment's involved in this, you know, so we'll see. I I don't know. I'll give it a chance. I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll check it out, too. Um, you know, it could be good. It just kind of all depends on, you know, the style of animation and, you know, how in-depth they go with the plot and everything, right? Yeah, I don't really care about two kids looking for their parents and Jaegers, though. That sounds fucking stupid. Yeah, that part does sound stupid. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm very interested in in seeing some of the um, like the drawings and the first looks of what this is actually going to look like, you know, stylistically. I'd be very it, curious here about we that. Go. It'll be like two kids, their mom and their dad. They can't find them, and they're they, the kids are arguing back and forth. Yay! And their brother and sister they argue. They argue all the time, but like then. As they get into the Jaeger, this abandoned Jaeger, and they're going on this journey, and they fight their first monster, they start to work together, right, Jake? And they, you know what I mean? And that creates more <laughs> of a bond between them because, like, like Susie was blaming Johnny for them not being with their parents anymore. It's your fault if you wouldn't have ran off looking at that whatever the fuck you were doing. We wouldn't have lost mom and dad. It's all your fault that we're in this to begin with. And then all of a sudden, like, they're on this journey together, and they fight this monster, and they kill it. They kill it dead, Jake, as a, as a brother and sister <laughs> combo. And they're, they're starting to, like, they're starting to, like, I don't know, they're starting to bond again. They're starting to, they're, 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 they're siblings, and they're working together, and they're great behind the Jaeger. Ah, fuck that. That sounds stupid as fuck. I hate, I hate. Yeah, if that's yeah. the show, I never want to see Fuck that. it, yeah. I don't care about two kids getting along, looking for their mom and dad. That's bullshit. So I just I just want to see badass fucking robots beat the fuck out of giant monsters. I don't care about two kids looking for their parents. Sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it does seem like a little bit of a natural fit, though, right? I mean, we definitely, you know, the the robot mech anime genre is definitely a thing. Oh, I know. I just just the whole parents, the kids looking for their parents. I hope they find out that their parents are dead. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I found uh, yeah we found yeah we found mom and dad they're in the belly of a kaiju. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you see you see that big blue bastard over there? He just shit your mom and dad out. <laughs> <laughs> they were super runny too. <laughs> they were. Yeah, it reminded me of Jay's Indian food. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh this bummed me the fuck out. I read this last night before going to bed, and I was so pissed off. Common had an interview with Coming Soon, and here's what he had to say about his role in John Wick 3. I'm not in the third part, 
but I could say that I really loved being a part of John Wick too, and it was an amazing experience working with Keanu and Chad. I'm talking about Chad Stahelski, the director. They're just phenomenal, challenged, and really passionate about that stuff. And I can say that 3 is going to be incredible, though. I'll tell you that much. I still think that 3 is going to be incredible, but God damn it if I am not upset that Common is not going to be in there because he really challenged John Wick in that movie. And I loved his character in that film. If this is true, if Common is not returning to John Wick 3, I hope we get a John Wick 4 and he comes back because they can't be done with that character. He was great. Yeah, I'm very surprised by this, actually. That it, that, that's shocking that they wouldn't want to use him again. What do you huh. think, Steve? Did you watch John Wick one and two? Yes, I did. Um, I I did. I I liked the first one more than I liked the second one, but I did like the second one. Um, I I really liked the the scenes with Common. I did like his character in the second one. I I am surprised by this news, but at the same time, I feel like it it gives that because they did did they do like a. They didn't do like a buddy buddy thing between the two of them at the end of John Wick Two, did they? I can't remember. No, 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 no. Okay, so I feel like if they brought him into the third one, I mean, it's sort of they with them not bringing him in, it gives them the opportunity to avoid having that that tropey like they're gonna they were foes and now they're friends kind of thing. Well, I, I yeah, maybe uh, okay, if they ha- I want to see if I want if Common comes back, I, it, let's say Common comes back in John Wick 4, I want to see I want to see John Wick versus him in that movie. This one seems like it's going to be John Wick versus the entire assassins, you know, guild, you know, like all the different assassins that are out there. It's like, you know, John John Wick is public enemy number 1. He's got a huge bounty on his head for all these Assassins, and that's kind of like where they're going to go in this third one. I I love all the set photos that are coming out for the third one. John Wick on a fucking horse, guys. Oh my god, are you kidding me? <laughs> Hold on. And then they had a no- okay, yeah, John Wick on a horse. Number one. I hope he's being chased by motorcycles because that would be fucking amazing. But number two, they had an announcement that came out that John Wick is going to be fighting ninjas in this fucking next movie. John Wick three is going to take on ninjas. Fuck yes. That's hilarious. Wow. That that'll be super fun. Sword meets gun, huh? Yeah, kung fu. And I, I want to, you know, I, I, God, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I, I I hope we have a ninja that blocks his bullets with like the sword. Does the flippity do shit and just blocking bullets <laughs> like fucking Deadpool. That feels like that'll for sure happen, right? You think John Wick himself will use a sword at all during this sequence? Definitely, man. You've seen you've seen Keanu in Ronin Forty Seven. I mm-hmm, think that mm-hmm. they would be silly not to have him at one point look like he's uncomfortable with the sword, and then we get to see that he can actually use it really well. Because, you know, Keanu Reeves did a whole movie where he was a samurai. So, yeah, I definitely see him getting a hold of one of these swords and having a samurai showdown with one of these guys. Yeah, oh, I agree. Sure. He's such a natural holding it, so it yeah. would be a mistake to not take advantage of that. All right. You guys ready for some loony Tom Cruise news? Always. This comes from Dark Horizons, and uh, they say not long ago came word that the release of Top Gun 2 Maverick was being delayed almost a year. Do you guys remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. Though, why wasn't really clear beyond the obvious advantage move to an early summer 2020 bow? 
Now, The Sun is reporting that the film's star, Tom Cruise, is partly responsible, saying that he has put the filming of Top Gun 2 Maverick on hold so that he can learn to fly a fighter jet. <laughs> Making him. This is not surprising. The no, it's not. He doesn't know how already. Making him. He knows how to fly a helicopter. We saw it in Mission Impossible 5. Making him the first actor in cinematic history to truly fly a fighter jet on the big screen. A source for the paper says Tom is well known for doing his own stunts, and the Top Gun sequel is no different. He prides himself on making the action sequences as realistic as possible. He won't film all the flight sequences. It's too dangerous, but he will fly some, making him the first actor in cinema history to do so. Tom Cruise is going to (laughs) die. He is going to kill himself. Yes, that's that is probably for sure. There's, He's not going to die of natural causes. No, Tom Cruise is going to kill himself filming Top Gun Two Maverick. <laughs> I mean, I I got I got faith in him. I think he can do it. I, dude, I yeah, I'm not going to count the guy out. I don't. You know, <laughs> I'm not wishing death upon him by any means. But, Mike, it's going to make the movie that much better. It really does. Like, when you watch that last Mission Impossible film, like, you know, like, you're, you're not seeing green screen with a lot of this shit, man. It's like, it's, it's Tom Cruise doing his own stunts, and it's impressive. Like, this goes back to, like, the old days of, like, Steve McQueen in um, The Great Escape. Like, you know, hopping those barbed wire fences in that motorcycle scene. You know, like, that was real. That was Steve McQueen doing that. And here we have, like, you know, uh, Tom Cruise taking a page out of that Steve McQueen book, doing his own stunts here. And, it, it, I mean, you can see the difference. You know, the, the, the difference is there. It's, it's, it's amazing. And so, I don't know, man. Like, when I first read this article, I was like, he is truly a fucking lunatic. He's going to kill himself. I, yeah. I love it. I, I love the idea of him going and taking a taking a break from the movie to go learn how to really fly a jet. <laughs> when when really they're just gonna have like a couple shots of him in the in the cockpit, and you're gonna see the the real sky around him, and then another shot is like of a wide shot of him just going by. All right, bank left. Oh, God, <laughs> like, if you watch like like uh, they had like some of the making of clips, they they would show before like movies and stuff like that um for like the last mission impossible film and they were showing like the them filming tom cruise doing kind of like this uh um he's he's like spiraling out of control in the helicopter and you you watch that and how dangerous that is and how hard it is to get out of that 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 move and like you can hear, like, in the director's voice, like, how nervous they were. And, like, they were so happy that they got that filmed because, like, it's scary, the, the shit that he does. Like, I just can't see him playing it safe, Steve. I, I think that he is going to push it, man. He's going to fucking – he's an adrenaline fucking junkie, dude. And it's that's, yeah. that's what's scary when you're, like, dealing with – you're dealing with, like – machine like machinery here and technology and like you know these guys that 
he's like in his 50s now. Like, I, I don't know how good his reflexes are. I'm not saying like he's <laughs> lost it. I'm just saying like it's it's a like being a fighter pilot and doing this kind of shit is like a young man's game. And these guys have been doing this all their lives. Like some like, you know, like uh, God forbid he does another race car movie. Jesus, you know, oh it's my God, you know, you got to have, Holy shit. yeah, you got to have insane reflexes. Like, this is no joke. Like a lot of people are NASCAR is not a sport and blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, I, I can't sit and watch NASCAR, but on the flip side, like what those guys do is pretty fucking incredible. The reflexes are incredible. Um, and, and this just takes it to a whole nother level, like a human being flying in the sky. Like there, it's, it's you and you're in the air. And if something goes wrong, there's no safety net for a fuck. You, you crash and you explode and that's it. And like this is this is not like Tom Cruise sitting in a fighter jet and then a green screen behind him. And it looks like he's in the danger zone. This is Tom Cruise in the actual danger zone. <laughs> you know, the literal danger zone, literal danger yeah. zone. Yeah, it is. I kind of agree with Steve, though. It is weird that he'd go through all this. Like, I feel like the difference between this and Mission Impossible is like you get those amazing shots in Mission Impossible. Like, what are we really getting from this? Who knows? We don't know with Tom Cruise. He's a wild card. Yeah, I all I could hope is that they that they have him do more than what I described and that they actually film it in a way where it's it like I it's they're they're gonna have a tough time pulling off shots where it's like a wide shot where it's like hey that's tom cruise like you're gonna see a guy in a plane and be like yeah there he is yeah exactly that's him (laughs) no but see tom doesn't care about that it's all about the authenticity like when he did the scene in uh uh the one where he was underwater for like minutes at a time like even though like that scene breaks away and so it doesn't looked like it was filmed like all in one shot it was though like he was under the water for like minutes literal yeah, minutes like, wasn't so, it like six minutes or something like that or am it, i exaggerating yeah, it, you might be like a minute off but he was down there for at least like four to five possibly six minutes it was insane and you know they cut away i wish it would have been like one single shot that's not what they did we kind of got cheated there but like i don't think it matters to tom like, I, I just think he, he loves the fact it's that authenticity and it's him taking like this, his stunt career now and acting like so seriously. I can't see the guy just not wanting to like push the limit here and like do something a little spectacular in, in, in the jet. I understand like getting those shots, but I don't think it really matters to Tom. I, I, he just wants the experience. And I don't know, man. I just think this is this is crazy. So. I don't mean to sound like I'm hating on him either. I fucking love Tom Cruise. I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, ah, oh, Tom Cruise. I just, I love what he does, but I, it, he's easy to pick on too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> of course, I, I agree. Like, I don't agree with like him, uh, you know, his personal life and like what he does there. You know, it's a little outrageous. But as far as like his acting and like his passion for the craft, it's like, goddamn, it's it's commendable. Like he's doing things that nobody else is doing, and I. I, you know, anytime a Tom Cruise movie comes out, it's like, it's one of the, like when, Tom, when a Tom Cruise movie comes out, it feels like an event. Even if it's the mummy, like I was still like, man, maybe he could make this something good. Maybe Tom Cruise <laughs> could kick off the dark universe. No, of course he didn't. The dark universe was garbage. 
but there wasn't enough of him running. That's the that that was the flaw. But he's been doing it for years. <laughs> yeah, he needed more running in the mummy. <laughs> but he's been doing it for years. He's like this guy that just like it, like his movies are still kind of like a big huge event. And we saw that for the longest time with like actors like Will Smith. But I feel I feel like Will Smith has kind of dropped in quality for some people. Hoping Bad Boys Three brings brings him back up, but. I feel like Will Smith has been chasing the fucking Oscar for too long, right? Yes. And I think that Bagger Vance and all the other stuff. Come on. I I thank God. Like, you know, I wish that the Suicide Squad would have been better. Um, But uh, thank God, like, you know, he's going to do Bad Boys 3. Um, I I just want to see like Will Smith. I want to see like fucking Independence Day Will Smith make a resurgence, you know? And and, yeah, and yeah. we we haven't gotten that. I feel like Will Smith has just been chasing that Oscar for so long. He did the what was the uh, concussion movie that he came out with, and then it was called Concussion, I believe. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then, <laughs> 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 what was that concussion bit? Oh, concussion, Brian. Uh, but I think I think I'm suffering from a concussion. Um, but uh, man. Fuck it, Tom Cruise is a lunatic, but my God, just did you watch that last Mission Impossible movie, Steve? Yeah, I fucking love that. Jesus, movie. That movie, oh my God, I could not believe how good that movie was. I it I put that movie in a very very high rank. Yeah, I I, th- uh, I, I think the movies just keep getting better. Like, dude, I I want to see Christopher McQuarrie direct the next one. Like I don't want yes. him, I don't want them to leave the franchise. I understand that like they've had different directors for each movie except for the last two. I kind of want Christopher McQuarrie to do another movie with Tom Cruise. They, they, I, I know they're doing another movie. I think isn't Christopher McQuarrie doing? Isn't didn't he rewrite the script for Maverick or did the, like a script touch up for yeah, Maverick? He's, he's somewhat involved in Top Gun too, yeah, I believe, in some yeah. capacity. Yeah, so. that's good. Fuck. Oh my god. Tom, you're a nut. You're a fucking nutbag, Tom. Top Cruise. Uh, uh, that's so awesome. Fucking <laughs> Top Cruise. He is a fucking nutbag. Miles Teller's gonna be in this thing, right? He's playing Goose's yeah. son. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what, what, like what, oh come on. Whip. He's a good he's a good fit for that come universe. He's he's a cocky flyboy type of dude. Come on, whiplash. Come on. Okay, yes, Whiplash, yes. Everything else I've really ever seen him in is just kind of, eh. All right, uh, The Spectacular <laughs> Now. Come on. Uh, okay, okay, you got me. All right, okay, hold on, hold on. Fantastic Four. Come on. No, I'm kidding. That was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute garbage. Yeah, I mean, he totally saved it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> For being good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. When he went down to South America... It was just an incredible scene when he was. What was that movie? Was just insane. Fantastic Four, the Trank oh, film, completely insane. Just absolute insanity going on in that movie. I need to revisit that fucking thing. That needs yeah, to be great. Was, I was serving in a movie theater when that movie came out, and I remember it being so dead on like a seven o'clock dinner time <laughs> showing that I sat in and watched the movie with like four or five other people who were who were guests in the theater, and I got up like. 40 minutes in and I was just like I can't even do it I'm I'm gonna go and sit in the back <laughs> oh my god yeah it, it didn't even get, it didn't get a 3D release it, I don't even think it I don't think it got a 3D release it didn't get an IMAX release no I remember seeing it just in a regular box theater yeah 
Yeah, same here. God, it was fucking terrible. All right. <laughs> Let's, uh, what are we doing? You guys want to take a break or do you want to move into Marvel News? You let Ooh, me I would know. love to take a break. I got to use the restroom. When don't you want to take a break, Jake? <laughs> I, I, I think I've been better. There is, no, I know. Plus episodes. There is, there's, you know, I listened to, I, I wanted, I was curious. I always get curious with you. So I, I know you're doing the Hearthstone podcast. And so yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I don't know anything about Hearthstone. You guys are talking about Hearthstone, and I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I, I don't know what Hearthstone is. I have no fucking clue what it is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you people are doing, what you're doing on your phones playing this shit. I have no fucking idea. So I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen. I, I just want to listen to this. And it wasn't like I was listening because like, oh, I'm gonna see how bad this podcast is. No, I, it was like I was just curious as to like what Hearthstone is and like what you guys are talking about, Jake. You are a good host. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Did you a, listen to our most current episode with no. Sean? Oh, the most current. Oh. Yeah, with uh, with Josh. Yeah, that's the one. I, I. It's not like I went through your back catalog and said, "Oh, I'm." I just listened to the most recent one. I, dude. If I was a Hearthstone fan, I would be all over this shit. I would be like, I would be all over it, like Tom Cruise in a stunt. I would be all over it. I would like, I gotta, I gotta, you know, soak it all up. Hearthstone, 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 because like I'm a fan of you and all this shit. So I would listen. I don't know shit about Hearthstone, so I'm, I'm listening to you guys talk about Hearthstone. But God, yeah, you're energetic and you're just, you're just uh, very, you're very engaging yeah I was really honestly I, I'm not going to lie that was the first episode when we finished that I really really felt good about and like you know kind of being the ringmaster of that one I, I was yeah. very happy after that one ended it's hard so I, I appreciate that no you're doing a great job you, if people aren't uh, if you play Hearthstone and you want to listen to a Hearthstone podcast from, with, uh, with by voices that you trust uh, listen to Jake on 40 Dust so yeah, it's the number yeah. forty. It's not the word forty. Four zero D U S T, and that is Jake talking about Hearthstone. I still don't know what the fuck it is, Jake. I listened to like maybe like twenty thirty minutes of that shit, and I was just like, these guys are uh, throwing out words. I don't know what they're talking about. Talking about yeah, it's very true. Don't come at us not knowing what Hearthstone is. You you pretty much have to already be an established <laughs> fan of the game. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know what Hearthstone is. Um, we our very first episode is kind of the uh, bridge for people that have no idea what the game is, where we talk in very layman terms about it. So right. if you do want that kind of info, just check out our first episode, and you'll know whether or not you give a shit about this topic. Very, Jake, very energetic. I was like, man, and you know, I used to give you shit for like the wrestling jabronis and like you coming on here and not having like the energy level. I'm like, but he's hosting. He's got to have an energy level. That's what you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just kind of an extra burden. I definitely make sure I drink a Red Bull before any time I do a 40 <laughs> test episode. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fun. I thought yeah. Josh was great, too. I really yeah. enjoyed having him on. Yeah. Um, we're going to, for the next couple of weeks, I believe we're going to try to have a bit of a rotating guest schedule with a new card announcement. So, it should be fun. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, check out 40 Dust if you're a Hearthstone fan. Like, what do you, how, how, many, how many of our listeners do you think are uh, playing Hearthstone? Uh, I would say 0.6%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you got better numbers than that. And maybe, maybe. And there might be some silent people out there. Uh, we we're definitely we definitely do some magic talk, too. So if that's your thing, um, yeah, check us out. Wait, what do, you, what do you think about this episode? Is it pretty crappy? Um, yeah, I've downgraded from okay to... <laughs> I wasn't at pretty crappy yet. I was just at regular vanilla crappy. I don't know, man. 
Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what people, why people listen. Yeah, when you're bringing up Hearthstone, we, we've definitely delved into... I know. I was trying to be nice and compliment you. You know, I appreciate it. No, it's I'm just making a joke. You know, it's like every once in a while when you wear a pretty spring dress, you want to hear about your pretty spring dress. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like you got all dolled up and shit. You know, and then you don't. Yeah, and then you get all dolled up. And what's what? What's he doing? He's playing Red Redemption two. Huh? <laughs> he doesn't even look. He doesn't even look at you. He doesn't even look at you. You know what you've done? You've got you 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 got the vase. You've got the flowers in there. You got a you you can smell the fucking pot roast cooking, can't you? You can smell it. She made it for you. But what are you doing? You're fucking shooting other cowboys. You're just you're walking around. You're fucking you're, you're going to saloons. You're drinking. You're hanging out. You're playing your Red Redemption too. She's wearing her spring dress, and she's she's got. You can smell the pot roast in the air. She's got flowers in the goddamn vase, Jake. Do you look in her direction? Do you tell her thank you? You're beautiful, honey. Do you pause the game? No. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you're out on some quest. You're out on some quest. You're shooting. You're in a fucking whorehouse, and you've got pussy right in front of you, just begging to be plugged. And what are you doing? You're you're not complimenting. She's not wearing panties. (laughs) No, you're folding video poker hands. Exactly. (laughs) You're playing video poker in Red Redemption 2. I'm getting a little too excited over this. Two things that I don't even care about. I don't care about your relationship with your woman, and I don't care about Red Redemption too. But you know, I, I, <laughs> I was curious what the second thing was besides Red Dead Redemption Two. That was good. <laughs> yeah, I don't oh, care. That was fantastic, dude. I'm not Doctor Phil. I don't care if your relationship makes it or fails. No, it's not. It's not. No, I do. If you're. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded really harsh. No, I don't. I don't want people to be in pain. I don't want people. If your relationship is, but don't come to me. I am not. I am not a good source for advice when it comes to that kind of stuff because yeah, <laughs> anything I touch turns into fucking. It's like Thanos. I I might as well just snap my goddamn fingers because it's gone. <laughs> You're like relationship Thanos. I am relationship. Like I have the uh, the single stone. Like that's the. That's my stone. Like I snap my fingers, and I, now I'm single. Like all my all my relationships just turn into ash. <laughs> Tom Cruise might share that stone with you. Oh my! You know, speaking of stones, what the fuck is up with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow sticking them up her vagina or having women? You guys, have you heard about that with the goop stuff? Yeah, is that still something that she's talking about? Is that still a thing? Uh, goop is still a company, and. and, and oh. But uh, she, they had to take that stone off the market, the one that they were telling women to shove into their vaginas that was going to like – what did it do? What did it do? What did, was it supposed to like uh, – I thought it was just aesthetic. It was supposed to look pretty. I, I thought it was supposed to serve some sort of a purpose, Jake, not look pretty. <laughs> you could be right. I don't – how How is that pretty? Oh, my God. I love that fucking piece of granite in your vagina. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's super weird. Oh, like. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, I don't know. It's, that is weird. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, what the fuck? I can't, like, that's just, like, I'm. this is yeah. the first I'm hearing about it. And, like, that's, 
That's probably weirder than hearing about like Kate Blanchett with the the foreskins on her face. She, uh, she yeah, it was so bizarre. Like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow on Goop was selling rocks that she would tell women to put into their vaginas for some reason. Ladies, if you're gonna put a rock in your vagina, make it Dwayne Johnson. Don't put an actual rock <laughs> in your vagina. Apparently, these rocks improve your sex life and balance your menstrual cycle. No, no, it's gonna give you toxic shock and you're gonna die. <laughs> All right. Jeez. What the fuck? And they're, they're eggs, supposedly an ancient guarded secret of Chinese royalty used by queens and concubines. They yeah. harness the power to cleanse and clear, making them ideal for detox, too. The article claims putting the jade egg into your vagina for hours at a time could improve your sex life, balance your menstrual cycle, and intensify feminine energy, among other things. Alexa. <laughs> oh, I unplugged her. <laughs> I was going to ask her if she had uh, ever put Customers a- who bought jade eggs between January 12th and August 31th are eligible for a full refund yeah. because of the lawsuit. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. They're not allowed to make certain health claims about the eggs anymore, but they can still be sold. That's terrible. It's it's all it's snake oil. It's snake oil for women. Like uh, you know, like there was a they came out with like these chi necklaces for people like uh, you would put uh, these necklaces on and they would balance your chi. And so like you'd go into, you know, these shops that were selling these chi necklaces. With, and so, you know, they, they would be like, OK, I want you to stand on one foot and, and I'm or, or uh, stick out your hand and I'm going to push down on your hand. And uh, and and they, they you know they they're able to push down on it really easily. And now I I want you to wear the necklace and do it again. And it's harder for them to push down on your hand or whatever. And it's like it, that's all muscle memory. Anytime you do one thing the first time, you're not going to be good at it. It's always like the second time you're more prepared and you've got muscle memory. So all these tests that they were putting you through for like these fucking like necklaces that were supposed to balance your chi. Which come on, what are we Iron Fist now? Fuck off. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Now, so this is like basically like snake oil, fucking like chi balancing uh, that Gwyneth Paltrow is telling women to do, sticking rocks in their pussies. That's basically yeah. that's okay. At the end of the day, you were do you were not doing anything for your sex life at all. Nothing was helping your sex life. Nothing was doing anything. At the end of the day, what these women were doing were sticking rocks in their vagina. That's it. Jake, end of story. That's it. There was nothing else that they were doing. They were sticking a rock in their pussy. That's all. There was no benefit. It's like, you know, that's it. Like, like Doogie Hauser at the end of the episode just basically writes their story, and it's like, yeah, they just stuck a rock in their pussy. That's all you see on his little fucking, like, computer monitor. There was nothing else. There's no deeper story there. God, I thought charcoal toothpaste was bizarre. Char- yeah, that's charcoal yeah. toothpaste. Yeah, it's like black toothpaste that, like, it's made with charcoal and it's supposed to whiten your teeth or some bullshit. I don't know. Charcoal they were advertising is, it a bunch, like, a year ago. That's when you fucking, like, uh, when you when you, when you you have alcohol poisoning, like, they, they feed you fucking charcoal. That soaks up the alcohol. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Like, yeah, I just, I, I remember, like, a year ago, I'd scroll through Instagram and you'd see some chick, like, rubbing some black shit on her teeth. And it's like, buy this toothpaste for forty nine ninety nine, And, like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just. And while you're at it, shove this rock in your it. pussy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Jeez. I, mean, I don't know. This episode this episode's still garbage, Jake. Yeah, yeah, we didn't save it. Mm-mm. All right, let me pee, though. <laughs> All right, you can go pee right now if you want to. Can I listen? Right, sweet. Uh, I was going to hit mute. Uh, no, it's all right. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with uh, Marvel News. Holly Quinn, pleased to meet you. You're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. So head over to popcultureleftovers.com and click on comic books, where they have a comic book locator. There you can find the nearest comic book shop in your area. You can also see what new comic books are on shelves right now. If you don't have a shop near you, just click on the link for Things from Another World on the front page of the site. At TFAW.com, you can set up a poll list to have your comic books shipped to you monthly. They also sell figures, statues, and a ton of other really cool shit. But you gotta click the link through the site to help the show. That's PopCultureLeftovers.com. You got that, Puddin? I swear I feel like I have to tell you guys everything. It's a wonder you can wipe your own asses. Anyway, I gotta go. I think I hear Mr. J. All right. Hey, we are back. It is now time for Marvel News. Marvel news. Uh, Marvel news this week. I got some stuff here, and like the first thing that I want to talk about is uh, Venom is blowing the fuck up in China. That's crazy. I actually just read an article that said uh, Venom's worldwide total has now just surpassed Justice League. Uh, that's yeah. not the most bizarre shit you've ever heard. Yeah, it's uh, it's not only past Justice League, but uh, $650 million worldwide. It outgrosses Solo, A Star Wars Story, easily, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Holy shit. So wow. it's uh, the most profitable um, Sony film other than uh, prior Spider-Man movies. This is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I never would have... Uh guess that to be the case it earned 34.2 million dollars on its first day in china and it's headed for a 95 million dollar friday through sunday opening um on top of the 34.2 so uh this is uh the strongest opening ever for a solo superhero film in china and it's also the second biggest for any superhero movie after Avengers Infinity War. It's ahead of uh, Captain America Civil War in China, Avengers Age of Ultron, Transformers Age of Extinction, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Black Panther. (laughs) It beat all of them. Venom, guys. Yeah, I... Spider-Man list Venom is the second biggest, uh, the biggest solo superhero movie opening in China, that's that's incredible. Well, it, I don't think anyone would predict that. No, it was. Well, it, no, it, it, you never know what's going to play over in China. Like we can never kind of like predict. You know, uh, American audiences are different than uh, Chinese audiences. We can never kind of predict like what how a film's going to do over there. Sony has to just be like loving this. Like it, it, definitely, they're greenlighting the sequel right now as we speak. Like this is it's going to happen. Oh yeah, they they have to make a sequel to this. I 
I feel like that has the potential to be really bad, though, right? I doubt they had much, like, pre-planning in that idea, right? I think all their eggs were in this basket of just trying to do the best they could with this. I don't think they'd have have really created their shared universe too much in their head yet other oh, than the I, fact that they know they want Carnage and Woody Harrelson. Yeah, that's, I think that's like kind of like where they're going with the next one. But I, I think like it, you know, as, as much as like audiences responded to the relationship between Eddie and Venom, I, I think that's kind of like where they're going to take it. Like they're going to take the feedback that they got from this first one, like what people loved about it and like why it was so, so successful. And they just kind of like run with it. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know how the second movie is going to be, but fuck man. It's, it's, I don't I never in, the, in a million years thought it would have performed like this. This is crazy. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. Venom being, this big of a hit is is something I, I did not see coming. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I never thought this movie would see a sequel ever. Yeah, before uh, it came out, I thought it was one and done. And so, like now, they're like all gung ho on like this whole s- new universe. We're getting a Morbius movie. Might get a Craven movie. Uh, you know, we still might get the Silver and Black thing. Who who the fuck? No, this is nuts. This is fucking nuts. I saw an article saying like Venom success uh, basically kind of like uh, axes uh, Disney's hope of ever purchasing Spider-Man again. So it feels like Sony will definitely hold on to Spider-Man. I just hope that going forward, the relationship is still there and that uh, Sony will do the right thing and continue to keep uh, Spider-Man in the MCU. That's where he's best. Yeah, I've seen a lot of of talk about that now. Now that Venom's as big of a hit as it is, is does Sony even need that relationship with Marvel as much as Marvel needs that relationship with Sony? And yeah, man, I agree with you, Brian. I think the, the answer is yes. Well, I, think about it. Think about it. Okay. Be- before it was, it was like, okay, Spider-Man doesn't work by himself. And, and like, yeah, it didn't like it, it did. It did when it did with Raimi, it did until it didn't until like that new car smell wore off. And then we got like the Andrew Garfield films, we got to the second one, and it was just like, you know. And so, yeah, even when it didn't work with Raimi, even then it was like studio manipulation and like trying to dip their hands in too much. I think that messed the whole thing up, right? I think, ironically, it was um, Venom that kind of screwed the pooch there, right? It was Sony's, you know, insistment that insisting that Venom be part of the story when he never really was supposed to be. I mean, you got a solo story with a character that's just like part of the spider-man universe and it blows up the way that it did they see that the not only is the spider-man franchise profitable but like selling off spider-man they would also sell off like their other characters you know it's not like they're just gonna get spider-man and like venom's gonna stay with sony no it would be like a package deal you know when you get spider-man you also get venom you also get you know Silver and black, you know, black sable and black cat, you know, uh, silver sable Morbius. and black cat. You get Morbius, you get all these characters. And so, like, now it's like Sony's like, okay, we've got these characters. We're actually starting to build something here, you know, and we're going to do Craven. So, like, you would lose all that. So, like, I think that they're definitely, they, they think that they have something here worth exploring. So, I just hope that they, you know, like, Sony can still continue to do deals 
with like this deal with Marvel where they where, where we get to see Spider-Man be a part of this universe because like I do think that's where he works best like and I don't know like is this like a, a lightning only strikes once kind of like scenario with Venom like is the sequel really going to do what the first one did I don't know dude because Jake typically sequels not all the time but typically sequels do do better in in the super uh superhero universe a lot of times the sequels do do better yeah i I agree with that it's like once you've get the origin out of the way you can you know do a lot more fun stuff but that really wasn't what was going on in venom one right it wasn't like it was this like super heavy-handed origin movie by any means it was it was it was this character's origin with Venom. I mean, it was an origin story. It's it, just not it the tradition. It included an origin, but it yeah. didn't feel like you're... It, it, it had a lot of, like, sequel properties to me in just the way its plot was during the second half, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I want to go back to, like, what you were talking about, which is, you know, Marvel needing Spider-Man and how, how good that would... Like, just imagine how disheartening it's going to be if the deal ends up ending. And, yeah. like, there's just... And no explanation disappearance of Spider-Man from the MCU at one point in the future and just how annoying and sad that will make me feel as a viewer and fan. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, that we have the very much potential of that happening right sure. in the next five years or less, especially like let's say fucking Morbius comes out with Jared Leto mm-hmm. and breaks the fucking bank and then Silver Sable breaks the fucking bank and they're, they're not going to fuck around with this shit anymore. And I don't think they're going to like... I don't know what they're going to do in the MCU if all of a sudden Sony decides to not play friendly and pull. I doubt they're going to let them like plot it out within the movies why Spider-Man isn't there anymore. It's just going to not be there anymore. Well, so, they'll, they'll, man, I hope they can figure something out. If Iron Man, if Tony does die, then they'll use Tony's absence from this universe also as Spider-Man's absence, like him walking away from the universe. Like, cause that's really like that's the relationship that they've kind of formed is you know spider-man with those characters like spider-man is you know uh, he's got a relationship with tony he's got a relationship with happy hogan on that side and so if tony is out of that universe that leaves an easy exit for spider-man at that point yeah that's true but that that only serves the mcu storyline right sony's not going to stop so you're just going to have to pretend one thing happened here and one thing's happening there right that's going to be really weird no, it, like I, 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 yeah, I, I just think that like once you know they'll finish Spider-Man's story in an MCU film, and then once he goes to the Sony side of everything, fully Sony that universe. If this does happen hypothetically, then all that other stuff that happened doesn't need to be mentioned, but it did happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it makes sense. It'll be easier on Sony's side to keep up that that charade than it will be for for marvel though i think and that'll be kind of sad so yeah we'll see what happens i don't know man that uh i i hope that they continue like if they want to bring in a spider-man because dude they said that spider-man is going to be a part of that craven story they said that they said the director i think the director or somebody said like uh uh, that uh, spider-man uh will be face to face with craven in that there's a yeah, quote that, that I, mean, I read. That makes even less sense than Venom. Uh, well, I don't even know. It, both of them seemed very crazy on paper, but I am glad to hear that they plan to have Spider-Man be a part of that Craven story. Because yeah. I mean, that that's just 
it, it would seem very weird to have Craven's biggest hunt not be anything other than Spider-Man. Well, we don't we don't know if it's going to be Craven's you know last time. I mean, that's the thing. It's like this movie is a, just a, it's a Craven movie. It doesn't necessarily have to be Craven's last hunt. This could just be a. Well, cra- I wasn't I wasn't referencing the storyline. I, I actually on the nose meant spider-man as his biggest haunt sure no no i'm not saying do a adaptation of the last haunt story well that's what we all want well yeah but not in movie one no 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 not in movie one so i think that's like what they would lead up to you know so like if he's face to face with spider-man that doesn't mean that he's face to face in like the real world now does it does it mean like at the end of that movie we could get like a post-credit scene of him looking at a screen and seeing Spider-Man and saying like that's going to be my that's going to be my next challenge that's what I want to take down. Yeah, that'd be a really cool end scene and very appropriate because like, that's very much how it is in the comic, right? He like just basically sees him on the TV and right. is like, "Oh man, I'm I'm going to hunt that." Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. I Oh man, I don't know. How how do you how would you want the Craven movie to go? Would you want it to go with just him like going around hunting shit and then like I honestly how I, I feel I, like it's a weird question. Mm-hmm. How, I don't how, really want a Craven movie is the thing, right? Like I do, sure. I do want if we're doing Craven, I do just want a Spider-Man build movie and Craven to be the main villain in it. But I mean if you're for like if you're forcing me to yeah. have a Spider-Man less Craven movie first. I don't even know to begin how I would want. This it. is how I would do it. Here we go. Here's your Craven origin story. You've got this guy, and he's actually like a sweet, endearing, not a sweet, ende- I don't know. I don't know how to say this. You've got a guy, and he's basically forced into to, into a situation where it's like Craven is being hunted. So it's kind of like surviving the game, and you've got a bunch of people hunting after Craven. He then becomes the hunted, becomes the hunter, and he starts to hunt them and kill them in this survival mode. And then he actually starts to get the taste for it. And then going into the second movie, that's when he's going after Spider-Man. So I feel, I, I feel, I feel like instead of making like Craven the hunter in the first one, just to give us a, like a new origin story for that character he's like thrown into kind of like this surviving the game kind of scenario where he's the, actually the one being hunted, but he flips it on him and he starts hunting them. I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, that, that could be very interesting. I think much like Venom for a Craven movie to work, you got to find an actor that's going to be willing to throw himself all in into the role. Everybody, regardless yeah. of how unwell received it could be. Aaron, when Aaron was on from Nerd Porn, uh, excuse me, Nerds, the podcast, uh, yeah, <laughs> Nerd Porn, uh, formerly known as Nerd Porn, now Nerds, he said uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So, and I, you know, a lot of people, I like that suggestion too. Yeah. I just don't know if he's a big enough name. I want to cast Adam Driver as Craven. Ooh, Adam Driver, our Kylo Ren as Craven. I think he could really look the look with a little bit of facial hair and yeah. definitely be that menacing character. He definitely has the prowess for it, I think. And I think he's a big enough name. I actually think that would be really good casting. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Um, Deadpool 3. News, the Deadpool PG-13 cut. Uh, this news came from Deadline. It's going to be called Once Upon a Deadpool. It's going to be a limited engagement that begins on December 12th and then concludes on Christmas Eve. Uh, for every ticket sold, $1 will go to uh, the Fuck 
cancer campaign, but because this movie is PG-13, they're temporarily going to rename the Foundation Fudge Cancer uh, to tie in to this. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they have cast... Um, uh, what's his name? Fred Savage. Fred Savage. Yeah, from the Wonder Years to to be in this film. And, um, yeah, Reynolds told Deadline on Monday, Fox has been asking for a PG-13 basically since the start in 2006. I've said no since 2006. Now, this one time, I said yes on two conditions. First, a portion of the proceeds had to go to charity. Second, I wanted to kidnap Fred Savage. The second condition took some explaining. Um, Savage of Wonder Years fame co-stars with Reynolds in the framing sequence for Once Upon a Deadpool, which hijacks its bedtime story setup from The Princess Bride, the 1987 classic that also famously featured Savage as a child actor. In eight scenes were filmed that will be used as interstitial additions to the existing sequel's footage. The running time of Once Upon a Deadpool is about three minutes shorter than Deadpool 2, but Fox declined to be more specific about the new footage duration. Um, so, uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, they hatched this idea of using the Princess Bride motif, and Reynolds made the call to Fox to pitch the idea, who eagerly embraced the notion as a way to test the flagship franchise in PG-13 waters. So... Um, That's really interesting. I the big takeaway for me was the math there. How, how many new scenes did you say? Six, eight, eight, eight new scenes, and then it's still with all the um, R-rated PG thirteen cuts still clocking in at two minutes under. Right, so Three. that's pretty crazy. That means there's a lot of stuff removed. Yeah, for eight new scenes to be added, and it's still to be two minutes shorter. I mean, that that's crazy. Yeah, it'll be probably like eight scenes of you know some of those scenes will probably be like the bedtime you know the bedtime storytelling scenes, and yeah, and I think they're going to do it really smart, right? Like we the Deadpool style, I think they're going to probably replace a lot of the more R rated material with like these Fred Savage Deadpool scenes, and they'll not only replace them with those scenes, but they'll kind of narrate those scenes in a PG-13 way, right? Yeah. It feels like they're going to go with comedy in that route. And that, that seems like it could be pretty funny. I think that Ryan Reynolds, as Deadpool, in this movie will reference that they can get away with one fuck. Because you, you, you can use the F word one time in a PG-13. It'd be great if he just got it out really early in this. Yeah, I think that's that's a good call. I think that's hilarious, too, because it's like, yay, bringing my kids to the safe Deadpool version. And then you're instantly bombarded with the fuck in the first five minutes. I think that's a a good gag. He's like, all right, I've used my one fuck for the PG-13 rating. (laughs) That's that's idea. Yeah, that's why in X-Men first class. Logan Wolverine, Wolverine was able it, yeah. to say fuck off to to Charles and Man- and Magneto. And that was still a PG-13 movie. Yeah, I believe they also repeated the gag in uh, Days of Future Past. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Days of Future Past used it, I believe. So, they um, did it in Venom. Did they say fuck in Venom? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, it's um it's I think it's at the end when um Tom Hardy and Venom are talking to one another and they're watching um, Riot and they're like talking about like what are the chances of us taking him down if we go after him and he's like well none and then Tom Hardy inside of Venom you don't actually see him you hear him go fuck it 
hmm. and then they go. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah, I caught. <laughs> I, I I only he saw it once, and I thought that's what I heard him say. Hmm. hmm. Seems like they kind of wasted their their fuck in that movie. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I like. I still was one of those moments where when I heard it, it was like, "Huh? Did I hear that right?" And like, I looked at my buddy, and he was like, "Yeah, I heard it too." Hmm. Yeah. Um. Oh fuck! I I can't remember what I was gonna say. It probably wasn't important anyway. So let's move on to different news. Yeah, but I I don't know. I'm looking forward to see. Oh, I was just gonna say. I hope that like we do get the kidnapping scene. I hope that they 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 show. Deadpool kidnapping Fred Savage. I hope it's Fred Savage that he's kidnapping, not the character from, you know, uh, uh, Princess Bride. I hope he's cat- kidnapping Fred Savage. He's obsessed with the Princess Bride, and he wants to recreate that scene. And I hope it's really creepy. I hope that the uh, the when he kidnaps him, he puts him in the trunk of the taxi, and we got what's the character's name? Oh, um, oh Pinder. Fuck. Pinder, Dupinder. Dupinder, yeah. yeah. I hope Dupinder is like the getaway, you know, driver as they kidnap Fred Savage off the set of whatever Fred Savage is working on. So, yeah. I do believe they even are, have already shown Fred Savage right in the first official poster for this. Well, yeah, the, the original, um, the original announcement of this was a picture of Deadpool with a Santa Claus hat sitting bedside in like a recreated. You know, childhood uh, uh, that character's childhood bedroom from the Princess Bride, and Fred Savage as an adult in the bed, and then they have now the official poster that came out, and it's uh, instead of Deadpool like on a unicorn that we've seen him on, he's on a reindeer with its like legs straight up in the air, and he's wearing, you know, and he's got Fred Savage on the on the reindeer with him, so yeah pretty funny how limited is this release brian do you know is it like a week they, well oh they they said it starts on uh, december 12th and then ends new year's eve okay so a couple weeks yeah so it makes That's sense interesting uh i'm gonna go check it out it, it sounds like it could be fun oh i'm definitely gonna check it out fuck yeah yeah fred savage and ryan reynolds it's gonna be a blast i can't wait yeah they're gonna make a ton of money Avengers 4 news from THR. Co-director Joe Russo revealed the film is Marvel Studios' longest ever, though the length could change. So the movie hasn't been locked yet. They don't know the exact time. Um, however, Marvel's heroes defeat... However, Marvel heroes defeat Thanos in next year's follow-up to Avengers Infinity War. It's not going to happen quickly. In a recent live-streamed Q&A, director Joe Russo said Avengers 4 is the longest Marvel Cinematic Universe movie yet, at least as it currently stands quote the running time on avengers 4 is currently sitting at three hours we'll see if that holds so the film is it's not locked yet uh infinity war was two hours and 40 minutes so this would be if if it stays where it's at right now it'll be at 20 20 minutes longer than the last film there's still it's not locked yet they're still working on the vfx for this movie um there are three thousand vfx shots in this film and in the previous avengers infinity war there was 2600 so there's even more vfx shots in this so they're still working on the vfx um you know they're going to figure out like what they're going to keep in what they're going to take out so uh, guys, I don't know about you, but I thought the pacing was so well in Avengers Infinity War that two hours and 40 minutes 
seem to fly by. Every time I watch the movie, it seems to get shorter and shorter and shorter. So three hours for Avengers 4, I'm fine with it. I really am. I don't care. And I think a movie of this magnitude, I give me, yeah, I don't care. Three hours is fine. This movie, the pacing in the last one was so well done that I have no problem with this. Yeah, Yeah. I'm normal. I'm normal. Oh, go ahead, Steve. Uh, I was just gonna say they they really proved themselves with the first one that I I would I yeah I'm in give me three hours I'm cool with it yeah yeah I'm normally the guy on the podcast that complains about movies being too long but yeah I I, I can't even argue with you Brian it's like if I didn't know the runtime of Infinity War when I watched it and then you asked me to tell you how long the movie was when it was over yeah I don't even know if I would have thought it was over two hours like right. the, the pacing was just so good and it just moves so quickly um, so if Avengers 4 has that exact same time type of like captivating feel then yes I, I agree I, I'm fine with three hours too um, I think they should probably still try to trim that shit down though right hopefully that's with credits included I don't, three hours I really don't think it honestly it, I don't think it matters I really don't because like even if they get it down to two hours and 40 minutes just like the last one it's not like they're going to get an additional showing at the theaters they're not going to be able to screen it one more time i mean you'd have to get it under two and a half hours to even consider getting an additional screening in theaters to get more money but i think at the end of the day this movie's going to have legs everyone's going to watch it eventually even if they if the, even if there aren't additional screenings at theaters and i think even theaters might open up especially after the last one they might be like okay we're going to play it in IMAX we're also going to play it in uh 3D and then we're going to have last time we only had one standard showing in 2D fuck we're going to open up two this time so i think everybody's going to get a chance to see this and i I really don't think it matters how long this movie is yeah i I actually tend to agree with that and they've done a really neat trick here where they've made the second part of the movie feel like an even bigger event than the first part felt and it felt like a pretty goddamn big event then if 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 this is my last chance if this is my last time you got to understand like we're, we're we're dealing with all these Characters, they're even introducing more into this one. It feels like we're gonna get Hawkeye in this one, you know. So you know, and 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 uh, you know, we heard rumors of like you know Korg and Valkyrie and and other characters making appearances in this movie, and like we've got you know uh, Cassie Lang is gonna be a big part of this one, and so you know uh, Pepper Potts might be showing up as rescue shoving like rocks in her pussy like we like <laughs> so like, and if this is my last time with fucking Cap or Iron Man or Thor or whoever if it's my last time with them I want them to be able to you know if the Russo brothers feel like they have three strong hours and they can't cut anything out then I, if it has to be three hours, I am down to sit three hours in the movie theater and enjoy this because, God, at two hours and 40 minutes, it, Jake, you're right, man. It just didn't feel like that. Time flew. Pacing was great. There were no, like, there were no down times really in that movie, man. Yeah, exactly. Like we're already very privy to the runtime of movies, especially the big event ones before we see them. But, yeah, yeah. I would have had no idea. It, it was It was crazy. It just mm-hmm. flew by. Yeah, it did. 
time flies when you're having fun. Um, let's yeah, see you it. see why they came up with that uh, cliche. Yeah, which is why this episode feels like it's going on for an eternity. Just yeah, kidding. Yeah, dude, we've been here for like three days. <laughs> uh, last week, we uh, we speculated on Adventures 4 and like what could happen in that film. And uh, a lot of our talk that we talked about was the quantum realm. And first of all, I, I, I've got a quote here. Uh, from Kevin Feige about the quantum realm. But before I want to do some setup before I get to the quote. So, you know, we talked about it last week and I didn't pull up what the MCU wiki said from fandom.com. I've got it this week. And here's the exact quote that I tried to quote last week, but I probably failed miserably. The quote is the quantum realm. And this is from the official MCU wiki people. The quantum realm is an alternate dimension only accessible through magical energy mystical transportation using a sling ring or by tremendous subatomic shrinking caused by the pim particles in the quantum realm space and time are believed to be irrelevant that is a quote like i said from the mcu wiki so let me break that down the best way i can ant-man he got there the second way subatomic shrinking now a character like the first way, like the, the 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 mystical arts, mystical transportation, using a sling ring. A character like Wong can use the mystical arts to get there. Um, so it was also uh, confirmed that when the Ancient One sent Stephen Strange through the astral plane, that he did visit the quantum realm. So. Could Wong? I'm not saying this is going to happen. I don't think this is going to happen. I don't. But could Wong rescue Scott Lang in Avengers Four? It, it's possible. I'm, I'm not yeah, saying. I see. I see the potential for yes. that plot device. Yes. But I feel like Wong kind of already got his set piece in the first Avengers movie and won't get much cool stuff to do in the next one. Oh, I hope he comes back. But I, I, oh, I, I loved him too. I honestly think that Scott's going to use one of the the time vortexes that Janet Van Dyne talked about. I mean, she specifically yeah, why, why make that setup? Right. She specifically said, like, don't go into like a time vortex because you never know where you're going to end up. And it's kind of like out of your control and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I think that's that's how we'll get out. But the only reason I brought that up is like we do have Wong. Wong does have access to a sling ring and he could get to the quantum realm if he had to. Uh, something to think about. Second thing I wanted to point out is that in the quantum realm, according to this, space and time are believed to be irrelevant. So that means that it's probably the reason Scott was kind of like unaffected by the snap at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, he might not have been one of the people that went anyway, but he was in the quantum realm. And so... Even if he was part of like the the half of all living things being taken, because he was in the quantum realm, and because space and time are believed to be irrelevant, he was protected in the quantum realm. If that was like Thanos's plan, so um, that also means that if you do something in the quantum realm, even though that Thanos has like control over time and space, you could do things in the quantum realm unbeknownst to Thanos he would not be aware I believe like it's not like he would be privy to like things that are happening if he controls space and time he would not be privy to something 
that is happening in the quantum realm because those rules do not apply. And, and I, I understand that, like, you know, I don't know, because, like, the roosters, they did say that the gauntlet and the stones were damaged after the snap. They did come out and say that. So, like, I don't know how much power Thanos has now with, with a damaged gauntlet. But if he does still have control over space and time, anything that happens in the quantum realm concerning space and time, I don't think he has any knowledge of. It's kind of like a back door that he's not aware of. Yeah, I can get down with that. It's it's basically like the safe zone against Thanos. Like you you have plot wise, you kind of have to have that with what you've established with Mm -hmm. how powerful the snap is and the gems in general. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, this this uh, this brings me to this point. There was an interview that came from Marvel Studios the first 10 years. Kevin Feige confirmed in that interview that the quantum realm is going to be a very important uh, a very important part of the MCU going forward. He said, quote, at the end of Ant-Man, we followed Scott Lang into the quantum realm for the first time. We were beginning to peel back the onion that would later be completely peeled back in Doctor Strange as we go into the multiverse. So that was our little test into that. But now the quantum realm is a whole other territory that we can play with to tell our stories. This quantum realm is much larger than we ever imagined. And there are all sorts of adventures to be had at that level, which perhaps we will explore in another film. So first off, there's a lot to unpack there. There is a lot to unpack there. Of course, you can make like the easy assumption that like this makes time travel possible for Avengers Four. Yeah, time and space, quantum realm, time vortexes. Janet Van Dan, Janet Van Dane talked about them. It makes time travel possible for you know in Avengers Four. But Jake, hold on here, man. Like, is he? Is he? Is he talking about Avengers 4? Because, like, this also... Listen to, listen to his quote here. At the end of Ant-Man, we followed Scott Lang into the quantum realm for the first time. We were beginning to peel back the onion that would later be completely peeled back in Doctor Strange as we go into the multiverse. Jake, this opens them up to... This opens all these characters up to other multiverses and new threats. So the quantum realm opens up multiverses. So when Disney finally seals the deal for Fox, could the quantum realm introduce X-Men, Fantastic Four, Galactus? Um, not, not only uh, uh, Kang, uh, Apocalypse, Doctor Doom. Multiverses, Jake, is the, is the quantum realm the key to the Fox universe? Yeah, I, I think you're really onto something. I, I was thinking smaller than that at first when you brought this up, just like you know other Marvel characters and smaller Marvel characters introducing. But yeah, this seems like a very like genuine way to uh, bring in all those characters. So who opens up? Does somebody do, do they open up the multiverse? And is is the uh, Miles Morales, for all we know. I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm throwing things out there. I, I 
Jake, this opens up so many possibilities. I just I don't see Kevin Feige using the word multiverse and that not being it's easy. It's easy to think, okay, yeah, the quantum realm is going to make time travel possible in Avengers four. Yeah, we're going to visit the quantum realm in Avengers four because we've got Scott Lang and we know that he's going to be a part of that movie. Uh, We also know that the quantum realm is going to be further explored in Captain Marvel because, you know, there was that interview with inverse.com months ago where you know they talked to that quantum physicist that's a, that they're using as a consultant for the Ant-Man film the original Ant-Man film and then he confirmed that he had worked on Captain Marvel as well yeah okay so uh, yeah quantum realm is going to be in Captain Marvel in some capacity but could he when he uses the word fucking multiverse dude that makes me think that they are going to be introducing new worlds which means new threats new characters I think that means the Fox stuff. I I think it means the Fox stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's got to be more than just like an ultimate universe or another like corner of the MCU we already know. It definitely seems like it's foreshadowing to introducing the other studio stuff. Yeah. Steve, any thoughts? Or have I completely lost you in the quantum realm? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, you were... You were definitely going pretty quick in the last last couple minutes there. Um, no, I, uh, I'm I'm glad that 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 they're getting to this point with the MCU that they're expanding this and that they're growing it outside of like what they've. It's always been so, sort of self-contained and on Earth, aside from like Guardians of the Galaxy and then, you know, the like Thor and everything. They, they you get you know otherworldly things there but it's always kind of been like a central to earth sort of thing i guess and i i I mean with this time travel and quantum realm thing i really like the idea of them bringing that into play because it allows a lot of different possibilities and i just i feel like this these movies have gotten so good over the years that like this is just the next step i guess yeah yeah, and, but I mean, what with what they're doing and getting involved with um, tying the quantum realm into uh, Captain Marvel, um, I I feel like that it makes sense, you know, for what we're getting in the next, you know, the next Avengers film. Mm-hmm. Jake, I feel like it all started off with like the quantum realm being kind of like a like a time travel device, but I think like now Kevin Feige is realizing like, yeah, this. Uh, this Fox deal is pretty fucking imminent. It's going to happen. And I think like the quantum realm is a, now he's thinking of it as like, yeah, it's going to, it was important before, but like, it's going to be really important when we start introducing silver surfer. I completely agree that the, the concept and the idea has definitely expanded since it was first created. It always was a big deal. Yeah. But now it's definitely like what they have to use to kind of bridge these concepts at this point. Oh, my God. Can you imagine a movie like see that's 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 what I think these post credit scenes are used for. Jake. I get it. Like you don't like the post credit scene. I totally get it. I love them. I'm a huge fan. It, it's, I think it's part of the Marvel MCU culture for me now is like sitting there in the theater and waiting for that post credit scene. It's part of the event for me at this point. And it's like, 
I, I kind of love it. I don't really care for post-credit scenes in other movies. Like when I get done with another movie, like I finished Overlord, you know that, and I was like, I was as it as it ended. Now I have to get on Google and I have to type in, "Does Overlord have a post-credit scene?" <laughs> and then I have to find out if it has a post-credit scene or if it doesn't. And I learned that it does not have a post-credit scene, so I was able to just get the fuck up and get out and go. So, but with Marvel movies, it's it's an event for me. It's part of the culture. It's part of like what they've been doing, and and I really look forward to, it. dude. A fucking post credit scene where like I'm introduced to like a Doctor Doom in this universe. Like they don't even Jake. They don't. They can they can introduce Doctor Doom the same way that they introduce Thanos by not even having an actor in the role yet because he wears a goddamn metal mask. Like they, you know, they can do yeah. that. We can get that Doctor Doom suit. We can see somebody, you know, uh, playing Doctor Doom and uh, just a stand-in, and we can get the tease of Doctor Doom uh, in, in a post-credit scene. I can't. I'm. I'm just thinking of the possibilities. I'm thinking of like, you know, even with like Silver Surfer, we don't even need to hear, you know, Norrin Rad's voice. We just. We can just see that iconic board and like, you know, like the silhouette of the fucking Silver Surfer on that board, dude. We don't have yeah. it. Jake, it doesn't so, even have to be like final concept. Yes. Ag- you, agreed. You, yeah. Because look, look at Thanos. Like, it look, like if you look at Thanos from like Avengers post credit scene to like, you know, Josh Brolin Thanos, they look different. Even the color of Thanos, you know, like the, the purple looks different. Yeah, yeah, the texture, the color, the costume. Yeah, none of that matters. You get the idea across of the character. Yeah. And, you know, Brian, I it's just kind of something that's grown. Like, I do, like, there are those, like, two, three Marvel post-credit sequences that I do appreciate, you know, and one of them being that Avengers 1 post-credit sequence. Sure. But even that one, yeah, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's not, the, like, the very, very, very in-credit thing, right? That's, like, the one that happens kind of right away. Uh, I'm trying to remember if it was uh, well because it's shawarma is at the very shawarma is at the very end so it's Thanos and then shawarma because like when they released it first in Europe you know like a week earlier they didn't get the shawarma scene it was at the premiere I believe in London where they actually filmed the shawarma scene Joss Whedon did that he pulled that together and then it was ready for American audiences like they did that really quick on the fly because like Chris Evans still had like the the um um, the what was that movie called? Uh, the train movie. Um, oh shit! It's gonna be a TV show too. I'm yeah. fucking brain farting. Oh my Fuck, God. man! Snow, Snowpiercer. Snow. Thank you, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer sounds like a porno with uh, snowmen, right? Yes. <laughs> like two snow, like like a snowman and a snowwoman, like doing some like kinky shit out in the woods. And Snowpiercer. All right, anyway, that's stupid, Brian. That's not even funny. Jesus, that's dumb. I, I don't know. I was like, ooh, you're going to get big laughs with that one. That was fucking lame. Anyway, um, so anyway, yes, yeah, Snowpiercer. He still had the Snowpiercer beard. That's why he was like covering his face with his hand in that shawarma scene. Yeah, that seems really funny if you go I love that knowing one. that that beard thing is going on. Yeah. But man, I, I love the shawarma scene. I thought it was funny. Like that landed for me. Like the ant playing the drums. Mm-hmm. That was dumb because, like, we had already seen that in the trailer. 
Yeah, yeah, that 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 is probably the worst post credit sequence in all of the Marvel movies. Well, that like, and how then, dare you show me something I've already seen? Yeah, waiting this long. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I get to see like the new ant playing the drums. Like, come on! And then oh, the other one that drove me nuts was the Iron Man three one when it was uh, Bruce Bruce and Tony with the therapy session. Yeah, I still rank number one the. Um, the Iron Man one, just knowing that there was going to be a greater Avengers. Connected oh world. yeah. When Nick Fury tells Tony that uh, about the, uh, the Avengers initiative, like I, Oh my God. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. Like and, I make fun of post credit yeah. sequences, but I was in the same boat as everyone. I'd say, that. I, I would nerd now. I would say, I would say the Thanos one for me is still number one. The Thanos one for me was still number one. The, then I would say that one, I'd say number three, was definitely Thor's when we got when we saw Mjolnir in the yeah, in the yeah, desert. That's, that's up there too. That fucking. Blew I, I'm me away. with you. I, I think yeah. one and two are like in a whole nother. My one and two were flip flop, but sure. they're real close to each other. Yeah, they're like, but they're in a, a whole nother tier over number three, which I don't even know what my number three would be. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. Power <sighs> ranking the post credit sequences. We'll get on that later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on into DC news. That's all I got for. Did you guys see? Did you guys read any Marvel stuff this week that you wanted to bring up? Because like I, that's all I got. Uh, I I don't know. I'll probably think of something five minutes later, but nothing on the tip of my tongue that you didn't bring up already. Gwyneth Paltrow having women putting rocks in their pussies. Yeah, the only- and then um, and then not doing that anymore. Yeah, you the can't. only thing that I've seen was two days ago they said that the Avengers four trailer might be farther off than we're expecting. Like, oh boy, we, we might not get it until uh, twenty nineteen. Yeah, I did see that the Russos. Even Kevin Kevin Feige said you're going to get get it before the end of the year, and then the, fucking Russos, they do this shit. They dr- they're dr- <laughs> the Russos are pissing me off. Now, now they're saying, oh yeah, you may get it by the end of the year, or you may get it next year. It's like, yeah. come on, you guys. During an Instagram Q and A. Yeah, you guys are pissing me off. You fucking Russos, just just teasing us. I love them. Don't get me wrong, but they're just cock teasing me at this point, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Definitely. this is a scenario where she walks in and she's wearing that little cute little spring dress. And now she and I am paying attention. Like Red Redemption 2 is like sitting on the shelf. You know, I've beaten it three or four times. And like now she comes in with the spring dress and now she's teasing me. Now she's like she's flipping it up. I, you got no panties on. I see it. That's the Russo brothers wearing a spring dress. That's what they're doing right now. Now I'm all in. I'm all in. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I am ready. I am ready to discharge my nutsack into that vagina. Okay, there, you you have not put a goop rock up there. There's nothing. There's no barricade. I can go right in there and I can do my thing. You were you were doing some things in that spring dress. You're driving me nuts, baby, and I want it. Re- Fuck red, red, beer, this is red, bad. red. I've forgotten the metaphor now. I don't even know where I'm going with this. I'm I'm actually just I'm I'm actually just kind of like turning myself on in in the moment here. No, <laughs> but that's what the Russo I brothers felt. That I was like I don't even remember what this what this is. Yeah, it's not even part. about you anymore, Jake. Be quiet. It's about me <laughs> no that's what the russo brothers are doing like they're teasing us at this point and part of it it's kind of pissing me off because i really want this trailer now i feel like we should have this trailer but they are so confident in this movie that they're like we don't have to release this trailer right now we're gonna let this i mean it is it, it this 
this is an event. Avengers Infinity War was huge. Now they know how feverish we are for this trailer. They can put a picture out on the set of Avengers Infinity War uh, part two or Avengers four, whatever you want to call it. They can just show us a set picture saying that pr- uh, that pr- principal photography is done and, and shooting is done. Filming is done. And, and, and then people are trying to like, Oh, that ladder is an a that, you know, that shadow there in that picture, that's an X and people are trying to figure out the title of the next movie. Yeah, they, that pile of rubble is from that building. Yeah. <laughs> they, they like they know that they've got us at this point. They know yeah, everyone's pretty feverish at this point. It doesn't matter if they could wait until the three month mark at this point. I'm not saying they're gonna do that. I'm saying they could. And we would still be feverish for this movie. And, and like when the trailer comes out, Jesus Christ, Jake, when that first trailer comes out, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine I, I wanna see what we're gonna see. It's going to give us just so much info, right? Did you see the the Reddit um, trailer description of the guy that said that he'd seen the trailer and gave the Reddit the, uh, the trailer description on Reddit? I saw the link to that, but I, all that always seems so bullshit to me. I didn't even bother. I I did. This is I guess this is potential spoilers because like, I, but I don't think it's true, people. Um, I did see it, and then also somebody took that trailer description and they animated it with computer graphics to make it like they took that trailer description and animated it so it would look like an actual kind of like trailer and like these are the events that played out. And in that trailer, like you see there's at one point in time like them like, you know, doing the whole time travel thing and you see like two or three characters on screen holding separate stones you see Loki in the trailer too, like looking like Loki from Avengers one dude. When it's the scene where they're holding the stones and I'm thinking to myself, you're giving too much away. This is bullshit. There's no way that they're going to show us characters holding stones in this movie. Um, and give that part of the story away. I don't think so, Jake. I, I understand that they did a lot of trailer deception with Avengers Infinity War. Like, we saw Thanos, like, you know, when he's doing his whole, like, thing with Cap at the end there. And he's like, you know, Cap is like, uh, you know, he, he, pushing the gauntlet away as Thanos is, like, trying to, you know, crush his hand. And and we, we only saw the one stone at that point in time. We only saw the power stone, I believe. Right. On Thanos' gone. Yes, yeah, yeah, they did. There was like three or four different manipulations, but yeah, one of them was not showing us correctly what was in Thanos' gauntlet. Yeah, at that point in time, Thanos had five of the six stones. I mean, when you watch the actual movie, but when you watch the actual trailer, I believe he only had one or two on the gauntlet. So there was definitely. So, I, but I don't like if I don't see them like revealing in the trailer that they're doing that they're stone hunting and they've got control of like three different stones because in the in the in this in this reddit trailer description that you can read and then on the animated one that adapted what this trailer description was you see three mcu heroes like tony and i think ant-man and another character holding individual stones that seems like too much to give away right yeah, I don't see how how that's any kind of of a manipulation either. Like, you know, what's the real thing right, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, my question about this is like how how are we 
I guess I guess Ant Man. We're expecting that he is going to be in Avengers Four, but uh, like I'm curious to know as to how he's going to get out of the quantum realm. Time because vortex. In that, that post credit scene, he was stuck. Time vortex. Okay. Janet Van Dyne at the post credit scene of Ant Man and the Wasp says to stay away from um, what were those uh, those bears? Like they're nasty. Those. Uh, like those uh, those water bears or whatever you call them so stay away from those and then she also says stay away from the time vortexes because you never know kind of like where you're going to end up and I think he's going to risk it and go into a time vortex okay that makes sense and the time vortex will take him it'll get him out of the quantum realm and it'll get him to a place uh somewhere in the MCU to where he can make a difference, you know? Mm-hmm. That's where I think it's going to happen. Because, like, there's been, you know, leaked pictures of, you know, on the set, and they're recreating the Battle of New York. Yeah. Yeah, that was that's one of the ones that they've had out, that's been out there for, like, the longest now, hasn't it? Well, yeah, and it's got Tony, though. It's got Ant-Man is there. I even saw one picture that had Sp- Spider-Man there. And I don't I think that that might be they might have had Tom Holland on the set that day to lead people off the scent cuz that doesn't make sense to me. That seems like tri- trickery right there. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like it seems too new for the greatest yeah. hits time travel stuff. Yeah. And then they did have um Tony uh Robert Downey Jr was on the set on that uh, on that scene and he's wearing the shield uniform and he's got more gray in his hair so it's an older tony that's visiting the past so i i don't think that the battle of new york will be the first place that ant-man goes to and i think that instead of collecting stones ant-man might be collecting heroes he might get back into his own time and be collecting heroes to go back into the past into the quantum realm i i think scott will get out somehow and he'll be, I agree that Battle of the New York won't be the first place. Don't I don't, want to, that'll yeah. be a big set piece in either yeah. the middle or near the end, I think. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see Loki in this film again. We, I, I, I 100% believe that, that we'll see Loki in this film again. Whether he comes back or not, alive, I don't know. But we will see Loki, and it'll be Tom Hiddleston doing his shit from Avengers 1. But it's going to be kind of cool to see like Ant-Man possibly fighting in that battle. So yeah, I agree. I'm excited to. Re- I- I'm excited for the time travel stuff. Uh, they've really earned it at this point, having so many movies under their belt, and yeah. some of the like Forrest Gump like effects they can do with having modern characters be in older old Marvel movies. I'm actually really excited for some of the trickery there. Yeah, let's move on into the DC news here real quick. I don't have a lot for DC news this week. Oh God, you're gonna do this shit again. <laughs> She's not gonna stop, guys. I gotta, re- I gotta stop. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, we gotta pause. All right, hey, we're back. It's time for DC news. Yeah, whatever. Um, I'm not playing the jingles because I don't want her to go on like repeat. She sounded like <laughs> we she, get the point. She sounded like she stuck a rock in her vagina. I know. I was saying it was very similar to the pod bean intro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Jeremy Irons, we we know he's been cast in HBO's Watchmen. Uh, Slash Films reporting that he's going to be playing Osmandius. 
Yeah, I just saw that. Um, it, we don't know that that's for sure, but I feel like you can probably assume that that is absolutely correct. It seems the proper casting there. Earlier reports said, though, that he was dead. Osmandius is dead. So it might be just flashback scenes that we get uh, Jeremy Irons for. Yeah, I, I very well expect flashback scenes in a show pinned by uh, Lindelof. Yeah, there were early set photographs featured. They featured newspaper headlines suggesting that uh, Adrian Veidt, the character playing uh, you know, the name of Osmandius, had recently died. So, uh, yeah, possible flashbacks for that character. We also found out Gene Smart from uh, Legion and Fargo and Designing Women, Jake. Oh, somebody's got an alarm going on. Sorry, that's that's my mistake. I set an alarm and I didn't have my thing muted. But yeah. I got pizza on the way, so I was just trying to be ready for it. <laughs> that scared the crap out of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Jake, yeah, alarms, the, alarms trigger me. I'm sorry. Jake is not Jake is not startled by jump scares. It's 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 iPhone alarms. Yeah. <laughs> scared Jake. I said, like, what am I forgetting? Fuck. Oh, God. Every yeah, if, if I run away here in a minute, that's just because I'm getting pizza. Every morning for you must be hell, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just switch sounds every morning, so I never get used to one thing, too. I, like, torture myself. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Jean Smart, she's going to be – who's she playing? She's going to be playing – she's been cast as a mysterious FBI agent – and let's see here. Uh, Sounds like she's going to be like one of our POV characters a little bit, like someone that we can like relate to the outlandish with. She is playing an FBI agent tasked with tracking down vigilantes, which makes sense in a world. This is from Slash Film, which makes sense in a world where superheroes have been outlawed. However, it's her character's name that should raise the eyebrows of Watchmen fans, Agent Blake. So if you guys remember, uh, Blake is the last name of the comedian. So this is what this is this is the this is the crazy theory that Slash Film has and I, I actually kinda like this. Uh Leighton Watchman, Lori, uh Silk Spectre, aka Silk Spectre, learns that Edward Blake was actually her secret biological father, a truth her mother kept hidden for decades. Is it possible that Gene Smart is playing Lori, now older? And following in her father's footsteps, even taking his last name. So could 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 Gene Smart be playing an older Silk Spectre? That I think it's I think that sounds definitely like what we're gonna get here. Wow, that could be really cool. I never thought about like flash forwards like that. Like seeing the characters in the future. Well, Osmandius is being played by Jeremy Irons for crying out loud. Yeah, that's true as well. Hmm. Lindelof is definitely doing some very interesting uh, strays from the source material, as we knew he would. Like, this is not an adaptation. Yeah. Um, well, it's a, it's an it's an adaptation. It's a, it's a future adaptation of the comic book, not the not the Snyder movie. Yeah, yeah, but it's like within the world of Watchmen, but not a not like a page by page adaptation of the story that that Moore told. Um, what I've understood. Let's see here, because. Let's see. Watchmen. This is from this is from Slash Film. Watchmen is being shepherded to the small screen by Damon Lindelof, who previously revealed that the series won't be an adaptation of the iconic. Oh, okay, uh, won't be an adaptation of the iconic comic, but a story set in the same universe decades yeah, that's later. What, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 So no, it's it's not based off the Snyder movie. It's ba- based off the the comic. So like. 
at the end of the comic, we uh, we got a different ending than we did in the actual film. Like they fought like a giant squid octopus monster at the end of that. So that's where it differed. And instead of like the missiles that got that were going to be sent set off at the end of the Watchmen movie. Um, so yeah, Jeremy Irons, Gene Smart. I mean, and then we've also got Regina King. Don Johnson, Tim Blake Nelson, and Louis Gossett Jr. in the series. So looking forward to this very much. Yeah, I'm super excited. I think I read somewhere that the same person in charge of music selection for The Leftovers got the job for this, and I, that made me excited, too. Well, yeah, I, that makes sense. I mean, hell, uh, Damon Lindelof is bringing Re- Regina King onto this, and she was a Leftovers you know, character. Yeah, yeah. So nice to see. Nice to see that even though Lindelof didn't get a bunch of fanfare and viewers with the leftovers, that he was still able to get such a high profile project to bring a bunch of the team onto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's move on to Star Wars news. Uh, huge. Oof, there wasn't much DC, huh? No, I mean uh, Aquaman runtime has been revealed. It's 143 minutes. So yeah, there I, you go. I'm excited for Aquaman. Right? I've heard lots of reports that it's like the most i hate to say this but like the most marvel movie of the yeah. dc movies yet people are saying yeah like that it very much has like a thor ragnarok feel to it yeah that's what i'm hearing too um the, you know the trailer for it today and when the movie theater i don't know why i felt like i was watching a marvel version of a trailer for like man of steel mm. like it just felt very reminiscent of man of steel with how the trailer played out hmm. like as far as the storyline goes with him as like a kid and it, it basically man of steel with more family than just his mom it, uh, it these like well i would say that like, like the shazam and the aquaman trailers just feel more marvel to me altogether yeah yeah that's that that is true um Let's see here. Star Wars news. Uh, huge news dropped on Thursday from StarWars.com. Cassie and Andor live action series announced. Uh, Diego Luna returns as the Rogue One hero in a spy thriller. Listen to that. Spy thriller for Disney's direct-to-consumer streaming service. So, yeah, we're getting uh, Bob Iger... Um, basically said uh going back to the star wars universe is very oh this is what diego luna said going back to the star wars universe is very special for me i have so many memories of the great work we did together and the relationships i made throughout the journey we have a fantastic adventure ahead of us and this exciting format will give us the chance to explore this character more deeply uh, the rousing spy thriller will explore tales filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to a galaxy in the grip of a ruthless empire. A release date for the series has not yet been announced. Stay tuned to StarWars.com for the latest updates. Jake, I don't know, man. Cassian Andor, we saw his character kind of change from like what he was at the beginning of that movie to the end of the movie at the beginning of the movie he's meeting a guy in the alley the guy gives him information and then he kills the guy and gets away so this is pre Cassian Andor from like that moment the cold hearted killer that we saw in that scene so dude I don't know yeah it's weird I agree that's the Cassian Andor that was more interesting to me I was like a little bit disappointed 
that we never saw more of that attitude of that character post the first 15 minutes of the movie. So this could be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to watch it. Looking forward to it. I loved Cassie and Andor. I'm not saying I don't want to see any more Cassie and Andor. But this wasn't the first, like, if you if you were to be, if you were to give me, like, hey, Brian, what are your top three Star Wars live action series that you want to see played out on Disney Plus? Uh, I wouldn't have, like, like <laughs> this would not have been in my top three, um, you know, but we'll see. I, yeah, well, I guess we'll see here what they, what they do with this. Uh, a spy thriller. So it, I think that's the big thing that we got to take away from this, Jake. It's a, it's a Star Wars spy thriller, and that's what we're going to get week to week is a Star Wars spy thriller here. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I hope I I take that kind of shit with a grain of salt, though, right? Like they called like Rogue One a heist movie too, and and well, that that also had so many different production problems, and you know the the director they kicked him off the project towards the end and replaced them they had a they you know like there were scenes that we that that were in the trailers that we didn't get in the movie hopefully this is a little bit more you know together and 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 they got their shit together on this one i i I, not saying i didn't love rogue one because i did but you know i I, I hope that they, they that they would stick to spy thriller. I, I I see what you're saying with like the heist thing because like it it really wasn't that. Yeah, yeah, I think sometimes they get a little bit in over their head with trying to uh, pigeon genre pigeonhole their stuff to sell it to the audience, and sometimes it's the same kind of thing we were talking about earlier with how they kind of fake you into some of these thrillers and then making them think they're horror movies. They try to like genre pigeonhole this stuff to get a little bit more broader viewership and. Yeah. Um, I worry that that may be the case here. You is, know, is this going to really don't have their way yet? Is it going to be a limited series, or is this going to be like here's we're on season five of Cassie and Andor? You know, I mean, or is this just going to be like a one and done series, kind of like the Marvel stuff where they give us eight episodes, six to eight episodes of a Loki series, six to eight episodes of a Bucky Winter Soldier, six to eight episodes of Scarlet Witch and Vision. Or, or is this going to be like we are on season three of Cassie and Andor's spy thriller Star Wars series? Yeah, yeah, that is exactly kind of where I'm coming from. Um, this this could be really fucking cool, though. I, I think um, I'm actually surprised that they got the actor and everything to do it. I I was kind of blown away by that. Like, I feel like he's pretty highly sought out at this point and could get a lot of jobs are we getting more saw Guerrera? are we getting forrest whitaker showing up in this thing yeah well that wouldn't be as surprising i think if they want him we could have him i i don't need any of that i found him to be one of the more uh ridiculous parts of that movie i like rogue one oh i liked rogue one too <laughs> I, i've kind of i've kind of grown to like it more but i still am not a big fan of forrest whitaker's character he's one of my least favorite things about the movie honestly he showed up in uh rebels and i enjoyed the character in rebels of course i liked him in rebels too but like the pre stuff like when we saw him in the old the old series i like the clone war stuff more yeah yeah i liked him in, i want to i want to see his saul Guerrero do like anti-smoking commercials what? Yeah, yeah, that exactly, Steve. That that's kind of <laughs> where I'm coming from. Is the, the the character comes off as a little bit silly to me. It, I know it's Star Wars and you get that kind of thing, but it was a little bit too over the top for me. The Saw Gerrera character. 
he is one of the one of the very few characters in the Star Wars universe that feels out of place in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of my complaint with it. So I, I'm okay with that character. I don't need more of that in the uh, Cassie and Andor show. So I wonder who will be the main antagonist of. This is kind of going to be like a little bit like Rebels in that they're going to be like building the alliance a bit in this show, right? Like yeah. we're going to see like maybe some dirty stuff that was done in the yeah. creation of the alliance, right? Yeah, I mean, are they going to do like what we see in like other shows like Freak of the Week or, or you know, like different I mean, we could have a multitude of villains. Are this. we going to get yeah. Paul Bettany? Mm, I mm, <laughs> Please no. I mean, well, <laughs> I mean he's Vision in that other series, so I I you know, he definitely could I don't. I don't really want them to like expand upon Red Dawn in this. To be quite honest with you, or Crimson Dawn, excuse me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I. I kind of do want to see. They're calling it a spy thriller. I guess I just. I want to see some of the dirty dealings that were done by the good guys to get to where we are in A New Hope. You know, to to where we're a little bit more not doing those underhanded things, you know? Yeah. Cause that's kind of what we're promised. If we're getting this character pre rogue one, like yeah. he's killing people in the name well, yeah. of the good guys in that movie. Well, yeah, yeah. That's what I don't, that, that did kind of surprise me. <laughs> it surprised me when I, when they made this announcement, cause I was thinking like, who is this character when we meet him in the series? Like that's who he was. He was this, this killer, you know, he, he kills his informant like before he makes his getaway, and I'm like, "Well, that's that, that's who we're going to be following here," you know. And so, <laughs> yeah, I, it's kind of cool. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, I like I like the character. I just I I can't say that I'm like over the moon for this series. I, I, give me that first trailer, and and then I will, then I will make that. I don't know. I. I'm still trying to wrap my head around Star Wars series uh, on t- Star Wars on a streaming service to begin with. Like I'm, I'm used to the animated stuff now. I've just never. We haven't seen Star Wars on a TV like live action TV before, so I don't know what that's going to look like. I, I know they've got ILM involved now. Like ILM has like got their TV division back up and running again which they haven't done anything for tv since the indiana jones television show in the 90s so like now now they're doing work with the star wars series and they're also going to help on the second season of krypton which is bizarre but that's that is happening so ilm is going to have their they're going to split off and have a television division doing this so and we know that the budgets on on these are going to be huge and they also said that um they're going to be using the same like motion capture that they used in the Jungle Book movies, you know. So, makes sense with Favreau being so heavily involved anyway. Yeah, and, well, and and the the budget that they're going to be using on this just it calls for that. But I don't know. I, you know, like we we've been talking about like oversaturation with Star Wars and. And, you know, when Solo came out, it didn't perform the way that they wanted it. And we'll see. I, man, I'm looking forward to the Mandalorian. I want to see what these are like. But God damn it. It's just. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know if I'm like over the. I, I, I love the character in the movie. I just never thought we'd see any of these characters again. So. And they're yeah, dealing with yeah. the. 
but they're dealing with a like a prequel of like a story that got like totally wrapped up to begin with. We we know how this character ends, and we'll see. I will see. We- like I like I said, what what I'm mostly interested from this series is is seeing dirty formations of the Rebel Alliance, almost even more so than like Cassian Andor specifically and like his backstory. Yeah, like, and I get what you're saying. Like, how long? Eventually, you run into the brick wall with this series. Like, you know how this character ends. Yeah, but it feels like you're, it feels like you know, like if we're just seeing like dirty things that the that the rebels are doing, you know, leading up to, you know, a new hope. It just we're following anti heroes. I just never thought that we'd get a series like that in the Star Wars universe. I've just been so used to following heroes. It, everything's been so black and white. You know what I mean? Like, I know, yeah, Great Jedi's, Brian. I get it. Yeah, fuck off. Whatever. But I'm saying, I'm saying, like, everything's been pretty black and white. Like, we've got Rey versus Kylo. You know, in the originals, we had, you know, Luke versus Vader. And, like, yeah, following rebels that are doing, that are do you know, that that are doing whatever it takes to get the job done. It just feels like we're following anti-heroes at this point. It, I don't know. I'll be interested to see it. I, 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 yeah, it'll be interesting. I just never thought that they would greenlight a Cassian Andor live action series. I, I can't say that I was like upset by the news, but I honestly can't say that I, I read the news and I was like, fuck yeah, Cassian Andor up in this bitch. You know that, like, first off, I wouldn't react that way. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not gonna argue yeah. that. My, it's not like when I read the news, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was my reaction was eh, that would be cool. What, what what Star Wars series if they were to announce this? What what Star Wars series would make you flip out? Like what what like Uncar plot an Uncar plot series like where he's yeah. like uh, I just I, I want to know like how many portions he gives for certain things. Yeah yeah I would call it two and a half portions. Oh man yeah I I, I don't know kind of like uh, like an. I, yeah, kind of like an antiques roadshow or a Pawn Stars, where like people bring in, yes, people bring in like different things, and like you know he's and he and and he tries to lowball them, and he's saying stuff like you know they bring in some uh, you know power converters, and he's like, and they're like, I want you know, I want twenty seven portions for this, and he's like, hey, listen, you know, I got to sell these, I got to make a profit, so I'm. Yeah. I have subtitles. I'm willing to give you nine portions. Nine? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I saw these going for 27. I saw these going for 27. Well, I got to make a profit here, so I, I, I'll give you 12 portions for it. How about, well, <laughs> hold on. How about 20? No, we're done. We're done talking. We're done talking. We're yeah, done talking. There's a commercial break in between, right, when you're about to find out whether or not the sale's going to go through. Right, right. And then, you know, like some guy brings in Mandalorian armor. And it's like, whoa, holy shit. Like, what, what do we. And then we find out, like, you know, he brings in an expert, and the expert tells him, like, this is not actual Mandalorian armor. This is like, like somebody, somebody made this to look like Mandalorian. This is not authentic Mandalorian armor. So, like, no deal is going to get that done that day. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love it. I love the. I think the idea of a Star Wars reality uh, Pawn Star show sounds. That sounds like good stuff. This is stupid. I'm, I'm holding out for the Admiral Akbar movie. I mean, I wouldn't mind the same like kind of premise with Jawas either. 
You, you couldn't understand what they're saying the whole time. They're just going, Wee-dee-dee! you know, it's like, yeah. I want like a droid, like eliminate, like elimination show, like survivor, but with droids, with droids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That'd be good. Uh, with a Jawa host. Yeah. <laughs> Mandalorian news from Screen Rant and Making Star Wars .net. According to the podcast Making Star Wars, Carl Weathers is the latest actor to come <laughs> aboard the Mandalorian. While the podcast doesn't reveal who Weathers might be playing, they reveal uh, that he's not expect. Carl Weathers, people, is Apollo Queen. Uh, Apollo Queen. Apollo Queen. <laughs> <laughs> now I now I sound like now I sound like another boxer trying to say Apollo Creed. I sound like Mike Tyson trying to say it. Apollo yeah, Queen. You, like El- you like Elmer fudded it. Yeah, I totally did. Uh, anyway, I'm drinking. People, fuck off. Um, uh, they reveal that he's not expected to play the main character in the show. The podcast also seemed to support the rumor that. Uh, Waititi, uh, talking about Taika Waititi, he's also one of the directors on the show, will be voicing a droid, and that Howard, they're talking about Bryce Dallas Howard, she's also Ron Howard's daughter, she's also going to be directing in an episode, they're also saying she will also appear on the show, Uh, that being said, nothing has been confirmed just yet, so... I wouldn't doubt that this news is true. Jason Ward and the guys over at MakingStarWars.net usually get pretty good uh, scoops. And and they're over there. They are actually over there, and they're actually the ones that are getting the photos from the sets. So they might have seen Carl Weathers on the set for all we know. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I believed it, too. I think it's cool. I, I like Carl Weathers enough. I don't... It doesn't... I'm not, like, really excited that he's casting it or... Neither am I disappointed. So it's kind of more ho hum news. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I love Carl Weathers too. So you know, we'll see. We'll see. I've never. I just yeah. I wrapping my head around Carl Weathers in the Star Wars universe. I never. You know, I never put the two together. Yeah, it's hard saying. Like, you know, who knows, right? Well, he could just be like a bit part in an episode, or he could be like a main principal cast member. For all we it know, does. we really just don't have the info there. Jake, it makes sense. Think about this, okay? Let's let's talk about six degrees of Kevin Bacon here. All right, Ron Howard. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Ron Howard did a little show with Mitch Hurwitz called Arrested Development. Arrested Development had Carl Weathers in the cast. Carl Weathers was in Arrested Development. Ron Howard was one of the creators of Arrested Development. His daughter is Bryce Dallas Howard. Does it connect? Do, am I connecting the dots here, Jake? Yeah, okay. I got. I follow. You follow. Yeah. You, you picking up what I'm putting down? <laughs> I'm smelling what you're selling. <laughs> is that a stretch? <laughs> That's how the game works. You, no, I think you did it. Yeah, I did it. No, right. Brian, you're not selling me on it. <laughs> I like how excited you seem by your victory. I don't know. You know, I was. I, it just hit me. I, 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 you know, I hadn't even had that prepared. That's not in my notes, people. I just that's on the fly. I'm thinking of that on the fly. I loved Carl Weathers uh, as uh, he was uh, Tobias Funke's acting coach. <laughs> yeah, that stuff was really funny. Yeah, I, I like how you said like you never expected Carl Weathers to be part of the Star Wars universe. I yeah. think we're going to get a lot of that, right? Like just with so many new TV shows and everything, I think we're going to see a lot of actors we never even considered being part of the Star Wars mythos. All of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, I would know, like to see on the boots. I would like to see Carl Weathers as like a uh, as like a cantina owner. He's like the proprietor of a cantina. Yeah, I could see that. 
Like yeah. you have like the regular drinking hole that's like a main location on the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah, and then Carl yeah, that, Weathers. That'd be a cool. That would be cool. Uh, let's see. Here's a wild rumor, and it comes from superbromovies.com. A classic Star Wars character could be making their return to the series. According to, to, according to James of the Weekly Planet podcast, Doctor Who alum Matt Smith may be playing a young Sheev Palpatine in Episode 9. We do know that... Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, Variety reported back in late August that Smith was cast in a key role for Episode 9. Has it been confirmed? Because, like, Brooke Doherty went to a convention recently, one of our listeners, and she said that Matt Smith was acting like he has no idea what people are talking about. Like, uh, as far as, like, the Star Wars stuff. But it's variety. It's not like, uh, you know, one of these bullshit sites reported the news. They said back in late <laughs> August that he was cast in a key role for Episode Nine, And so now they're saying that uh, Matt Smith is going to be playing possibly a young Palpatine in Episode Nine. Hmm. That seems that seems interesting. Yeah, it's not confirmed, but and you know I'm sure he would lie to Brooke if that were the case. Like that's how they do with these stupid things. And um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's it's very odd. It, it would seem like JJ is going in a very different direction if that's what we're getting, right? I think I don't know. I I, I think that episode nine is going to go in a completely different direction than what we got in the last film. Yeah, I agree with that, too. I think they're going to be a little bit persuaded by kind of the polarizing reaction of Last Jedi, whether whether that's a good idea or not. I think it's going to alter a little bit of the creative decisions that are being made for the next movie. I still love Ryan Johnson, and I still love the fact that a lot of people hated that movie, and I love that I still love it, <laughs> and I love that that movie still pisses those people off. Yeah, and- dude, welcome to welcome to episode one fandom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What times? <laughs> Jake, I'm looking forward to Ryan Johnson's next movie, Knives Out. My God, the casting that they've done for Knives Out is just, like, blowing me away, dude. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope it's a hit for him. Um, I hope it's, like, just kind of, you know, one of these movies that a lot of people like. I, he needs it, man. He needs some good PR. Poor Ryan Johnson. I'm tired of seeing yeah. everyone calling him Ruin Johnson. I think they, didn't they, they, they cast... Have you heard about Knives Out, Steve? Uh, I have not. It's it's Ryan Johnson's new movie. And um, they cast, I think they recently cast Tony Collette. Chris Evans is in it. Um, trying to think. Uh, I think, uh, what's her name? No, I can't think of her name. Jamie Lee Curtis, I think she was cast in it, too. It, it's just, it, It's got an incredible cast. I can't wait for Knives Out. It's kind of like a mystery murder thing or something. Uh, but anyway. I'm going to have to look into it. Yeah, Knives Out. Yeah. Check it out, people. Look it up. Google. Google it. Um, <laughs> in an interview with Vulture, Adam Driver was asked about what he finds most interesting about playing Kylo Ren. And then he got very cryptic with his answer. Listen to this, Jake. He said, that's hard to say because we're working towards something in particular with that character. I don't want to give anything away. Fuck you! Fuck you, you son of a bitch! Jake, what are they working towards with Kylo Ren? I know they're working... A Disney Plus miniseries. No, fuck you, Jake. Hold on. Are, 
is it a redemption story? I know people, you can't redeem Kylo Ren. Well, you also couldn't redeem Darth Vader, but like he fuck because he killed younglings. I, I I know that those weren't filmed in order, but like you know, it's, it's still he, the same thing. It's though, still Brian, the same Vader thing. Vader was considered like the greatest at the time. Like he was like the scariest fucking sci-fi movie villain ever. Yeah. So it's many ways still the same thing. Yeah, but I mean, if you can if you can redeem a character that killed younglings, I'm just saying I'm not. How do I say yeah. this? If you, yeah, I, I get what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's it's very much comparable. Uh, Vader was like the cinematic personification of evil before what happened in Return of the Jedi happened. But the like fact the, that they said that this ends the Skywalker so, uh, saga, does that also mean that even though Kylo Ren has been pulled towards the light, see, in every movie... He's going to die, too, just like his hero Vader. Right, yeah. In every movie, uh, Star Wars film before this, we've always had characters that were good that were being pulled towards the dark side. Now, here we are, you know, episode seven, The Force Awakens, we've got a character that's punching, punching himself in the chest and begging the dark side to, to speak to him. He's a character that's being actually drawn by the light side and he's trying to push out the light side. And so, like, I feel like that opens it up for a redemption story, but then it also kind of, like, shuts it down when you have Kathleen Kennedy and uh, Lucasfilm saying, like, like you know, episode nine is going to end the Skywalker saga. And th- when you say ends the Skywalker saga, for me, that means, like, you know, who's the last Skywalker? That That's, you know, that's that's Kylo Ren. Like, the, the story ends there. Like, we found out that Rey is not a Skywalker. And unless, you know, unless, you know, I don't know, unless Luke did some things that we don't know about. Yeah, I agree. I take the same thing from it, that Kylo Ren's the last one I know of. So it, I wouldn't think moving forward we were going to get much more of him with that declaration from Kathleen. Is, does it does it does it all wrap up here, or do we follow these characters going forward after nine? Like, do they give it a break for a few years, and then we come back and finish like the the adventures of Poe, Finn, and Ray, and like what they're up to? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think they probably do. We probably there's probably some character that we're gonna move on and see something of, but I think for the most part, the storyline will probably take a bit of a break. It seems. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some either animated or Disney Plus offshoot stemming from all these characters. But I don't think it'll be one of the principal characters. And I think all those characters we, we will kind of see a break from. Oh, we've already seen Poe show up in Resistance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, uh, I have a question. I, and I don't mean to, to backpedal too much here. Um, but going back to the Matt Smith Palpatine thing. Oh, you um, backpedaling son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 <laughs> Steve, I, honestly, I love having you on. You're one of my favorite guests. Oh, well, that, I, that means a lot to me, man. I know I tend to be a little quiet here and there, but it's like it's your guys' show. So I don't want to be stepping on toes. I, no, you you uh, you're a fantastic guest. I, I appreciate it, uh, and, and you're knowledgeable. Like you know, when you do when you do jump in, you are very knowledgeable, and you know what you're talking about. So no, go mm-hmm. ahead. No, I feel, I, I'm done. I feel ki- like that might be <laughs> <laughs> I, I, No, I, who you talk to? I'm done kissing your ass. Um, 
let's go back to Matt Smith. What, what's your question, man? Um, well, I, okay, so Palpatine, he was he he turns into Darth Sidious, right? Yes. In 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 the earlier mm-hmm. movies, so how is he alive still? Then flashbacks. We, I, it's flashbacks. Uh, flashbacks, okay. or they're talking about that he. They're, 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 I'm, I'm also hearing like, you know, that they're gonna actually say that uh, Snoke was Plagueis, or and and, and you know, and, and then that creates this whole like, can we bring people back to life thing? You know, so I don't know, I don't know where they're gonna go with any of this stuff. Yeah, because like that, that I don't know, that just seems that seems weird to me. Because when you said that, I was like, I, wait, what? Yeah, like, yeah. Huh? <laughs> well, I thought he died. Are we going to see like the first like uh, dark side force ghost? You know, I mean. Oh yeah, I suppose that's right. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that because like when you say when you say flashbacks, that that sounds odd to me too. Because have have we ever seen a flashback in a Star Wars movie? Yeah, we have. Uh, we saw flashbacks in the Last Jedi with uh, you know the. Th- two or three different scenarios of like what really happened as far as like, you know, uh, Luke and Kylo at the Jedi temple and how that went down. Okay. And then we saw about that. And then in the force awakens, we saw the flashback of Ray as a child as she's dropped off on, uh, Jakku. Ah, yeah, you got me. All right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, the potential for flashbacks is there. It is there now. They've opened that up. JJ opened that up. So going back to a young Palpatine, that's like a that's a huge leap in time. Yeah, he was an old fucker in the in the older movies, dude. Yeah, I, even in Episode One, he's old. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, man, I wouldn't put past. Like, I don't know about dark side Force Ghosts. I have no clue. But like, when Rebels introduces stuff like you know Sith temples and holocrons, like I don't know what can happen inside of a Sith temple. I don't know what kind of like shit you can do in a Sith temple. The characters in rebels that, you know, the ones that, um, uh, that use their lightsabers as like, uh, propellers to fly around and shit. It looked ridiculous in that episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sarah Michelle Geller was one, right? Yes. Uh, the, I heard that the, what were they called? Um, those, uh, they're not Sith. They were called some, uh, Inquisitors. The reason I heard the Inquisitors were able to do that propeller Jedi saber bullshit, the reason they were able to do that was only because that they were in a Sith temple and the dark side of the Force was strong there and it allowed them to do it there. That's the rumor that I've heard, and I heard one of the guys on MakingStarWars.net talk about that months ago on a previous podcast. So it's not like they could do that anywhere else. So it, it's it's like these Sith temples have like their own set of rules. You know, holocron, holocrons have like their own. Rebels also introduced us to time travel too, guys. I will I, spoilers. It's been out like that fucking <laughs> final episode. If you haven't seen it. It also introduced us to time travel. So, you know, we've we've seen Ezra go through kind of like a a portal. And that's how we got Ahsoka back into the universe. So could a young Palpatine 
It's I don't. It's I possible. Think do it, I, I think they would do it. Like, okay, if you're gonna say it's um, Matt Smith portraying a young Palpatine, but in present day Star Wars time, in my head, it's more of some kind of force manipulation that Palpatine's gotten himself a younger body than it is potentially time travel. Like that seems to be more the way. I'm not like saying done stuff like that. Too. My point is that time travel is possible. That's the only thing that I'm saying. I'm not saying it's okay. likely that that's going to happen. I'm saying it's open. Time travel in the Star Wars universe is possible. We've seen Ezra do it in Rebels, which was bizarre. That that episode blew my fucking mind. But regardless, um. I, uh, I would say I, if they're saying he's in a key role, I, I would, you know, like when they when they said Matt Smith is cast in a key role, episode nine, I'm thinking British actor. I'm thinking, oh, he's just going to be the new Hawks or something, you know, like the new. Yeah, uh, agreed. Yeah. The new First Order officer that's, you know. So I I don't know I I I don't put too much stock in uh, we're gonna see Palpatine in Episode Nine but if if I see if I see somebody talking to Kylo Ren like a dark side Force ghost or or, or a Force ghost in general I want I God damn it I want Kylo Ren to talk to Anakin I want Kylo Ren to talk to his fucking hero but. It feels like, didn't it feel like in The Last Jedi, Jake, and I don't know about you, but, like, he lost the mask. And so is his reverence for his grandfather over with at that point? I don't I don't know how to read into that, man. Yeah, I feel like with J.J. coming back to kind of um, book in this trilogy, uh, it's not very far-fetched that his reverence for Darth Vader will return a little bit stronger in the next movie. Okay, so... Is Kylo going to come back with the mask or are we just going to see now that Uh, I feel like he wore the mask to make himself look dark and sinister. And now that he's got like that badass scar on his face and and shit like that, he's kind of like lost it. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's going to go so far as to like we'll be seeing much of the mask anymore. Yeah. Um, But what if they do like a winter soldier type mask? Like half face? Yeah, like just his mouth covered up and still being able to see his eyes. Like if he like oh I mended together what I did to my broken helmet I put the pieces back together and got this. <laughs> I mean I my brain kind of scoffed at that at first but then I'm like well they could sell a third Kylo Ren action figure. Yeah yeah that's true and that's all about the toys these days. <laughs> so maybe some altercation to the way his his head looks is is definitely coming just based on like thinking like that. Yeah, they're not going to want him to look exactly like he looked in The Last Jedi. They've got to do something to change it up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think we're going to do a time jump in this next one, right, guys? You know? Like a traditional time jump that we usually get in Star Wars films. Didn't it feel that way? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's going to be more like what you got in A New Hope and Empire in this one. Yeah. Whereas, like, Last Jedi picked up the very next fucking scene, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is not the norm. No. Which I think some people are forgetting, you know? Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Kylo Redemption, I don't know if we're going to see it or not. Back to the redemption of Kylo Ren. I don't know if we're going to see it or not, but I... I think we'll 100% see it. <laughs> as far as, like, 
as you know, he could be redeemed and die, and it could bookend with like the original, you know, trilogy, where you know. I feel like with J.J. Abrams directing that there, there's a definitely a far more likely chance that we'll see him redeem himself and then die. I just, I mean, I. But he I killed. Don't... Hey, but he killed Han Solo. That's, see, <laughs> no, that's I... that's the thing. No, Steve, I'm 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 being that fan right now i'm being that fan i'm being that fan that is so attached to harrison ford's han solo and i'm i'm coming out and yelling and screaming and saying but he killed his father but see guys let me throw this out there he had the chance to pull the trigger on his mother in the last jedi and he did not do it he did not do it there was something there and that was the light side and also i'm also going to throw it out there again i know i did it earlier but darth vader killed younglings and he was still redeemed like they like even though like that movie was filmed you know decades before we got that that the the you know the hayden christensen stuff they didn't have to include that into those movies and they still did knowing that the character would eventually be redeemed so it's not out of the possibility that even though even though he killed your precious Han Solo, <laughs> he could still be redeemed, people. Yeah, I'm yelling a lot more now these days, people. But no, it's it's the it's the truth though, right, Jake? Do you, or am I crazy? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I like I in my mind, it's like a hundred to one yeah. that he's gonna get redeemed. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know whether or not he'll die is a little bit more up in the air, but it's pretty high odds that that'll happen to you, in my opinion. I don't know. I'm 50-50 at this point. Like, I feel like there's a good chance he could get redeemed now that J.J.'s back on the project. But I also feel like J.J. could also just be like, you know, we're going to have a character here that even though he's fighting off the light side, he's still just not going to even even to his last dying breath. He's not going to give in. He's just going to die a miserable piece of shit. Yeah, it has to go one way or the other, though, because if does. he doesn't get redeemed, he's going to have to do worse things than he's already done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he and he hasn't. Even in the second film, he could have killed his mother, and that could have been the end of Leia, you know. And he didn't. He 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 didn't. He he pulled back. He let the other guys do it. He couldn't do it. He couldn't kill his mother. There was yeah, still, there, exactly. Yeah. So it's, we're already down the path, like right. right. It's going to have to be. For him not to be redeemed, we need to have the swerve where he's willing to do things like kill Leia or mm-hmm. even more despicable things. Do you think like kill Ky- children? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that Kylo Ren, like he's in his thirties, like by the time we meet him in the Force Awakens, do you think that Kylo Ren's gotten like some action? I would hope. Um, yeah, I think so. Could Kylo Ren have like a like a whole like uh, kid out there or something? I don't know. Are they doing? I mean, like, I don't know. I know that sounds silly. I'm just I feel like about the kinda... memes of him drawn shirtless, <laughs> the super Uh-oh. wide body and the narrow. Swolo, Swolo Ren. <laughs> yeah, Swolo Ren. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, those are fucking funny. Yeah, think... Swolo Ren is pretty great. I, think uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think Kathleen Kennedy's kind of squashed that idea of thinking, Brian, with yeah. like her quotes that you mentioned earlier yeah. about this being the end of the Skywalker. Yeah, I agree. Story. 
like the whole purpose of saying that kind of thing is to get that idea of thinking out of people's heads that it's going to be kids of kids of kids in future movies. And like they, that's not the kind of way they want people thinking about the Star Wars saga. Are they ever going to do anything with the Knights of Ren? Or is that going to be like uh, like a future novel by somebody or a comic they book will. series? It, it's almost on the same level of the, what the Clone Wars was for the original trilogy when that's all they, they were. You know, <clears throat> this throwaway thing that I think eventually they'll get to mm-hmm. and you'll wish they never did. Yeah, they'll never live up to it. <laughs> yeah, probably the sooner the better, as we learned with the uh, Clone Wars experiment. Brian, I'm I'm signed on to what you said earlier about him fighting until his last breath, and yeah. like I I feel like that's what's going to be the outcome because for the the uh, the better part of what we've seen him in in the first two movies, he's he's got some severe anger issues and i feel like that's going to big that's going to play a, a big factor into his downfall in the movie and i feel like yeah. like we'll probably see him going down in a rage of everything just crumbling around him and like it's just going to be something he did something simple that got himself killed i think what i'm trying to say and i agree with what you're saying here steve i, I think what i'm trying to say is like to the fans that say like kylo ren is not redeemable i'm saying like to them that I think I still think he is do I think that he will be redeemed in the next movie I don't know I'm kind of leaning towards he's going to not like he will he will uh, fight off the light side he's still being pulled by the light side and we know he's being pulled by the light side but he's just so goddamn stubborn and um and just has he's just filled with so much like angst that he that he'll fight it off to his dying breath, even though you know we want to see him kind of like and not everybody, but I would I would like to see him get redeemed. Um, I just feel like maybe he has the potential to fight it off. I, I just don't feel like just because even if he doesn't get redeemed in the next movie, I my my point is I don't think that he's irredeemable. I still think that it's. He could potentially, if he made that decision to let the light side kind of like, you know, grab a hold of him the way that he wants the dark side to, that that he could still redeem himself, even though he's killed his father. So, yeah, every character in, in this kind of thing is completely redeemable, right? He it could definitely happen and I, I'm definitely leaning that he will be redeemed I, it is what people want I see it cinematically it could be cool if they don't do it it could be a fun swerve but yeah. man I think they I think they need to give us good feelings on the uh, this is going to be the return of the Jedi of the trilogy right and so it's the one to make us feel good when we're walking out of it and I can't think of any better way to feel good than a full Kylo Ren redemption arc. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. It's like I think some people, uh, Kylo Ren dies. I think some people walk out of the theater and they're like, "Well, good. The guy that killed Han Solo's dad. Thank God." You know, like I think that some people will walk out of the theater and feel good that there was justice for Han. Yeah, I could see that being the case. You know, but I mean, hopefully, hopefully the story that they tell in episode nine will will alter those people's perceptions by the end of the movie. Yeah, we'll see. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's up in the air. I'm just saying it could go either way. I'm just saying there are people that will tell you like, no, Kylo is irredeemable because of his actions so far. There's nothing in him 
that could make him redeemed. And I'm here to tell you that I don't believe that at all, because if that were the case, like after he like fully committed to killing his father, well, then if he's 100 percent irredeemable, he would have pulled the trigger and killed his mother in The Last Jedi. And that did not happen. People, there's still a struggle within him. There's still the potential that he could be redeemed. Will he be redeemed? We don't know. It's still up in the air. The choice could go either way. Just because, let's say, in the next movie he doesn't get redeemed doesn't mean that he couldn't have, in my opinion. That's all I'm saying. Yep. I co-sign that 100%. Yeah. All right. Is this episode redeemable? No. (laughs) No, no, no. There's, Maybe with the delete yeah, button. There's no saving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, we lost it. It's all gone. <laughs> uh, PCL redemption arc. Yeah. How'd that yeah. happen? It sucks. You'll get your proper episode 258 next week, people. You'll never be the wiser. <laughs> oh, God. They, oh, God forbid they miss out on us talking about women putting rocks in their pussies, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was tough. That was definitely one of the highlights. Riveting conversation there. I'm sure like people are going to be on the edge of their seats. Like, oh, what are these morons going to say next about <laughs> sticking pebbles in a woman's vag? Like, jeez, give me a fucking break. Ridiculous. This is. I can see why our, why our, our listenership just consistently drops every week. I just, I 100%. It, it's not going up. It was there for a while, Jake. And it's just, it's, it's going down. It's just, we're going to, we're going to, by the end of this, we're going to have like 12 people listening. Yeah. Those will be my 12 favorite people. Those will be the 12 people that forgot to hit unsubscribe. Like it just, yeah. like, <laughs> well, me and you will be one of those 12 people. I'll be one of those 12 people. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, uh, Steve, thank you for joining us. Everybody. Are you still doing your podcast on a regular basis? Um, it's going to be picking up. It's now that it's winter and everything, and I'm going to be indoors a lot more. Yes, in the summertime, it's always going to slow down because that's that's car show season for us here in Wisconsin. Once the snow hits, all the everybody puts their nice cars away. It's guys, so. podcasting is it's 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 a it's it's like Indian food. It's all about consistency, people. You gotta. You've got to keep – I keep going back to that Indian food joke, and I don't think it, it's I'm, – I'm like 50-50 on hitting whether you – know, you know, Jake, am I – did I land that? Now I didn't land that. No, no. I, your 50-50 is not accurate either. I think it's more like 80-20. Oh, fuck you, Jake. <laughs> fuck you. I landed that just like Tom Cruise landing that goddamn jet. I, I am – I'm killing uh, it. Just like Tom Cruise, I think we need – you would need like a six-month break for PCL and – to like fucking land that joke. Hey, you know, I'm taking risks. <laughs> I'm taking risks, Jake. I, you can't land them all, but you know, I'm doing some experimental shit this episode. All right? Join me on my journey. <laughs> you know, you gotta, as, as long as it's not a Scientology journey, I'm, I'm, I'm there. You got to take risks sometimes, you know? I'm, I'm throwing some stuff out there. It's not all going to work, Jake, you know? But I'm trying. At least I'm trying. I'm not playing it safe. I'm not. I'm not just. You know. I'm. I'm. I'm you know. Whatever. Anyway, what was I saying? I was talking about something. I can't even remember. 
Where were we? Where were we? Oh, consistency. Consistency. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Steve, here's the thing. Here's the thing with podcasting. Even just even if you have just do it weekly, even if you have to just record something for fifteen minutes or thirty minutes, man. Just find the time. You don't have to like do like a whole like like production like me and Jake do where we talk about shit for four hours. Just get on there for thirty fucking minutes and and, and talk about something, man. Because the biggest thing is people want to be able to like come back and expect an episode like our listeners expect an episode on Sunday or Monday whenever it drops, you know, like right. every Sunday or Monday. And if they don't get that episode that day, that nah, I start getting tweets. Hey, where's the episode? Where's, where's the episode? <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, God, it's coming. It's coming. So. Well, see, see, the way I see it is like after, it got to a point, right? And and I, it, I'll admit it was a little bit of a motivation loss, I guess. But I was I was looking at it, and I'd been doing my show for a year and doing it basically every week. I mean, we took weeks off here and there, but basically every week for a full year. Mm-hmm. And I looked back at like like I had set up an email and I'd set, and you know we we did the whole we will read the iTunes review th- thing, and we've got. Like I think fifteen iTunes reviews, and they're all people that I know. So it's like it's almost like those people were just like giving me like a pity review, almost like. And not that I'm not appreciative of the reviews, I definitely appreciate it. It's just I never have had any feedback from anybody that I don't know. Like there's, I think there's one. We got one rating that it was like a two star rating, but they didn't leave a review, so. Mm. There was no actual feedback there. Yeah. Um, and then that's the sort of thinking about that was sort of like, well, I guess I don't really have like a huge following. Like uh, the stats on my thing showed like 200 some people listening to it. And after a while with getting my new job and everything, it just it became tougher and tougher to try and remain consistent. And then also trying to have my idiot buddy try to get free time away from his new girlfriend that he's been dating her for four months and he bought a house. So, <clears throat> Um, Tell him to buy one of those rocks that she can stick in her pussy. And then, you know, she'll be all balanced out and he'll be able to spend more time doing the podcasting with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, he. uh, he, Jake, remember remember my pet rock, Jake? Do you remember that that, that big fad in the 70s? Yes. That my pet rock? That's, that's ba- how boring the fucking seventies were. That's what. That's basically what what Gwyneth Paltrow has done here. She's it's it's she's taken that same rock and said, "Hey, let's, let's put it in, there, put it in there." <laughs> so weird. So weird. Yeah, that's that's it's super weird. Yeah, no, just uh, yeah, you know, you got podcasting. You just if it's not fun anymore, and you know take a break it definitely is i definitely yeah. look forward to continuously podcasting there was um I, I can talk to you about it off air on the reason part of the reason why i stopped for a little while okay <laughs> all right yeah we'll get into the juicy details and not let these fuckers listen i yeah. mean if anybody Just... wants to ask me privately they can message me and i'll tell them but <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna put it on your show yeah it sounds like steve's looking for any fucking feedback Fifth. <laughs> 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 I'm a dick. All right, guys. Steve, no, check out the space, uh, the space cowboy podcast. Have you? Speaking of space, ha, uh, have you seen? Um, <laughs> have you ever? <laughs> I was gonna go back to the rock in the space of the vagina, but anyway, have have you seen first? Did you see First Man? 
No, I really, really want to though. Yeah, I really fucking want to. I just, I uh, like, I in the last couple weeks, um, there was a car event in Las Vegas called SEMA. So uh-huh. for work and everything, I've been just incredibly busy with that. Like I was working like I think eighty five hours a week uh, two three weeks ago. So. I didn't. I never got a chance to actually go out and see. You it. have. I think I saw you just have. You have an excuse for everything. Why you haven't watched this? Why you're not podcasting? You are just. You are just the master of excuses. I'm hey, kidding. in my line of work, I need to be. A, I need to have an excuse. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. No, everybody, check out the space uh, space cowboy podcast. Everybody, Steve, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us again. I love having you on, dude. Yeah, man, I love being on. Anytime you guys want me, let me know. I'm here. All right. Yeah, same, Steve. You're always great. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. I, pr- I really appreciate that. I definitely do. All right. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Episode what are we, 259 next week, Jake. This is getting yeah. stupid with this Yeah, shit. on the way to 300, man. It's coming. The road to 300. That's what we should call <laughs> it, Jake, right? We're going to kill some fucking Spartans. The road. Three hundred. We should make it like a big deal, like it's this thing. The road. To, it's whatever. Who gives a fuck? I hate fuck? when things are the road to anything. The road. I yeah. eyes every time it does. Oh shit! I hope you walk into the street and get run over, you son of a bitch. The road to three hundred. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. The road. You. <laughs> hey, the the road to anything, right, Jake? You're right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of the most tropey fucking things. How, uh, how, about, how about the road to you fucking off, you pretentious piece of shit? <laughs> how about that road? How about you go down that fucking road, you <laughs> asshole? Huh? How about you take that 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 fucking uh, detour, you son of a bitch? Huh? <laughs> huh? Huh? Magellan, you like that road? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 oh, I, think oh. I think that might be the most you've ever reached for a yell, but I like Magell. I know I'm yelling it. I'm yelling Magellan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm really trying to pull this episode, Jake. Having a hard time. <laughs> we're done man give it up sigh, sigh of relief we made it we did it okay all right we will see you next week and just like all good leftovers say of their doggy bags uh thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening we will see you next week see ya later y'all thanks for listening to pop culture leftovers congratulations i don't know how you did it i couldn't do it you people need a t-shirt saying i just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean it, race it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only 
band is the band that's singing this hot culture leftovers podcast that originally good have already been done before so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft the crap even though we're the shit Woo! we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it, it, it's a trap Toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushover. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushover. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.